It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... Mixed Martial Arts Hour back in your life on this Monday, March 6, 2017. Hello again, everyone. I'm Ariel Hawani back inside our New York City studio. Hope you had a lovely week. What a week it was in Mixed Martial Arts. Remember last week, around this time, I said that I believe the most anticipated fight of the upcoming UFC pay-per-view, UFC 209, was, no shocker, Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson. And I also said that I hope with around five days to go before the fight that they wrap them up in bubble wrap. No one bother them. No one talk to them. No one cough near them. Let's just keep them in very, very safe quarters so that nothing happens on our way to the fight. And by now you probably know the fight never happened. We found out Friday morning during the official weigh-ins and I maintain once again that the official weigh-ins are without a doubt the most riveting part of fight week because you're seeing it all unfold in front of you I mean it's just unbelievable we started the weigh-ins there was a report out there um, from from Russia that Habib went to the hospital early Friday morning and then all throughout the show I'm doing the broadcast of the show as you know in that sort of whispering golf voice and I'm trying to text people Surrounding him, involved with him, part of his team, who know him, who know his dad, anyone that I could think of to try to find out if he's going to show up to the Wayans. And then one by one, they show up and there's no Khabib. And then with like a couple minutes left, they tell us that uh, he had to go to the hospital, that he has been medically, um, you know, disqualified, if you will, from competing from weighing in and uh, that the fight was off and then we had this whole situation where the UFC was trying to get Michael Johnson and they offer Tony Ferguson less money I mean what a bizarre turn of events it was so it was kind of a black cloud hanging over the you know the event from Friday afternoon up until Saturday and it was unfortunate because that was the fight everyone was looking forward to and it was the third time they have been booked and then eventually canceled none this late in the process those other two times happened before but it was just it was right there we had the face off we were so close anyhow it was it was a very eventful week it started really as far as news is concerned i think on on wednesday when the ufc officially announced that michael bisping would be fighting george st pierre date venue tbd in my opinion and anyone out there correct me if i'm wrong i threw this out there on twitter i don't recall the UFC ever doing this, announcing a fight of this magnitude and not attaching a date to it. And I know they're talking about July, but I continue to be told that September-ish or fall-ish is more realistic. And of course, now what do we do with Yoel Romero? Dana White saying multiple times they're going to quote-unquote take care of him. He's going to take care of him. Saying it with a smile, I asked him at the press conference what that meant. And of course, as you probably saw, uh, he did not appreciate that question. Why? I don't know. I don't know why we can't just say what's happening. With Carlos Condit, we said that, you know, it wasn't us, it was them. They said that they were going to take care of him financially. What's so bad about that? Of course, we know what's so bad about that. You don't want other fighters to then say, well, why aren't you taking care of me when this situation happens again? Because I can assure you it will happen again. And wow, what does Damian Maya think about all of this? Romero's being taken care of. Maya has to fight Masvidal. That's how he's being taken care of. Their resume is very much similar. You can make a case that Maya's run, his six-fight winning streak, more impressive than Romero's recent winning streak, but them's the breaks. So we found out about that on Wednesday. We still don't know 
when they're fight they're fighting. Um, Thursday we had the media day and those were eventful. Had the Francis and Ganu open workout that was a lot of fun. Had the MMA awards which was a fun time. Thank you very much to everyone once again who voted for us. MMAfighting.com, media source of the year uh, for myself. Journalist of the Year. I, I really appreciate it. I wrote a long thing on my uh, Instagram about it. And especially after the year we had last year, it uh, it really meant a lot and, and maybe even more so than in years past. So thank you very much for that. I share it with my colleagues, of course, at MMA Fighting because I think they all play a massive part in uh, not just my success, but the success of the entire site. And I do want to give a shout out to my man, Chuck Mindenhall, the man in the hat, who I forgot to mention in my acceptance speech. Next time I do this, if I do it, I'm going to write everyone's name down because it's just, it's too hard to remember all these names. Give a shout out to New York Rick as well. A lot of people were mad about that, but I was trying to think of like the day-to-day MMA funny people and New York Rick shows up for like two hours, you know, once a week. Still, I was going to mention him if the MMA hour won, which leads me to our last award. We did not win. We were robbed by the ultimate fighter who I do believe won for the first time. Somewhat surprising because I would argue that the MMA, the, uh, the, not MAR, the ultimate fighter is less relevant now than it's ever been, but hey, they deserve to win. So congratulations to them. Um, a lot goes into that show. Great production. So I can't really complain going two for three. It meant a lot to us. So we appreciate it. Then of course, uh, Friday was uh, the weigh-ins. You know what happened there. Then we had the press conference and it was a familiar sight because once again, GSP is up there on the dais and there's no opponent. They couldn't find Michael Bisping. He overslept, had a wild night at the awards, won comeback of the year. And, or excuse me, he won upset of the year and he was actually offended by it. That was amazing. Classic Michael Bisping. He's like, what do you mean upset of the year? I was supposed to win. Everyone thought I was going to beat Luke Rockhold at 199. Anyhow, he eventually showed up. It was very entertaining. They had a nice little back and forth. And now I'm excited. There was also a great video of George St. Pierre walking into the cage for the first time in three and a half years, officially as a UFC fighter once again. And that gave me goosebumps. Like a ray of sunshine kind of breaking through the dark clouds of Khabib Nurmagomedov and Ferguson. Here comes GSP with that nice looking suit, walking to the cage, bowing before he enters. It was great to see him back. It was genuinely very, very, very nice. Heartwarming to see George St. Pierre back. And then, of course, Saturday we had UFC 209, which I think, as I, as I noted on Twitter, was everything UFC 208 wasn't. I thought it was a very entertaining card, top to bottom. Tyson Pedro with a big win over Paul Craig, slowing down that hype train. If you haven't seen the Tyson Pedro scrum afterwards, do check it out. Walking out with uh, this army hat that was worn by his cousin who died while serving in Afghanistan. He asked the UFC for permission to wear it. Thankfully, they said yes. Classy move on their part. Of course, classy move on his part. What a great story there. Uh, the young Australian fighter, still undefeated. Loved that fight. Yuri Alcantara with the comeback win over Luke Sanders. Can make a case that it could have been stopped earlier. Uh, Luke Sanders getting the point. Deducted. I thought Mark Goddard was all over it. Tremendous refereeing once again by the Brit. What a comeback that was. I thought that was going to be the comeback of the night. And then we had, of course, Darren Elkins with that damaged tattoo rising from the ashes against Mirsad Bektik. I mean, what a performance. The greatest win of his career. Great victory shot afterwards. Darren Elkins was on the brink of defeat, of extinction, and came back somehow. I don't know how. He mustered up that Indiana strength and was able to defeat uh, the previously undefeated Mirsad Bektik. So that was very impressive. Alistair Overeem defeating Mark Hunt. 
Um, a lot of fun. Cynthia Calvillo, who got bumped from the current jerker, defeating Amanda Cooper. Dan Kelly turning back the clock, or maybe even not. Maybe he just gets better as he gets older against uh, Rashad Evans, who looked good physically at 185, but of course did not perform like we're used to him performing. And it has been, you know, unfortunately a slow decline for Rashad. And now we wonder what's next for him. And then how about David Tamor defeating Lando Venata? No controversies there. All fun fights. A lot of underdogs winning. Tamor, Kelly, Elkins. I think Alcantara and uh, Sanders were quite even. Pedro's somewhat of an underdog, I think. And then we get to the main event. Let's pause that thought. I'll tell you who's on today's show, and then we'll talk about the main event, UFC 209. Today's show, super stacked. Incredibly stacked. Can't wait for it. Here's the lineup. And then let's talk Saturday night's main event. 410, we're going to be joined by Tyron Woodley. As you know by now, he is still the UFC welterweight champion. Talk about him more in a second as well. 350, we'll talk to Luke Barnott. Luke Barnott, remember him? Formerly of the UFC. He is now fighting for ACB. They have their 54th event this Saturday in Manchester. He's headlining it. He's fighting Mamed Khalidov, one of the best middleweights who's not fought in the UFC. And slowly but surely, ACB has been signing some really impressive talents. Zach Makovsky, Kei Zugaki, Bubba Jenkins, Elvis Mutapchich. That's just in the last few days. Look out for them. Their tagline is, let's show more fighting. Russian-based organization, they're, they're making some noise. I like it. The more options, the better. Um, so we'll talk to Luke at 3.50. 3.30, we'll talk to Ali Abdelaziz, manager for Khabib Nurmagomedov. Talk to him about what happened there. Also, we'll talk to him about Rashad Evans' loss. And he's got a busy month coming up. He represents Kelvin Gaslam, Benil Dariush, Anthony Johnson, Corey Anderson. He's got like three straight main events. Crazy. Uh, 305, we'll talk to GSP. George St. Pierre is back on this show. Can't wait to talk to him about the press conference, the return, all that stuff. Alistair Overeem at 245. We'll talk to him about the win over Mark Hunt and specifically about his bout of food poisoning. He was in and out of the hospital, had to get an IV, was very close to not fighting, which made, in my in my opinion, his performance that much more impressive. So great stuff there by Overeem rebounding from the title loss to Stipe Miocic. 225, we'll talk to Tony Ferguson about the fight that, for now, does not seem destined to happen and his crazy week. 205, we'll talk to Eddie Alvarez. Remember him? Eddie Alvarez. We have not heard from Eddie in quite some time since essentially the Connor fight. What's up with him? 145, we'll talk to Jorge Masvidal about the UFC 211 fight against Damian Maia. And then 125, right before him, we'll talk to Maia himself. So there's a lot going on, in particular in the welterweight and lightweight divisions. There's a lot to discuss, but now let's talk about the main event for a bit. So it happened on Saturday, UFC 209. Everyone agrees it did not live up to our expectations. Let's not forget UFC 205's version of this fight was the fight of the night on maybe you know one of the best cards of the last few months, the MSG card here in New York. Um, that ended in a draw, and you can make a very strong case for this fight ending in a draw. It was super close. First and second rounds, essentially nothing happened. I mean, I think the combined significant strikes was like eight apiece. It was wild. I don't quite agree with the idea that those two first rounds were for, you know, rounds one and two were, were, were 10 tens. I, I, I can't quite go that far. And so I'm leaning towards Wonderboy 
for those those two, one and two. Round three was very easy to score with the takedown and the damage on the ground, Tyron Woodley. Round four, again, was a tough one, but I leaned towards Wonderboy. And then round five was pretty even up until like the last 30 seconds or so. And then, of course, the most action of the night, the most damage of the night. Remember, there are essentially three Ds that you have to look at with the new scoring. Damage, dominance, and duration. So it was clear that Woodley won the round, but did he do enough to get a 10-8? I didn't think that it was long enough, so duration and dominant enough to give him the 10-8. But it's arguable. It's so close with the scoring. And a lot of people, including UFC President Dana White, saying that, oh, this one judge gave it a 10-8, even... Uh, Bob Bennett, credit to him for showing up to the press conference, said you know he was not in favor of that scorecard. I, I think I thought he was a little aggressive in 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 his description of it, but I appreciate him coming out. I'm I'm not going to argue with him. Um, I think you can make a case for it, but I, I I don't at the end of the day think it was a 10-8. Let's not forget though, only one judge scored it a 10-8, and it didn't really matter. If it was a 10-8 or a 10-9, it, it didn't really matter because that judge had it 47-47 with the 10-8. Had it been 10-9, he would have given it to Stephen Thompson, but still the other two judges scored in favor of Woodley, 48-47. So even if he would have given it a 10-9, it, it didn't really affect the fight. So I don't know why we were harping on it so much. That judge was Sal Diamato. Other two who gave it to Woodley, Chris Lee, and Derek Clearly. Uh, let me bring in Mr. New York Rick here because it's fascinating to debate this. Um, so I'm assuming, unless he was busy doing something else, shopping, another birthday party, who knows what, he watched the card on Saturday. Am I right in assuming that? You are right. I, I, I was watching it. it. I, I... I was uh, in my room crying for a bit when you listed everybody at MMA fighting except for yes. me. Well, um, it, people, people. I saw some people on the Instagram. I, I didn't expect that that speech to go out, you know, publicly, um, but it did. Oh, that makes it better. But I mean, I could. I, I, there's so many other people. You know, where do you draw the line? I draw the line at the people who actually work five days a week. Sure. Where do you draw the line? And I forgot someone who worked five days a week, seven days a week. I mean. I forgot Chuck, Chuck Minnell. Chuck should also... He should be pissed. I should I, be I, lobbying. For the record, I wrote him a message. <laughs> oh, great. But I did not write you one. <laughs> if it mm. was going to be the MMA hour, of course Fantastic. I was going to mention you and Alex and uh, Will and Nick and Rob and Miles here's, and Paige and here's my Joe. I would have mentioned all those people who work on the shows. This I, show... You know, you get the wrap-up sign. The second you walk up there, it's very tense. I'm staring at Tito Ortiz's big head. He sees me in the back. He refuses to say hello to me. I don't know what kind of grudge he's holding on to, but I'm like looking. He, I mean, he's the only face that I see up there. I'm like, oh God, Tito Ortiz, I love you so much. And uh, I just, you know, I get a little nervous. I don't want to take up all the time. I don't want to be that guy thanking everyone, you know? And plus, what about it. Sean and Luke in the back? They could have helped me out. They could have mentioned some names. Luke craps on everyone else. Yeah. Sean doesn't want to say anything. I think that one was all, that had to be all on you. Fair enough. My um, apologies. No, but congratulations, obviously. Well, the site, you. Well, the site, um, I mean, you're a part of the site. I just, you know. Evidently not. As I said, oh, come on. As I said to my wife, I don't need to tell the world how much I love you. I tell you I love you every day. <laughs> so the same goes to you. Oh, thank you. Um, okay. That fight. Yes, I did watch. I watched the whole card. Um, I scored the fight. 
49, 48. How, how does that work out? No. Just Four, give me the rounds. Round one? 10, 10. 10, 10? No, nothing happened in that round where one guy won that round. Yeah. You're saying you're leaning toward it. I don't know what more convincing you would need. Who, who, why did Wonder Boy win that round? What is your, what okay, is your so argument like I said, for it? They say now that the three main things you have to look at, damage, dominance, and duration, right? Yep. You, you essentially, you don't need to have all three, two out of three. What, what dominance, what damage? And, yeah, and that's by the why way, it's 10, 10. Oct- <laughs> Octagon. I'm fine with, let's just throw out the first two rounds and go three, four, and five. Perfect. And by the because way, I think the first two were 10, 10. And, and by the way, let's just make it very clear. This was not a robbery. No. Again, Nonsense. this was not controversial. It was debatable. Again, it was, it was one of those fights where it was close, but I don't think the wrong man won. I think you could sit down, as I like to say, in a barbershop, a bar, whatever, and debate it. I also want to say, and this might piss people off, I didn't hate it as much as other people. I actually kind of enjoyed it. And I'll tell you why. The first fight was so much fun that I felt like I was on the edge of my seat the entire time thinking that something was going to happen as it did in the last 30 seconds. Of course, never came to fruition. I would never tell someone, go back and watch this fight, knowing how it plays out. But while it was unfolding, I enjoyed it. And I must say, I have to give a lot of credit to Dominic Cruz because I think he made me enjoy it even more. I thought his commentary was phenomenal. There's a certain point where that dissipates, though. You get to the middle of round two, and they've thrown 10 strikes each, and that... The lack coiled of activity spring, was was like weirdly that, fascinating. Yeah, but that coiled spring like tension is gone. Now you, it's clear that they're just dancing around each other. Okay, um, so so first and second round. 10-10. Ten, 10-10. Ten. Ten, ten. Third round is obvious. Woodley. Fourth round. Thompson. Fifth round. Woodley. How you score it? 10-9. Ten, ten, no, that ten, was nine. not a 10-8. Yeah. Let's let's pump the brakes here. But as you said, that doesn't really affect the scoring based on um how I had it. If if uh, right. if the first two doesn't matter, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, if the first two were uh, were ten ten and Woodley won one and Wonder Boy won one, if he won ten eight ten nine, it doesn't really matter. It would have been uh, a win for Woodley either way, right? Um, but that's how I had it. Right, I had it scored for Woodley. I just think that there was nothing in round one or two that could uh, distinguish one man from the other. Also, I should note uh, the new. The new scoring criteria right. is not in effect in Nevada. Correct. Not, I, I don't even know. I mean, I mean, it's, the, it's the main thing is like the eye pokes and the kidney mm-hmm. strikes and the clavicle stuff. I, I still kind of feel like it's relatively similar, but uh, yeah. But but it's but it's important to note that because yeah, yeah, yeah. we're sitting here talking about I score it this way, I score it this way. Well, you score it this way under what rules? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Where well, you have to score to, uh, you know as far as the old rules are concerned. Yeah, well, are people uh, are the people who are weighing in on this necessarily doing that? It's it's it creates a lot of confusion. This idea that the the Stupid. rule sets the are, taking them and, so long. and um, judging are not implemented across, um, you know, every jurisdiction makes it makes it a big deal. I actually asked uh, Bob Bennett about this. Why haven't they adopted the new rules and? How long is it going to take? It sounds like we're still several months away. He was saying that, you know, they will, but it's kind of a bureaucratic thing, a lot of red tape that they have to, they can't just pass it like everyone else did, you know, come January 1st, which to me is crazy. I mean, we're trying to unify the sport, but anyhow, with or without the new rules, I feel like you score it the same. I, I, I'm not familiar enough, but I think there's certain distinctions about 
ten eight, which would change it. No, uh, maybe the ten eights are given. They're given more freely in my yes. in my understanding of it. If we're gonna go to old rules, then I I, I kind of feel like if I'm being honest, I kind of feel like it's easier to score it in favor of Wonder Boy first and second rounds 10-9 because of that dreaded octagon control. He was pressing. Well, yeah, but he wasn't utilizing the range in any significant way. He was he was advancing. Woodley had his back against the cage, but I wouldn't necessarily say Woodley was retreating. Um, he did control the center. Um, I just didn't, in my opinion, there, was, there wasn't enough, you know, just to be frank, there wasn't enough, there weren't enough strikes thrown. There wasn't enough uh, attempts to damage. Let that. me ask you this. In your opinion, fight like this, does it take two to tango? Meaning, are they both at fault? Or? One, one million percent. Okay, then There's, let me ask you this. Then let me ask you this. Did it backfire in hindsight to do the immediate rematch? Because now they both felt each other's power. They know what to expect, especially when you're dealing with someone like Wonder Boy, who's so tricky, someone like Woodley, who's so powerful. It was so fresh in their minds that they were both kind of hesitant to pull the trigger. Remember what both said, especially Wonder Boy after the first fight, he didn't let it go. He wasn't himself. He didn't let it all hang out. It felt like he was even more tentative this time, perhaps because he felt that power. Yeah, but on the other side of the coin, you've seen what they've got now. And yeah. now you should be able to let go because you can't anticipate what the other person has in their arsenal. Mm. Um, it's just, yeah, both guys are to blame for, now I say this with, if they, look, Tyron Woodley is not walking around with his head um, down. He's the UFC welterweight champion. Uh, he successfully defended his title and he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be walking around with his, his head held down. But if their goal was to entertain the fans, I would say they fell short, and in that case, they're they're both to blame for that. Mm. Um, Did Woodley? It was not an entertaining fight. I don't I don't think you'd find somebody who could argue that. Everyone wants to win emphatically. Everyone wants a finish. Yep. Everyone wants an exclamation point. But considering the road to this fight for Woodley, how polarizing he's been, is this one notch below an actual loss because now it kind of adds fuel to that fire. Oh, you know, you're not an exciting champion, blah, 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 blah. I mean, let's just put it out there. I thought the UFC did a really poor job of building Woodley leading up to the fight. I mean, the only times we ever heard from Dana White last week was him criticizing Tyron Woodley. You're a promoter. Your job is to actually promote. Your job is to get people excited to watch your champion fight. How about telling the world, this guy's got dynamite in his hands. This guy is the second coming of... I don't know, Matt Hughes, say whatever you want. But to just go out there and be like, yeah, you fought to a draw. N you know, now, now, now prove me that you're better than that. That's not promoting. Yeah. You know what I mean? So anyway, does this, does this hurt him? Do you yeah, it hurts his stock for yeah. sure. Yeah. If you're going to be, Tyron was very vocal leading into this fight and talking about, um, you know, what he deserves to have and, you know, what the next steps are for him. Based on this performance, he definitely didn't put people in his corner. Um, again, I, I, I think there's nothing wrong with a performance like this. I thought Anderson Silva versus Damian Maya was an overly criticized fight. I've said this many, many times. Well, that a fight was different because he was playing games. Yeah, in that but fight. at the same time, a champion. Look, if you defend your belt, if you've done what you need to to do to be successful and and keep that belt another day, another month, another year, you've done your job. That that's all you can say as a champion. And 
Uh, I don't necessarily have a problem with with how Tyron fought. If Wonderboy wanted that belt, he should have come and, and taken it, um, and he didn't. And so um, from that standpoint, I think Tyron has nothing to be worried about, ashamed of, whatever, but it did hurt his stock. People, people were are not going to be able to rally behind him after this one. If he had, you know, called his shot and and made all this noise and then came out there and flattened Wonderboy in round one, he would have had a damn good case, uh, it, it, you know, in terms of being able to dictate what's next, in terms of being able to to be the one in the driver's seat. But now he's not. He's put himself in, in the backseat. Two quick questions before we get to Maya for you. If you're the UFC, who do you book Woodley up against next? Huh. Do you wait to see what happens with Masvidal and Maya? Do you have? I guess. I mean, I guess it has to be the winner of that. It has to be the winner. Problem is that fight's in two months. Yeah, let him take some time off. Yeah. And if you're the UFC, do you go back to the well with Habib and Ferguson? Do you try it one more time? Oh boy. I I I tell you, UFC 210. Look at that card, Buffalo. It is super thin. They are missing some stuff. Yeah, maybe that's what you do. You put it on a card that kind of just needs a boost and just. You know, knock on every piece of wood you have in your entire house and pray. Um, Maybe that's what AK needs. Two AK guys at the top to uh, combat this bad luck that they, they've had as of late. They've had some bad luck. Cormier, Kane, Rockold, Habib, they're four biggest names all pulling out of fights. Yeah. For various different reasons, of course, but, and, and Kane was kind of bad luck as well. This was bad luck. Just a strange stretch for them. They'll be back, but yeah, it is, uh, I feel for Javier Mendez. I really do. Anyhow, let's uh, let's grab Damian Maya, who's up next. Curious to hear what he thinks about this welterweight title picture, the welterweight title fight on Saturday. It is important to note that, yes, once again, Nevada is using the old scoring criteria. I, I personally don't think that it changes either way in this fight because of the lack of activity. Really, it comes down to that fifth round with the 10-8. Um, Judges are encouraged, given the new criteria in the states that have adopted the new rules, to be more open when scoring rounds 10-8. But that one felt like it just wasn't long enough. Again, damage, dominance, and duration. So excluding that, putting that aside, going back to the old way, which Nevada, as I said, still employs, I don't feel like it's, 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 it's very debatable because it wasn't long enough. He was close, though. I thought John McCarthy did a great job in that uh, in that main event. He was all over it. He was right there on top of it. It was super close as far as Wonder Boy is concerned. So now we see what's next for Tyron Woodley. We thought this time, this time last week, eh, maybe a few days before that, because there had already been rumblings. We thought that the winner of this welterweight title fight would be fighting Damian Maia. He's won six in a row. He's coming off a phenomenal win over Carlos Condit back in August. He's been very patient. Thought he'd fight the winner after UFC 205. That didn't happen after the draw. And here we are getting very close to UFC 209. And all right, perfect. We've got a number one contender waiting in the wings. And then we find out that he's fighting... Jorge Masvidal, UFC 211, in two months. So, of course, had to talk to him. He joins us now on the phone once again. Very much appreciative that he's back on the show. We're talking to Damian Maia right now. Damian, how are you? 
How are you doing, Ariel? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I, I have to admit, I did not expect to talk to you about this whole situation. I thought that it was you know, pretty clear for you that you were going to get the winner. We'll get to that discussion in a second, but I'm just curious as we wrap up our talk on the main event, did you watch the main event on Saturday? And if so, who did you score it for? Yeah, I think, you know, Wonderboy was winning and 3-1. And, you know, he, he was supposed to, to keep going the last round and then he would win the fight. But, you know, the, the heifers they gave, they gave, they, they gave, it was 2-2. And, you know, that last second of the fight, you know, made all different. Okay, so... You still, I mean, if if you you had a three one going into the fifth, regardless of what happened in the fifth, you would have scored it for Wonder Boy, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, was it? Were you watching it live? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Was it hard for you to watch this fight because of the fact that you thought you were going to fight the winner, and now you have to go through someone else? Were, were you kind of, you know, was it? You know, while watching, was it a bit of a, I don't know, was there a sour taste in your mouth because of how close this whole situation is to you? <laughs> yeah, it is. But it, you know what? Uh, I just need to focus on my fight right now, you know, like like always. Uh, sometimes it's better, you know, to keep your mind healthy, that you just you just don't don't focus too much on, you know, a title uh, fight. You just focus on, on the next fight and and that's what I'm trying to do because every time I was doing different before, you know, I was I was uh, losing my my ability to, to to fight well. I was I was not fighting so well when I was focused too much on the title. And the last last six fights, I was really focused on which fight, and that that was working for me. Uh, you know, I, I will keep doing the same. Okay, so let's talk about how we get to the Masvidal fight. When were you first approached about the idea of fighting him? Uh, it was, I think, right after he won the fight against Cowboy. You know, they, okay. they asked me and I said, you know, I would like to wait. But then 10 days before this, this title fight between Udley and, and Wonderboy, uh, they spoke to Eduardo again and they said, you know, to in order to fight for the title one day, I need to keep active and 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 you know I I I had take I need to take the fight and you know just I took so I took the fight. When they approached you after he won in January and you said no, I'd like to wait. Were they okay with that back then? Yeah, they they didn't they didn't answer back you okay. know right away and they were they were okay and you know I thought like as time was passing I said okay you know I I decided to waiting and 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 that's okay and and the fight is uh, less than two weeks ahead and you know I'm just gonna wait and and I'm gonna fight with the 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 champion because you know there is nobody ahead of me that could fight for for the bees you know there's the only guy. You know, ahead of me in the in the rankings were is is Robbie Lawler, but he's he he, he lost to Cairo, you know, and 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 he he's been inactive for a long time. So you know, I thought I was the the clear uh, contender. Yeah. But then they approach us, you know, and and we need to take the fight. 
Okay, so then when they come back to you around 10 days um, out and, 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 and they approach you with this idea, did you guys tell them, like, look, we're so close to the title fight. Here I am, number one contender. This creates more confusion. Did you try to make the case to not have to do the fight because you've waited for so long and because of the fact that you are the clear number one contender? Yeah, we did. We did that many times. We did, you know, before when they offered Waller to me uh, early this year, and then when they 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 offered Masvidal. But this time they spoke to Eduardo, and they said, you know, in order to to get a title fight, we need to keep active. So, you know, there was no no. I mean, there was, I need to fight. That's it. If I want to fight for the title, I need to fight. So, you know, I'm a fighter and I'm going to fight. Does a part of you wish you would have fought back in, you know, January or December so that you'd be in a position, if they're saying you have to fight, you've been waiting for so long for the title shot, you don't get the title shot, you could have fought earlier. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough to, to, you know, to... To have any regrets or think about that is 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 just life, you know. It's just every uh, it is what it is, and and there is not nothing we can do. I I I think it's a good timing, you know, to fight in May is, is no problem. And of course, I wish I was fighting for the title. And but if I had to fight this fight, maybe it's a good timing. And, uh, I I cannot thinking about if I win when I'm gonna fight for the title. I just need to to think about this one. Like I said, right now you know George Masvidal is a pretty tough fight. It's a pretty tough challenge, and and I have one more challenge in front of me. Can you explain what happened with the Nashville card? Because originally there was some talk that you were going to main event that card. Now you're on UFC 211. Was was the Nashville option offered first, and then they changed it? Yeah, yeah, that was the first, the first, you know, uh, date that they they offer. Uh, but then I don't know why they changed. And for us, it was okay because uh, you know we have a little bit more time for a camp. Uh, I mean, I was training, but it's different than a camp, uh, and and that's no problem. That's no problem that they changed the date. And I I don't know. I don't know. It's something to do with you know. Which card they need more mm. more names to to fill, and I think they that the the two eleven was were more important for them. Would you have preferred being main event, or it doesn't really matter at this point? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The good thing about being main event is that it's it's uh, you know I was talking to Eduardo about that. The good thing about being main event is that you 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 train for a title fight because you, you train for five rounds. But at the same time, you know, if you go there and fight, and the fight is like, you know, my fight with Condit, it doesn't matter because it's just one round fight. Right. So I, I hope the fight doesn't go, you know, all the rounds, and I hope I win before. And, and I'm going to train for, for, for three rounds. And the most important is, it's, like I said, doesn't matter if, if I, I fight right now, you know, if I stop and think about it, doesn't matter if it's five rounds or three rounds, because in order to fight for the title, I need to win this one. So it's I cannot think ahead, you know. I just need to think to win this fight and and, uh, and not thinking of this fight like a, 
uh, training for the the title fight right. because it's, you know I'm fighting a guy who just knocked it out Cowboy Cerrone and and he's really really good and really really tough opponent with great boxing skills and and it's not easy to fight a guy like that so uh, I have a, a a challenge right now that I need to to pass before. Did the UFC tell you or your team that if you win this fight, you will 100% get a title shot? It's not, they didn't say 100%. I think, you know, it's it's kind of clear. And, and, and I don't know who else they could, you know, put for, for that. And... Uh, I, I I didn't ask for that, you know. I just I think it's clear for everybody, but then you know, if I win, I will be the, the challenge. But I I think they they never gonna come and say, okay, if you win, is is hundred percent you're gonna fight for the title. And you know, I don't care. I just care about this fight right now. Do you think the UFC doesn't want you to be champion or even to fight for a belt again? I don't know. I really don't know. I, I, you know, I think that there's nothing to do with that. But at the same time, it's sometimes it's a little bit weird, you know, why they are holding me too much the last, the last fights. Because I remember when I fight Gunnar and I was watching the fight between Lawler and Condit. You know, I was there in the in the. Uh, watching inside, uh, and they are filming me, and uh, I think I was going to be next one. And everybody was talking about that, and then they said no. They put me against Matt Brown, and then after Matt Brown fight, okay, we'll be next one. And they no, no, no. And then you know, call it, and I, I won in a very good way, and no again. So. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes it's, you know, all this, this change in the company lately is, is, is hard to read. It's hard to understand. Has this situation kind of affected the way you view the sport and, and your career? Has it, I mean, it's amazing just listening to you speak. I feel like I wouldn't be able to, to handle it with such class and professionalism, but you are able to put this positive spin on a, a, a very unfortunate situation. Everyone agrees that you should be fighting for the belt next. And now not only do you have to fight again, you have to fight someone who's very, very talented. And yet here you are, you know, with some kind of silver lining. Um, when, when, when this all happened though, you know, were, were were you down? Did you need to motivate yourself again? How did you react? You know, you know. Remember what I said. I said when I start to focus on the title. Yeah. Six fights ago, I st- I stopped to fight. To, uh, sorry, I stopped to to worry about the, just the title, title, title fight. You know, my performance get got better. And after my fight with Yakov Led, you know, I had that that shoulder infection, the staff infection in my shoulder all the osteomyelitis stuff. And and after that, I, I realized that my mission is much more than be a champion. It's, you know, to spread Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and, and to, to teach and, and to do things that are much more important in my life than to win the title. So, and after that, you know, it's it's funny that I start to win and I never, you know, lost any uh, fight anymore. And, you know, I, I was fighting with much more uh, experience. I was fighting less anxious, so that that's what makes me keep going. Because I know my mission is not just to be a champion, and be a champion would be great, you know. And I want to be like that, but 
it's not just in my control. Yeah. You know, I think I could be gentle right now. Depends, but it's not in my control because I need to be choose, uh, chosen to, to be there in a title fight. And I need to win the title fight. And that's in my control, of course. But, you know, it's not in my control to, to have the opportunity to fight for the title. So, uh, as I sport, you know, a guy, an athlete, of course, you get a little bit frustrated. But, you know, I have things much bigger to accomplish in life that I am accomplishing. And I, I'm happy for that. And I keep going. Do you feel like you have to finish Masvidal in order to really force their hand and, and make them give you the title shot? Is a decision not enough? No, I don't think so. I don't think. I think you know, it's just go there and win the fight. And I think everybody says about the the oh, this guy sells fight. The other guy doesn't sell fight. But the the, the reality is like no other way. Nobody sells fights well. And Sometimes, you know, people push on from my shoulders the things, but, uh, you know, in my last fight, I, I submit, you know, a lot of fights, and I had great performance, and people want to watch my fights. And I'm not saying, you know, bad about the last fight, but everybody knew that didn't sell well, was not so exciting, and so it's not just my promise, you know, it's, uh, all uh, it's all every all together, you know. Like USC needs to promote a little bit more, and and welterweight is a weight that is is hard to sell nowadays, and and that's it, you know. I think it's it sometimes people people believe in in lies, and I, they repeat the lies so many times that the people <laughs> you know start to believe. Ah, Demi is not fighting for the title because he doesn't sell. And, you know, I think that's not true. You know, I, I don't think I wouldn't sell worse than, than you know, Wonderboy and Thompson did. Yeah, and, and I think... I think I, would, I could sell better. And, and to that point, I feel like there has to be a little creativity involved. I, I, I threw out this idea last week, and this was just off the top of my head. Here we have, you know, the second coming of Hoist Gracie. You're going out there and choking the best fighters in the world and not getting any damage. No one is touching you. You know, it's like not even a scratch. Uh -huh. How do you not sell that? How, how, that, that? That to me is fascinating. Exactly. It's, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, market, you know, is, is everything, you know, that, and I, I shouldn't say that, but when I watched the last fight between Udley and Thompson and I, I want to make clear that I really like both guys. You know, I really admire both guys. But, you know, for me, the fighting, besides the fourth round, the the fight was really boring, you know, at 205. Because it was like, nobody pulls, you know, the trigger. Mm. Nobody pulls the trigger the, all the first three rounds. And then, and then the fourth round, there was this, you know, scramble and was really exciting. And then the fifth round was so-so again. But in order to make the, the to make the, the the second fight, you know, UFC gave them fight of the night because you know after two weeks, three weeks, nobody remembers well, and then the people say, okay, you know, it was a nice fight, it was fight of the night, but for me that was far far away from fight of the night. But you know, people, everybody start to talk about that, and that makes a buzz to the next fight. Uh, so it's not, it's, you know, it's, it's not so hard when you want to push somebody, uh, you can do. Um, I, I know you're saying that you're not going to focus on the belt now and that that helps you 
And that's been what you've you've done leading up to this point as far as this winning streak is concerned. But will you or your management try to get on the record in writing somehow that if you win this fight, you're getting a title shot or are you not going to try to do that? Yeah, of course, Eduardo is, is talking about that and, and, and trying to, you know, make the guys doing that. He He's the guy who who is in charge of that and he's the guy who is trying, you know, like crazy all my last fights to, to put me in a, in a title uh, fight. But it's it's been hard. Yeah. Um, so... I'm just curious, are you impressed with Masvidal? Masvidal kind of, you know, coming out of nowhere as a welterweight, he's won three in a row and, you know, was struggling a little bit with his weight at 155. And now here he is, as you said, you know, knocking out Don Cerrone is no small feat. Um, A, are you impressed? And B, do you have a theory as to why he has looked so good at 170? No, I don't have, you know, I, actually, I'm going to start to watch his fights right now. I didn't watch okay. his fights yet. I know he's a very good boxer, you know, he, he he's like a, a very good, like Cuban style boxing. Uh, and actually, you know, I know he's pretty dangerous with his hands. He has a good takedown defense, which which is 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 dangerous also for me. But I know I'm really going to start to analyze him right now. Okay. What kind of support, by the way, have you gotten from fans online after all this has happened? Have you have you read a lot from them? A lot, yeah, a lot. You know, I can I can read all the 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 comments. You know, like in my Twitter or Instagram, I can. But you know, Twitter too many people, and it's so nice to have all this support. You know, I really appreciate the fans. Even uh i don't i i don't respond because you know sometimes i i respond one guy and huh. the other ones will feel you know sad because i didn't respond so that's why sometimes i don't respond but you know i i try to read everything and uh, 99% of of uh, what people talking it's it's very nice and people supporting me and you know asking me for for the title fight and and everything so you know things can change and uh, you know fans makes the things change and and that's very important that is very true um i feel like i've asked you this uh, before maybe a few years ago but just to um to double check now here we're talking as you're turning 40 later this year in in november is there an age when when you want to stop fighting or do you not think about that uh I don't think about that really like, you know, thinking a right date, but I think, you know, I I have like about three more years. Okay. And two or three more years that I want to fight. Okay. For sure. And then, you know, after let's see how my speed will will be, how my 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 power and and if I keep going then I you know I, I can keep fighting. If not then I stop. Always, uh, always appreciate talking to you, Damien. You, you are, uh, you, you are unbelievably classy, and you are able. You, you teach us all, not with, not only in your, you know, your athletic endeavors, but just the way you handle yourself, how to put a positive spin on things, and how to uh, not harp on the negative. So I appreciate that, perhaps more so than what you do in the cage. Uh, your opponent at UFC 211 is actually joining us next, and I believe he wants to say something to you. Are you okay with talking to Jorge Masvidal? Yeah, uh, I don't have much to talk to him, but you know, I'm 
I'm, you know, I'm happy to take this fight. Uh, you know, that's, of course, I would be much happier to fight for the title, but, you know, I respect him a lot. And let's go there and do a good show for the, the, the public. Jorge, you want to say something to Damien? Well, I want to say I respect him for taking the fight. Anybody that gets in there, I got to respect them, but um, you shouldn't have took this fight, man. I'll say it now because you signed. You shouldn't have took this fight, man. But thank you. Though. I appreciate it. Just like Cowboy, I told him after, thank you for, for giving me the chance, you know, because I got the call from the UFC, and the UFC used to not like me not too long ago. They didn't like me, but they figured out one thing. They could use me to take out all the guys that they don't like. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm here, baby. I'm going to just do what I do come May 13th and just keep it moving forward, you know? Um, I ain't got much to say because I got three kids and I got to check out of here already, man. I've been here a little bit too long, you know? Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. All the fans? Fair enough. Okay, thank you, Damien. We Everybody. appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much. Okay, Sorry, thank you. I'll thank you, George, and, you know, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Damien. We appreciate it. Wait, um, uh, you you're leaving? You're done with the interview? Oh, I thought he was going to have me keep listening to this dude. I was like, I can't do that, dog. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought he was going to continue on. I'm like, no, you can't do that. No, no, no. I'm not going to sit here and listen to somebody. I'm, I, I, I was just, I was just trying oh, to. Yeah, I got a bunch of time to do Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, what, wait, wait. So you said. For you, baby. Thank you. Um, but by the way, you said a ton of interesting things in that one little uh, answer. First off, why did you think that they didn't like you? And why do you think that they like you now? Because it's taken them a while to figure it out, you know. Bum, bum, bum. That they, they could use me to take out all the dudes that they don't like. Now they see the value in that, you know, because all the dudes that they don't want them in certain places. Look, the execution is here, bro. Put those dudes way back in the line. You, you understand? If you speak math, you understand that. You think that they don't want Damien to fight for the belt, so they called upon you to sort of get him out of the picture. <laughs> Did they say? <laughs> That's what they called you're, upon. You're like the hired gun. You're like the corporate rock. There you go. Now the fucking <laughs> the lights are going off. Um, did they outright say that to mm -hmm. you? You know, behind the scenes, take you in the back and say, "Yo, you know, we need you to get this done." <laughs> I'm gonna plead the fifth because I do got a job, bro. <laughs> I but saw you in Vegas. Fucking put two and two together. Man. I saw you there. What a jacket you had on. What a jacket. What, what kind of jacket was that? Where did you get that? That, I got it at the spot. I'll tell you in person where okay. I got it at. <laughs> because I can't let everybody know. Everybody's at my store, you feel me? Fair enough. Um, is, there, is there a part of you that feels bad for Damien? Do you feel like he deserves the title shot? Do you, do you sympathize him with, you know, as a veteran who's been trying to get that UFC title shot as well? Yeah, he's on a what? How many fights? Six. Seven or six fight one streak? Yeah. Six? You know, he's beating some good guys. Yeah. So if they had told me Damien was fighting for the title and I was fighting somebody else, and then I would fight for the title, you know, as long as that somebody else was the next closest thing to the title, I wouldn't have cared as long as I had this fight, then the fight for the title. Do it make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? So I don't feel bad for him because at the end of the day, he's going to get a paycheck, you know? Have they told you that if you win this fight, you're automatically getting a title shot? They didn't tell me that, but, you know, that's uh, my assumptions. <laughs> um, you were there on Saturday. Who do you think won that main event? Uh, 
I'm going to say Woodley. Okay. Why do you say that with a smile? It was a tough fight to, to call. There was a lot of rounds. They, they could go either way, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I thought Woodley, again, did more damage. He got a takedown. He did some riding time with that takedown, and he landed better shots. So then when they got back up, um, Thompson was, was throwing more shots, but he wasn't really hurting him, you know? Yeah. But we're talking about a fight. I just think Woodley did more damage. I could see why people were saying Thompson, because yeah. he was throwing more. He was coming forward, and, and he was... Not dictating the pace because he wasn't throwing very much, but he was being the aggressor, I guess, in a weird coming forward way only. But he really wasn't doing a lot. Sure. So I, I could see where the controversy That's why I, I threw up the smile there. Okay, fair but enough. Yeah, it's one of those I, I usually... By the way, um, I know he doesn't train out of the Florida gym, but do you have any issues fighting Woodley because he's technically an ATT fighter? Huh. We should train a lot together. Yeah. when we were both in strike force okay like a lot you know so we're buddies it's always been cool since they want to it's not the dude that I want to fight you know what I'm saying uh. but when it comes to for the belt it's different I got kids to feed I didn't get in this to high five people sure I got in this to feed my fucking kids you know <laughs> so, so like if I'm playing basketball in Miami Heat and then fucking LeBron goes to wherever he goes what we're not gonna play games now we're not gonna play the playoffs sure you know I like that thinking so that's one of the last. That's one of the last dudes on the planet. Sincerely, I want to fight. I do not want to fight Woodley because we're cool. You know, we've worked out so much together, and he's he's looked out for me in the past, got me like certain hookups that, that that he had at the time. You know, so I don't want to fight that dude. But when it comes for the for the finals at the NBA, we got to do what we got to do. Fair enough. LeBron's not going to sit out a game. Yeah, he's uh, Dwayne Wade. You know. It's amazing, though, your story, because, uh, you know, you come over from Strike Force, and I feel like you're kind of just like moving along. They're putting you not in the best fights and not on the biggest cards. And you have that fight against um, Ally Quinta, and it was controversial. And I remember that interview that you did uh, before you were leaving the hotel, and you were like, man, I keep getting screwed by the judges. It just always felt like, well, well, we will never see you get to that next step. And then all of a sudden, you go to 170, and now you're just blowing through everyone. And most importantly, as you said, it feels like they're getting behind you. They're putting you on big cards. They're listening to you. They're really pushing you. Do you feel like they just saw the light themselves? Like, why all of a sudden are they so behind you? Because they did the math. It's ancient <laughs> secret math. But you, you've got you a good story. You understand what I'm saying. I feel like... I feel like no, if, if you don't MMA, you're looking at me and you're going, man, this dude is complete, bro. Yeah. This guy's like a problem in all fucking areas. We could use this guy to eliminate the guys that we don't, don't like. So maybe he matched with all whatever. He's kind of wild. He's a spig. We can't push him that much. But we could use him to eliminate the others because this guy for real is a bad guy. And he's going to... Did you get that part, by the way, in the movie, in the in the Scarface remake? Yeah, but they weren't paying enough, so I turned it down. Wow, really? I thought you would do yeah, that for free. <laughs> yeah, you were the guy who was nah, going to kill DiCaprio. Yeah, but they got to pay for that, bro. Yeah, I agree. Are you happy with your pay from the UFC or not yet? I mean, I, I want the most money out there possible every time I fight because this is what I do for a living, you know? Sure. So um, I think I get treated well by the UFC. If you look at me compared to a lot of other dudes, I get paid well. Mm -hmm. But I'm not satisfied. I want millions. I want the biggest fights possible. That's why I do this, you know? I don't do this to take a backseat to anybody in this planet. Sure. Um, is this accurate? When you talked about moving to 170, you and your manager... 
Abraham, Kawa, uh, actually kind of like put out a game plan. Cerrone, Maya were on that list. Like this was part of the journey. You you wanted this Maya fight. You felt like this was a fight that that was very winnable, that was very favorable to you. Is that true, A, and B, why? This is exactly why. Um, Cowboy, I think, is one of the best strikers at the 170-pound division. You know, I think he would destroy a lot of the strikers at 170 pounds. Mm. So I think he's one of the best strikers. In Maya, we have the best grappler at 170 pounds. By me beating those two guys, that shows the world how legitimate and how versatile I am. I can wrestle really good. People were surprised in the Cowboy fight that I did that. Like, really surprised. Oh, man, I was going for Cowboy all the way. You really shocked me there. I'm like, where the fuck you been living at? The whole Have you seen fights or do you just fucking turn on the TV once a month and then you see him knock somebody out and you think that's everybody's going to get knocked out like that? Like, I wonder if people even knew who I was. Yeah. How could you be shocked? You know, if you've seen me fight, you know what I do. So I think the world is going to be more shocked than anything when they find out how good I can wrestle. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to put on a key and be competitive, no. But when people find out how good I can wrestle defensively, it's going to blow their fucking mind out. Um, would you say you've had something like 50 or so fights? Would you say that was your best performance ever, the Cerrone fight? No, I'd say it's one of my good performances, but not my best. What's your best, in your opinion? Is there one that sticks out? Well, you know, it's uh, early in my career, and I think I fought one of the best Southpaws of ever, and especially at that time, he was a fucking phenom, you know? And that's Eve Edwards. Yeah. He had a highlight video of him, like, destroying people with knees. And I grew up watching this dude, you know? I was like, bro, this guy's fucking dangerous. That's one of the first guys that I... That I got a fight that I had like butterflies in my stomach, like a little bit scared. You know, like, man, if I fuck up with this guy, my face is going to get rearranged. You know, it's not going to be that he's going to hold me down and my face is going to be different. Nobody's going to recognize me in my neighborhood. So I had to, I prepared myself real well for that fight. And that's one of the, that's one of my higher ranking performances of me. Okay. You know, because I know how good that dude was at the time. Yeah. So yeah. that's a real, um, how do you say Barrett? I mean, the badge. A, a real honorable badge from yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Badge of honor. Feather in your cap. Badge of, there we go. Thank you, Eric. There we go. Uh, by the way, badge of honor. I, I, I wanted to ask you this after the, the Cerrone fight. Unfortunately, I couldn't get you on the show because apparently you were skiing or uh, tobogganing. I don't know. I, I yeah. Quite frankly, I'm surprised to hear of a... Skiing, bro. I don't know Come on. A fellow from Westchester, Florida is skiing in Denver. I just don't buy it. Where's the footage? Where's the... F- Do you have proof of this? Slaying mountains. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah well, I got it on the GoPro, but I'm kind of dumb up here, so I don't know how to translate it to like the real world. So my manager's going to get the Tell GoPro you. footage and... Uh, I want to see that. You guys with the... Uh, Cause I heard you're actually really good. Yeah, yeah. You're really, you're really a good skier. I'm really athletic for what skiing requires. A lot of core strength, a lot of crazy balance, a lot of leg power. I happen to have that off the charts compared to like regular civilians. So I've, I've progressed really fast for the time I've been doing it. You know? Okay. Um, what I wanted to ask you was, what did you say to Donald right after the fight? Uh, can I repeat it? Yes, please. There? Repeat. Yeah, repeat. Cool. Go ahead. But because there's the PG-13 version and then there's the the rated R. Rated R, go ahead. We're on the internet. I didn't say nothing crazy. I was just building it up. I didn't say nothing crazy. I just said, you know me now, motherfucker? Oh, wow. That's all I said. 
Yeah, yeah, that's all I said. It, you know me now, motherfucker? Because uh, he was saying he didn't know me. You you know who I am, you know? You knew exactly who I was, especially because we sparred together. Don't don't try that shit with me, you know? So whatever, man. <laughs> did he say anything I like back? It. I didn't like it. Did, did he say anything back to you? <laughs> oh, wow. This is so funny, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was great. I mean, the way you went to the body there was beautiful. Think of beauty. What's up? Say hi. Who's this? Say hi, bro. Camera's down here. Who's that? Shmalik. Oh, there he is. Wow, two weeks in a row. Look at this guy. Yo, yo, we're trying to talk to your client here. We don't want you to hog his spotlight. We know you like to do that, Malky. Hey, what's going to... By the way... Look at this. Hey, hey. First, first round. Wait a second. Wait a second. It just occurred to me. They represent Woodley, too. What's going to happen then? Hey, what, uh, what happens to what? Well, if if if, if Masvidal wins and Woodley wins, what, what, what side are you going to choose? This is going to be awkward, no? Or does or does your brother Abraham go with Masvidal and you go with Woodley? I go with Woodley. He goes with Masvidal. Wow. What do you, what do you think of that? I go with Woodley. <laughs> huh? Yeah. What do you think I, of that? No, that's because that, that's that's how he likes it. I don't yeah, mess no, with that's 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 my partner, bro. I don't Amos. mess with this guy. I don't mess with this guy. With me and Willie are like this. I don't mess with this guy. Get out of my fucking interview. See, this is this is the, this is the difference between Malky and Abraham. Abraham's in the back, chilling, not saying a word. Malky just walks right into the shot. Classic. Yeah. That's, that's basically it. He told me to. That's basically it. You know I wouldn't tell him that. That's right. Um, okay, let me ask you this. There was originally there was <laughs> there was originally talk of you main eventing in Nashville and now you're on the pay-per-view. In uh, in Dallas, did you prefer the main event slot, or do you prefer being on a pay per view? I prefer being on a pay per view. Okay, it's a, the biggest card I think of year to that date. You know, uh huh. So I, I much rather be on that card. Okay, and I think that's one of the most stacked cards of, of uh, for a while. Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. Two title fights, all that stuff. Um, Maya has now gone on this amazing stretch. I could pull up the numbers, but you've seen it where he finishes fights and literally his opponents are landing like one or two punches in the fight. Have you been impressed with his recent run? Uh, but once he's, 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 on, he's got the guys to a floor, to the floor on top of them, to a certain extent, yeah, I'm like, man, he has really good control and stuff. And his gas tank has improved a lot too. But from a wrestling standpoint, he hasn't fought somebody that can wrestle back into him. Mm. None of the guys that I've seen can wrestle back in. So I'm just so eager to wrestle back into him huh. and show him that next level of wrestling where he's got that next level of jiu-jitsu, but he's not going to get me there. And when he does, I'll get right back up. And I'm willing to put money on it where my mouth is, you know? So if Dana takes me up on the bed, we got the 200K right there on layaway. Bop, just chilling, you know? Wait, so, for yeah, those that don't know, what's the bet? What's the bet? I bet at Dana White, he couldn't find me nobody that could beat me for 200K. I got to, you know, I got to stretch out this career as much as I can. If I can't get the money fights, I got to supplement the, the income. Boom, boom, boom. Another way. Right. And has he accepted? So again, I'm a risk taker. I'm a risk taker. Has he accepted? No. No, not yet. Because didn't you have this bet going into the Cerrone fight too? But didn't you have this bet going into the Cerrone fight too? No, I didn't. Okay, this is after. No. So to be clear, if you beat Maya, you want 200K. If you lose to Maya, you're saying you'll pay him 200K. Yes. Wow. Which I know it's not a lot of the day, it's just a weekend in Vegas or something. <laughs> Tonight. But at least it entertains me. 
Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, okay. And, and I'm just curious, given, you know, how good you are of promoting yourself, do you feel that if Maya was a little more outspoken, a little more, I don't know, edgy that he'd already be fighting for the belt? Do you feel like it's kind of to his detriment that he's too nice? It, I think a lot of it is, uh, is also the style. Cause if he was knocking people out yeah. six in a row like that, yeah. when no one touching him, then people, it'd be different, you know? They would like that humbleness, that quietness, but he's knocking people out. It has a lot to do also with what's in style, you know? Sometimes yeah. people want to see more grappling than anything. Sometimes you want to see more knockouts than anything. By the way, what happened to so Robbie Lawler? To Why'd he leave ATT? I got to plead the fifth on that. Okay. So I know the exact, you know, I can't, I can't speak of such things. Okay, fair enough. Um, last thing, are you cool with the media? Sometimes I feel like you don't like the media. I mean, you're on my show. You're always gracious, so I appreciate it. But overall, what's going on with you in the media? Never really. Have. I don't like the media, man. I fucking, I don't like it. Look, I'd be the weird serial killer dude that wouldn't have Instagram or Snapchat or none of the things. And all my friends would be like, he's so weird. He doesn't have social media because I just don't like it, period. You know? Okay. I do this because I got to generate the talking shit. But I don't really like to do it, you know? I don't really care for the social media. Like, the posting of the pictures constantly. My management team is on me to do that, but I, I dislike it. And the media, imagine that. I dislike that shit even 10 times more. But why? But I got to do it to get paychecks, to get the big fights. I got to do it. Do you feel like there's been a correlation between you putting yourself out there more and your, your recent popularity surge? Uh, I don't know, bro. That's like... I don't know. <laughs> That's next level. <laughs> Think that far. Okay. It's All next right. level. All right. Fair enough. Do, do we? We're two months out. Do we have a prediction on the fight? Will you stop Damian Maya? Before it hits the third round, the game is over. Wow. Fight's over. Damn. And then you get a title yeah. shot. It won't go to the. Third. Won't go to the third round. You heard it, it here first. Okay. Um, appreciate the time, Jorge. Thank you so much. Good luck to you. We appreciate you talking to Damian earlier as well. You uh, you continue to impress. What a streak at 170. And I want to see that footage of you on the ski hill because, to be honest, at the utmost respect for your MMA skill, I'm not quite sure if I'm buying into the fact that you're ripping it up on the slopes. I'm just saying. I'm just putting it out there. I want to see it. I want to see it myself. Okay, but I want... That's racist, Ariel. No. You think this big can't ski? I can't, I can't ski That's either. Insane, I can't ski That's either. Insane. I just want to see. saying this thing can't ski. I want to see the footage, Larry. No, That's I can't ski. Me, I have the utmost respect for skiers, so I just want to see you do it. I want to see you rip it up. Uh, footage. I could do on this last trip. I was at Kirkwood. I killed about. They have. Uh, I think they got ten double blacks, and I did five of them. Wow! You know? I don't do them at a blazing speed. But I could do them. You know. Wow! I got to work on my technique, though. My technique is. It's not the best. My athletic ability off the charts for what that requires. So I'm able to get away with that. Continue success. Good luck in the fight. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for doing this. God bless you, man. Thank you. There he is, Jorge Masvidal. Great stuff there. Looking forward to that fight. Put aside the politics. Put aside the fact that, you know, Maya was right there, thought that he was going to get it, all that stuff and more. Put all that aside. Stylistically, it's a fun fight. And at this point, they've accepted it. We need to accept it. Let's move on. All right. I said at the top of the show, I have been wanting to speak to Eddie Alvarez for quite some time. I have been trying to get him back on the show essentially since November. Wanted to talk to him about what's next, where he's been. So much to discuss with Eddie Alvarez. And now here he is. And I think this is great timing considering the fact that the lightweight title picture is very much in focus. He joins us now on the phone. Eddie Alvarez. Eddie, are you there? 
I'm here. What's up, Ariel? Where have you been, Eddie? We've been looking for you. <laughs> uh, not new, man. Training. I moved. I moved recently. I moved. Moved. I moved to a different house right before the uh, Conor McGregor fight, but um, just kind of dealing with that, moving things of that sort, and then uh, just recently, maybe like a month ago, back in training with my coaches and uh, get my eye back on the prize. So you you kind of went off the grid as far as media and spotlight, limelight, and all that stuff is concerned uh, post MSG. I think you did one interview with Chael Sonnen, but otherwise, I haven't seen anything from you. Did you just need a break after all that? I I had a busy year. I fought like three times, and um, I'm not like a lot, a lot of these other fighters. I have four I have four children at home, so when I do get in a training camp, I miss a lot. So it's important for me to fight, but it's also important for me to take a step back and um, enjoy my family, enjoy my kids, and not just be there, but really kind of be there. Uh, if if you're a dad or anything like that, you know what I'm talking about. Sure. Um, that considering how big that night was for you. Do you still think about it a lot? I mean, it wasn't that long ago, and, and I know it didn't go your way, and you weren't happy with your performance. Have you been able to come to terms with it, or do you feel like you'll only really be able to come to terms with it and move on, more importantly, once you fight again? No, I, I lost before. It definitely was a more bitter pill to swallow than other, than other uh, fights, uh, just because the, the magnitude of the event. Um, I truly believe in my heart that... Uh, it's a win. It's a winnable fight, and I just didn't. I didn't do well. I didn't do well at all. Uh, that that that's never really happened to me. I never really kind of showed up in that sort of way. So it, it was it was disheartening, definitely. But uh, like I said, I, ne- I never defined myself. I've won world titles. I lost world titles. Uh, that's just that's just how this game goes. You know, uh, you win some, you lose some. So I'm I'm more more than anything, I'm more excited to move forward. Get 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 opponent in the future and move forward and and um you know get back in the cage. And you handled it with such class. I mean, it was just amazing to see. And you said the same thing about you know not letting a loss define you. Um, I'm just curious if you have more respect now for Connor as a fighter than you did going into the fight after competing against him. I I respect everyone I fight. I'll I'll say I'll say what I have to say. Um, and I, I won't take anything back. I, I, I say things cause I believe them. I'm not, not making things up and I, I still stand by whatever I said. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, for sure. The guy, look, Conor McGregor's talented and their team, they're doing some amazing things. And, um, he, de- he definitely has some slick things, some good things that he does. And, uh, my hat's off to him. He, he, he won moving, moving forward. Okay. Um, now, I'm curious as to what they're going to do with you next. I've heard some things here or there. Thought maybe there'd be a little more clarity after Saturday. As you know, the Habib Ferguson fight did not come to fruition. But as we sit here, as we talk on this Monday morning, March 6th, do you know what's next for you yet? No, we're, we're not 100%. Um, they've kind of hinted at opponents, but not nothing I really, I really liked or got me excited. So um, I, I really want to see this fight happen. And see what happened with this fight, you know. Um, I, I don't know. Whoa. So what's going on with Khabib and Tony and, and things of that sort? You know, I, I like if if none of, if one of them guys aren't going to fight, I like to fight one of them guys. Um, we uh, I believe we we asked Nate Diaz to fight. We gotta we gotta know on that fight. So I'm trying to find fights that I can get excited about. You know. Uh huh. And and thus far they haven't presented you with anything that really excites you. 
Uh, no, not really. Not, not nothing that's that I'm going to gain from. Any, you know, just from what other guys will gain. I, I nothing that I'm really going to gain from other than um, just getting out there in a cage and fighting. And uh, so may, maybe maybe I do take take a fight if uh, if if worse comes to worse, I can't find anything. Uh huh. You don't want to be a stepping stone. Well, I'm, I'm I'm never consider myself that a fight's a fight, and yeah. every, everybody's good. But um, I want when I step inside the cage, I want there to be some sort of value, something that I can get excited about. Right. You know, um, uh, a fight a fight with a guy like Nate Diaz, or a fight like some someone who's done what I've done, who've been in the game long enough. You know, so um, trying to trying to sort of assess that now. We we should have. We should have an opponent in a day, a day or I don't think there's too much longer. I think if no one pops up, we're just going to end up taking a fight. Could you tell us who they've offered you? Um, there was a a guy from Ultimate Fighter, and then um, recent recently Dustin Dustin Poirier was another name. Which actually, a little bit I could, I, I could see myself getting excited for this fight. Mm-hmm. But um, I re- I really I really thought that um that Nate Diaz would have would have fought me. He he said a lot of stuff in Mexico. You know he looks at me funny in lobbies and shit like that. So I'm like, you know what? Worst comes to worst, Nate will definitely fight me. So I was actually shocked when they gave him a bad agreement and he said no to that. Um, I thought he'd fight me for sure. So um, I don't know what's up with him. So we're just trying to get somebody that I can get excited about. Um, so we should know we should know in a couple of days or so. Wait, so to be clear, they is gave Khabib, you. Is, Go ahead. Is Khabib fighting? Is Khabib fighting Tony? Because if not, I, I'd like to fight Tony. Um, <laughs> that's still that's honestly we don't know the answer to that question. Later on uh, this show, his manager Ali Abdelaziz is going to be on hopefully to clarify it. But uh, they on Saturday would not commit to, you know, now booking it for a fourth time. You, you know, it's been, uh, you know, three times that it got canceled. Also, we're talking to Tony in around 10 minutes from now. So hopefully we'll get some clarification, but I, I can't give you the answer to that question. Cause I don't know it. Yeah. Um, uh, but I just want to be clear about something. They gave you a bout agreement with Nate Diaz's name on it. No, no, no. We, uh, from what I hear, we, we called in, we said we wanted Nate, um, and they told us, they told us we offered Nate, we offered Nate the fight with you and, uh, we got it. We got a rejection. So, huh. um, we didn't, we didn't really pursue it any further. He said, Nate, I guess Nate's just waiting for Connor or whatever he's doing. So, um, I just don't, when I look down the roster, I don't, we really needed Khabib and Tony to shake out and a couple things to shake out in order to find somebody would be fun you know so um we should know in a couple of days or so what, what's going down because i want to fight i want to fight in may i want to fight in may 11th on that uh dallas card so um it, uh, it'll have to be somebody somebody who's willing to fight sometime in may within it, the next couple months is there a specific reason by the way it's may 13th just for the record um ufc 211 is there a specific reason why you like that card i just like the timing okay um uh, May I, I want to be able to um, enjoy a, a little bit of the summer, so um, I, I I usually fight around that time. Like that's just my schedule. 
Okay. I'll fight around that time. I'll fight a little bit again toward the end of summer. Then I, then I usually fight before the holidays. So just uh, works out good for uh, for the family. <laughs> you mentioned uh, they talked about someone from the Ultimate Fighter. Michael Chiesa has been calling you out a lot. He's been active on social media. His manager has been active on social media. He's done interviews saying he wants to fight you. Is that the guy you're referring to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> you're not too impressed. You're not too interested in fighting him. No, I, I don't, I don't want. It. There's nothing zero for me to gain in this fight. I just, uh, I lost. I did no doubt. I lost, but uh, I can't. I don't want to go that far back. I'd rather, um, you know, I, I'd rather fight a, a big name like a Nate Diaz or somebody who's done what I've done, who's put the work in that I put in and fought the guys that I fought, not a guy who hasn't fought anyone yet, you know? So, and if it's not that, at least someone exciting that the fans are excited about. Sure. You know? Do you feel like they'd be more excited? If, if it comes down to Poirier and him, do you feel like they'd be more excited about Poirier? Uh, I feel like I, on a on a in social network so far the most buzz that I've seen is a fight between me and Tony, um, and then a fight between Poirier. I don't think no one even blinked at the other at the other guy. So uh, just something that their fans are excited about. I should do like a poll. Yeah, and then you can we'll, do that if we do. A, do a poll with the um, fans, and then whoever they pick, I'll, I'll fight. Because at this point, we're not we're not we're not really given any direction or or, or a set opponent. You know that uh, just for the record, Kiesa is higher ranked than Poirier. Does that mean anything to you at this point? No, not at all. It's it's more about the name and what they bring to the table. Yeah, and stuff. The, the name, the excitement of the fight, um, and uh, yeah, people know him. I mean. When I entered the UFC, I just try to fight the the most popular guys that the UFC had. You know, like just one by one. It was the only way that people would know who I was because although I I fought all over, I was virtually unknown. So I needed to be able to fight the bigger names in the UFC in order for people to know who I am. Are you frustrated, Eddie, that you know now Connor is taking this break and he's trying to get this Mayweather fight? There's no return in sight. Do you, do, you, do you feel like, oh my gosh, it's going to be a while since I, you know, even if I win two in a row, he's taking a break and there's this queue of guys. It's going to be a while before I get into that situation in that title picture, or do you feel like it will be quicker than we think? No, I, I don't care what he's doing. Um, he's doing whatever he's doing. The UFC made an intern belt pretty quick, you know. Yeah. He got for three Four three months ago, they made an intern belt right away. So the UFC's moving on. They're not. They're not waiting for anyone. And um, I could. I don't really. I'm not concerned with what he's doing. I just need to get a, a good solid opponent in front of me and put him away, and then put me right back on the map again. I'm, I'm excited about doing that. You know what I mean? Are you surprised that they put in an interim title just three months after your fight? I was. I was. I was really surprised. I thought it was just three months, you know. Yeah, guy take three months off. But <laughs> I, I remember when I got when I got the title, I got a call like like three days later saying, "Hey, do you want to fight in five weeks?" And I'm like, "Wow, this is that's a little fast." <laughs> yeah. I didn't even 
didn't even get, I don't even think I was home yet. They're asking me to fight in five weeks. I'm like, no, I, I, I'm not fighting in five weeks. That's for sure. Yeah. So um, they, de- they definitely move quickly. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you mentioned Ferguson and, 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 and Diaz and Poirier, but you didn't mention Khabib, who you have a bit of a history with. And I think that was the guy that they tried to book you against five weeks later. Are you not interested in fighting him if that's presented to you? Uh, I think now, yeah, because he's in front of me now. Okay. So, um, <laughs> any, anybody, the the problem with the Khabib fight is the problem that happened this weekend. Like you, you yeah. almost have to book. You almost have to book. You got to make sure the UFC has someone double booked because this is the problem with with Khabib. It, you don't know, and I, I'm a guy. I, I take two and a half months out of my life. I just want to fight a guy that, you know, shows up most of the time. <laughs> right, right. Um, yep. So you don't want you don't want to cut out two and a half months out of your life and then sign on the dotted line with an opponent who mostly drops out. So that that was my biggest concern with with uh, Khabib, and it just kind of happened, you know. I remember when we visited you in, in Kensington and, and had that nice chat, um, you mentioned that the thing that, you know, you've been dreaming about the most is the million dollar fight. And I'm wondering if you got that fight as a result of Connor. Did you, did you, did you check that one off your bucket list? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's checked off. It's not, I'm not any happier of a man because of the way the fight went, but yeah, yeah that that's a bucket list check. But, um, I think what, what happened more than anything was um, I needed to set more goals. So I needed to take this time to sit back, reflect, and um, spend some time with my family, and then sit down and set set new goals, set some new goals that I can reach for and get excited about. I think I told you I was uh, setting goals, and I was checking them off one by one, and I looked down one day, and I have everything that I, that I, that I asked for, everything that I wanted. So it's time to ask for more things. Do you have those goals now, or are you are you done writing them down? Uh, I've I have them in vision, <laughs> nothing written down yet, but I have an idea of of what I want now. Could you share any of those with us? I'm gonna I'm gonna keep them in my pocket. I'll, I'll share them very soon. Okay, fair enough. Um, and just curious, because again, haven't talked to you in a while. When when uh, this association came out and Bjorn Rebney was involved, everyone thought of you and your issues with him. What was your reaction when you saw that he was going to be trying to fight for the fighter's benefits, considering your history with him? How did you react to that, to his presence with these great fighters like George St. Pierre and Kane, et cetera? Um, I, I mean, initially, initially I thought this is a terrible idea putting him in the forefront of it. But having him on the team, they couldn't have, they couldn't have found a better guy on the team to fight for the fighters because you know how like when uh when a hacker gets caught they flip him <laughs> yes because he because he know they like the hacker knows how to get in the system so the fbi teaches they tell the hacker like if you don't tell us everything you know then we're gonna lock you up i i looked at it like that same way like here's a guy who knows every which way every angle of how to how to like really damage a fighter or or their career now if you flip him on the fighter side he can do the complete opposite so i thought it was genius to find the guy who who knows all the ins and outs um 
So uh, it's good to have him on your side for sure. But I don't think it was good putting him at the forefront. His face, his face should have been more like a silent partner. But but do you trust him? I mean, there's still that trust issue, right? Uh, I don't I don't know if I trust anyone in in the world of MMA, Ariel. Okay. I, <laughs> I trust I trust my family. I trust everyone has an interest. So um, everyone has an interest. Yeah, there was a time when you didn't trust me, and then I showed up to your hometown. How about that? So maybe I fall under that category. And so, yeah, you you showed up, man. That's the thing. You showed up. Yes. You you uh, you gained my trust. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. By the way, did they reach out to you about joining? I mean, did Bjorn try to reconnect with you to uh, to join that group? <laughs> no, no, we're not. We're, we're um, cordial. I'll, I'll be cordial with Bjorn enough. I'm not joining joining any group. Do you feel like there is a you know there is a chance that a group like that can succeed? Are you interested in in looking into it? I don't know because um, I don't know enough about it. I'd be ignorant to, to form an opinion. I just from what I know, from what I hear anyway, it just seems like a lot of attorneys with their own interests in mind and not the fighters, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, the, 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 the best way for this to happen for anybody to stand up, the top three guys from each weight class would have to step up and say, I'm not fighting. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think, I think something would change if, but something serious and drastic would have to happen. Like every champion would have to say, we're not fighting. And then that really puts a stick in some things. That's not going to happen. So nothing's going to change. Mm. Uh, such a fascinating story. Um, okay, so uh, before we say goodbye, just to recap in case someone's uh, joining us late, you want to fight May 13th in Dallas. They've talked about Poirier. They've talked about Kesa. Your ideal fight would be Nate Diaz, but right now there's no real interest. You're interested in Tony Ferguson, and you're waiting to see what happens. Is that fair? That all sounds very fair. Perfect world, though, number one would be Nate. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, and I, I'm shocked, man. I'm really, I'm, I'm actually, I'm shocked. I don't know why. I think he did that amazing interview with you in Mexico. It was the funniest <laughs> interview I ever, I ever seen was when, um, after I beat his friend, he said, well, fuck you, Eddie. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. I thought for sure this guy would fight me. He was trying to actually fight you before the whole Connor thing happened. If you recall. Yeah. 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 He got a taste of money. He got a taste of that money. And now he's, now he's, uh, he changed. Wow. All right. You think he'll ever fight again? Uh, maybe Connor. Just Connor. Maybe I'll fight Connor. I think that's it. Is that weird to you? Um, is it weird? What weird did I wait for Connor? Just him, like just one. I mean, you know, fight so much, get get a big payday, and now just only really be interested in fighting one person. Yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I have conflicting feelings about it, but um, I understand. I understand his thought process. I mean, you wouldn't. I know. I I have an idea of what what he's getting paid, so it wouldn't make sense for him to take a normal paycheck. Okay. Um, to fight me, it would make sense for him to wait 10 years and possibly get the Connor fight. Yeah. 
rather than fight me and, and be impatient. It would make more sense for him to be patient. But um, so I understand the business aspect of it, which it's intelligent of him to do. But, uh, you know, eventually you got to get back in the cage. Time's a ticking, you know, right. so we'll see. All right. Uh, well, great to hear from you again, Eddie. Thank you very much for the time. And uh, keep us posted on this fight offer that you're you're expecting. Would 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 love to hear what it is. For sure, man. Okay. Thank you. All the best. Looking forward to your return. There he is, Eddie Alvarez, the former Bellator champion, the former UFC champion looking to return May 13th. Has a lot of options. Let's see what happens next for him. Okay. Can't wait for this interview. I've been dying to talk to this man. What a week it was for him. This time last week, we thought he was going to fight Khabib Nurmagomedov at UFC 209. Of course, you know by now, it did not happen. Handled it with unbelievable class. I don't know if I could have handled it that well. Uh, it was it was pretty amazing to watch. We're talking, of course, about Tony Ferguson, who is kind enough to join us on the phone right now. Tony, are you there? Yeah, buddy. I'm doing here. How you doing? I'm doing great. Really, really appreciate you joining us, Tony. Um, okay, uh, let's start. When, when did you start to feel like this was in jeopardy? When did you first catch wind that the fight was kind of maybe not going to happen? I didn't see it never crossed my mind that one time. Um, out of all the stuff that Khabib was saying, I gave respect to him. You know, I still wish he was doing great. Um, but I just think it was uh, very disrespectful and very unprofessional of what Evans Cam did, especially after all the sacrifices that I put into this fight. Um, I woke up from the sleep. I didn't feel good. I felt like shit. My, my right side of my body was hurting. The back of my back was hurting. Um, but you guys never know me to say anything or bitch about it. I still had two more pounds to lose in the morning. I, I went, I lost my weight very slowly. It sucked. Um, we went to the weigh-ins and I did my part. I weighed in, didn't show up with jeans on the scale. And uh, I, I, went home, I went back to the hotel and I was like, you know, I need, to, I need to lay down. I don't feel too good. And... I don't know from just eating or rehydrating too fast or what it was, mm-hmm. but I laid down and as soon as I woke up from a nap, literally, literally woke up from a nap and I'm looking at my wife, I'm looking at one of my managers and they're telling me that they, they sat me down like, oh shit, like somebody from my family died or something went crazy. And they said that Khabib uh, went to the hospital. So I'm like, all right, you know, like right. he went to the hospital, but like, you know, I'm still thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, you still have a fight, just relax. And then I just get wind that he, uh, not sure what happened. Nobody heard from him. And uh, he just went to the hospital and that the fight was going to be canceled. So, I mean, you tell me how you feel. Hmm. I, mean, I was in shock. I, I was just, I don't know, dude, this fucking sucks, personally. How, how, so, how did your, like uh, Dana White said that he's never seen a fighter react and understandably so to, you know, we've seen this with Cormier and Jones, but he said that you were in, in pretty bad shape. Is that accurate? Like how, how are you reacting to this news so close to the fight? I was frustrated. I was pissed. He, uh, I, you know, I, I fight for my company. I always do and which is great, you know, but I was pissed at the situation that, you know, as soon as they let me cool down, as soon as I went to UFC HQ, and I walked in there. I was very professional, uh, you know, and I, and I just, I was just like, what the hell, you know? Like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm sitting here, I have family support, you know? I've been, it's been a really crappy process, dude. It's just been a really crappy process because I wanted to give the fans exactly what they wanted, which is an amazing fight. Well, we were the people's main event. Mm. And that, that was like something I just kept hearing about over and over and over. So that's exactly what I wanted to do. And they offered me, uh, they said something about Michael Johnson. 
And I was, <laughs> for a second, it took me to process it because now we're not going backwards. This is the UFC. We, we aim to keep climbing these ranks. I broke my arm and I went back and I was like, all right, this is cool. And I did my work. I had to earn every single step of the way. This title shot, this interim title shot was not given to me, ever. This was earned. It's like literally the blood, sweat, tears, man. It was crazy. So they, they went off to me the Michael Johnson fight and it wasn't at the weight that I was at. And just a lot of frustrations going on. And, you know, it was just, it's, a, it's kind of a crappy situation, Ariel. And I hate it. It's just, it's a really shitty situation. And I would love to fight Khabib, but there's no guarantee that he's going to show up and, and make weight. He's, he's, he's eating, t I found out too that he was eating tiramisu a couple of weeks ago, like on Embedded. I'm like, what is this guy doing? Like, hmm. really? It's, uh, it's plain disrespectful. It's very unprofessional. And, and uh, my next fight needs to be a title fight. I've earned every single right of the way. I mean, there's, <laughs> I need somebody that's just guaranteed to show up. I've, I've done all my homework. I've done all my, my, made my ends meet for this fight. But, you know, if we're talking Khabib, that there's got to be some sort of guarantee or insurance for this, man. You know, but I just, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy bug that I can't squash and it's a tough pill to swallow, Ariel. And uh, my family and I, were going through like just some kind of crazy emotions right now because now it's starting to sit in. Yeah. Like when I have to fight, uh, and I'm, I'm still staying professional, dude. I still wish him good luck. I, I hope, you know, he really needed to go. I really hope that he needed to go and not watch my open workouts or did anything else and got scared because I wasn't running away. I'm not that kind of guy that's going to run away. And for a tough opponent like him, you know, I just, I was hoping to give the, the fans exactly what they want. It was a bloody ass fight because the main event sucked. I mean, I, I told everybody, bye. I thought it was going to be a great fight because these guys are, I'm fans of these dudes. But I was sitting here pissed off, at, you know, at myself in the stands watching this fight in front of me. And I can't shake it because these fans are booing, you know, but I, I, I love my fans and I, I, I think they shouldn't have booed. I mean, it was a great, you know, it was a great fight, dude. These guys are champions. You know, you, you, it's a chess match. It's not checkers. Hmm. So it's different. I don't know. It's kind of frustrating. Would you say that like, it's almost like a, um, a grieving scale where initially like you came out and you're on the mic at the weigh-ins and you're like, you know, buy the fight, all this stuff. And you, I see you at the fight and you, you know, you're kind of pumped up doing the belt thing, but now you're back home and you didn't get that release and you didn't go out and do what you left your home to do. And now like on this Monday, it kind of hits you like this whole thing really, really sucks. And, 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 and it didn't, you didn't have finality to it. Is, is that a fair way to describe how you're feeling now? I mean, I just don't get it. I mean, how can you miss weight at this level? I mean, everybody wants to blame the weight cutting, but it's not what a high-level champ does. You know, it's like I heard he was 30 pounds over, and it was crazy. It was, it's about being disciplined and doing it the right way. It really is. I, I busted my ass. I spent a lot of money to go into this entire camp. You know, to go out on the night before the fight when it can't happen, it's going to hurt me and my family financially, man. They came and offered me Johnson, which I understand, you know, it's but I wanted to whoop Michael Johnson's ass and avenge my loss. Mm. But I can't take a pay cut for and no title. It made absolutely zero sense on this one, Earl. I begged him to pay me fairly so I could whoop his ass, but they refused. Why? Why did they refuse? You know, they were already allocating that money. They were ready to pay you that money. Why did they, they sold tickets for you to fight. They sold tickets to people who wanted to see you fight. What was their reasoning behind not wanting to pay you the same amount? Uh, I'm not sure, but you know, he, Dana said that he paid me at the post fight presser. 
Yeah. And report, reports are saying that it was my show money. Yeah. But I don't know what he actually paid me. I haven't even received it yet. You know, but am I thankful that Dana wants to do the right thing? Yeah. I appreciate him for it. I, you know, I tip my hat. But I would need more insurances next time when this happens again for Khabib. You know, I'm not losing money off of his fault, even if it is a replacement. I'll fight anybody, you know, as long as it's not, I'm not punished for something, you know, that somebody else is not showing up to do. I mean, I did everything on my part, the obligations signed up. I even waited on both scales. I did everything and just, uh, I was ready, dude. And like all fighters, I budgeted my entire camp off of my show money. My wife works, so she and I saved up money to buy a home, you know, and I'm remodeling it, which is for my absolute purpose for this game, my career. Yeah. You know, this fight was going to have enough to afford this house with my payments for the year, you know, covering modeling costs for my home gym and place so I can raise my son and put food on the table. And yet here I am looking at my empty space wall with no belt. And I'm still trying to stay as humble as possible and professional. Hmm. Um, it's hard. Um, the Nevada Athletic Commission um, released the payments for the card and it said that you were going to make 250 and 250. Uh, are you able to say if that's accurate? And and if so, are you able to say what they were asking or saying that they wanted to pay you to fight Johnson if it wasn't your 250 show? You know, it wasn't what, it wasn't what I wanted. Okay. Um, they wanted to give me something, but I just, I wanted my show money. Um, I felt like at least I deserved that. Um, and the day before, man, and I'm going to take a huge pay cut, more than probably half. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's frustrating, dude. I, I want to keep saying, you know, it's frustrating, but here I am starting from the mailroom spot from the ultimate fighter with ultimate highs and lows. And there's no sad me story here. I'm going to be, I'm going to be Tony Elkakui Ferguson no matter what. I'm coming after that belt. This is this is my time. I mean, if, who else is next? I'm not going to fight anybody else next. You got to give me Connor. He needs to defend his title, or he needs to vacate it. This is this is a game that I play. But you know, I did everything up for fight week. I, I really did as much as I could, as much as my body freaking hurt and sucked, and dealing with these guys, circling my family, and it was crazy, man. A lot of BS this fight. But yet, you know, I'm glad I gained a lot of followers, and I'm glad the UFC was able to have a show. And uh, it, it sucks, but I'm not taking a pay cut. Mm. That, that blows. That blows big time. So is it is it fair to say because you said you you'll only fight for a belt next? You mentioned Connor. Unless it's the real belt against Habib, you're not interested anymore. You want to fight for you know, you don't want any interim title fights anymore. You want to fight for a real belt. Well, I want a belt that I can hold. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. If it's an interim or not, like I said, if it's real enough, if I can touch it, if I can see it, and I can look at it, and I can hold it, and my son can look at it and enjoy it, yeah, that's real enough for me. Okay. It really is. So I can't figure out if who wants to fight or sign on the dotted line. There's nobody. I'm ready to go. I'm absolutely ready to go. You know, I <laughs> this weekend was a, a, a shitty one. Yeah. Like I said, but I'm, I'm still ready to go. My body doesn't know any difference. Like I have to go and go through practice or get beat up or go through sparring or do something because if my body still feels like it's fighting Khabib and I fought, I, I prepared for 10 rounds. I, my, my camp was like nine, nine or 10 week camps. Hmm. That's how long my camp was. Um, 
so right now, you, when you're kind of sitting here, you don't know what's next yet, right? And they haven't offered, because there's been some people trying to push for you to fight on the Buffalo card in, in a month. Have they talked to you? This is what we would like to see you do. This is what we want to see you do. This is our plan for you. Do you have any idea? Well, right now, I think they're letting me cool down. Okay. You know, letting me get home to enjoy my family a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know about Khabib. They, he says he might be ready in May before Ramadan. But, you know... This is this is my stage, dude. This is my time. I met. I was ready. Everybody saw at the open workouts. I opened up a little bit. I want to show some cool different things, and I just there's just no guarantee to fight that dude. Right. You know, there's uh, he's 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 got to be able to put my family through that again. It's got to be either guaranteed belt. I, I just don't want no BS anymore. I, I I'm a fighter. I have management that does a lot of stuff, but I'm a fighter. And I fight really strong, and I fight really hard for the fans and for my for my company. And uh, regardless of who it is, I just want to be able to be compensated for my time and my efforts, man. And uh, as a fighter, especially when when I'm spending it on camp. Would you be interested in coming back and fighting on that April eighth card, or do you need some time to cool off? Oh, I told you, I'm ready to go. Okay, I mean, really, I am. Uh, like my body is ready. I'm a champion, dude. Uh, champions are made in the dark. I've said that before, but I really believe it. Um, I'm here really putting in my work and my effort. And you know me, I can shit talk if I really want to, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, it's not it's not something I want to do. It's not in my bag right now. Like I really feel that my skill set is at that, that that certain level where I haven't peaked yet. That it's elite. Like these guys don't have any idea what they're in for. Like once they get in the clinch with me, I don't know if you saw that during open workouts. I hit. I call it the specialist almost like a scissor takedown from a duck under and it's a nasty cool takedown i've been learning leg locks and i'm ready to go bro i mean i even thought about bumping up to 170 or down to 145 but those are i mean tyler woody's got 170 pounds but i knocked everybody out at 170 and at 155 i've been finishing dudes left and right and i have no problem getting bigger but as far as the future as far as mma i'm not going anywhere i'm staying here i'm strong i'm active and I still love my sport, dude. I'm just uh, sad that I didn't get to uh, go out there and demonstrate the awesomeness and eliteness that myself and my camp really, really prepared for. Literally, it was awesome. You guys were such such a great treat for it. Uh, what, what was it like, you know, knowing that I was not surprised that you were in attendance, but I, I couldn't help but think like, man, I can't imagine what's going through his mind. How difficult was it to sit in that arena knowing that, you know, around... I don't know, 9 p.m. Pacific time, you should have been in the cage fighting in this fight that everyone was so excited, people's main event, all that stuff. How are you processing that? You know, it was hard. Uh, it was it was really hard. Um, I think more than anything else, I was trying to just, just, I wanted to enjoy the fights. I wanted to make the best of it. And for that time being, just to enjoy it. Because it is about the life, the camera, the action. Once you've never been to a UFC event, it's sad. You have to, you have to go. Save up your money. Save what you got to do. You got to get to an event. You got to just take it all in and soak it in. And it's not about like who you're sitting next to or what. It's just the vibe and the aura. If you're there and you listen to the music, you're getting pumped. You're sitting there. You're looking at the stage and you're sitting there on the canvas and you're like, yeah, I want to be one of those guys. And you got NFL guys coming up to you saying that. I mean, these guys are big. And they're like, we're big fans of you. Oh, can we get a picture? <laughs> like, dude, oh yeah, dude. I'm like, look at the Super Bowl ring. I'm like, that thing's fucking crazy. That's awesome. That's eliteness. That's awesomeness. 
and they're looking for my autograph and for my for my picture, and I'm just kind of being chill, and I'm just and it kind of you know it made the sting go away. Huh. Okay. It kind of made the sting go away because you know what they were there for to watch me. They were there not not just me but Khabib. They were trying. They were there to watch a great spectacular epic battle between two of the world's best lightweights. You know, he had nine fight win streak. This dude had twenty four zero win streak. He was going to have his first loss, and I said it. And I, and I called him out during weigh-ins. I called him out during everything, and he couldn't shake me, baby. He could not shake me one time. I went through there, and I looked at him, and he like, he just, he just couldn't figure me out. Do you, he just couldn't figure me out, dude. So, is there a part of you that feels like he, he looked for a way out? Do you believe that? I don't know. I mean, he has management. I mean, management does what? They take care of you. Uh, there was processes. When I heard that there was ways to save this fight, yeah, I was a little bit more frustrated because out of all the crap that his manager talks and, and says that it was the best, and they didn't know enough to go through the UFC. Hmm. That's why I believe it's so unprofessional and just uh, just just crappy, dude. I mean, regardless if he wanted to win or lose, he was going to lose, in my opinion. Thus, uh, from all the numbers that I put in, from all the rest that I've actually took in, and just how mentally prepared for warfare I was. This guy was going to try to advance, but just like the Spartans, dude, I was going to be right there waiting for him. I, I know you said that you want some sort of assurance, you know, if you get booked again, but mentally, are you able to, you know, come to terms with the idea of going through this whole roller coaster with him again? Do you feel like, let's say they come to you and say, we want you to fight him in April or May before Ramadan. Do you feel like you can get mentally, you know, set on this or three times? The fight gets canceled for various reasons. Is it going to be a little more difficult to get up for the fight because you don't know if it's actually going to come to fruition? I don't know, but I, a little joke. I might have to hire Mike Dolce for him. <laughs> uh, it's funny that if they wanted to book it, I don't even think Jana would want to book it. Yeah. You don't know. I mean, it's, did you I, ask I have him? No idea. Like honestly, okay. honestly, like I said, I'm ready to fight the absolute next person. I, I said I was going to pick off everybody from the top 10 all the way down. And so far, so good. Yeah. So far, so good. I want Connor. Connor. Connor needs to fucking either defend or vacate. That he's next in line. Alvarez isn't. Nate Diaz. You want me to go backwards? I'm not going backwards. Like that's the defeats the whole entire purpose of being a professional. I, I've, I've done it so many times where you know I, I shaved face and I, I fought Landon Banana, which both of them, you know, credit to them, they had a badass fight. Yeah. You know, it's exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was great. The other kids stepped up. But I'm not. I'm not trying to fight freshmen, man. I'm not trying to fight incoming like sophomores. This is not how it goes. I'm a veteran in the sport now. I deserve my title shot. I deserve a top-notch opponent that's going to sit there and make weight. Not, and, you know, and give me some shit. I want that fight. I think the fans want that fight. My skills are far superior than anybody else's in this division. I believe that I'm becoming more professional, more mature. I believe that my skill sets are the same. And I believe on the fifty percent I will be future champ regardless of when and where. By the way, that just happened. just to be clear with the timeline, when you stepped on that scale for the early weigh-ins, did you not know that he had been to the hospital? I had not known anything. Wow. What I had known what I had known was uh, somebody sent me a text saying that Khabib wasn't looking good. Um but I I never really paid attention to him. I never looked at his page. I wasn't stalking him. I, I wasn't shaking one bit. I had to worry about him. 
I knew he was going to make the scale. I absolutely thought he was. I really did think that he was going to make the scale. But I felt like shit that morning. Like I said, I had two pounds to lose. My body's going through hell. Yeah, people say that he walks around at 185, not 190. I walk around around like 200 pounds. I'm 5'11". Wow. It's not easy for me to lose the weight. But it's discipline. It's being a professional and not missing weight. And that's the thing I can't get. When you have that many people looking at you to lose the weight and to, to honor your contract and to, to be there, it's a, it's a very uh, it's a hard, like I said, tough pill to swallow. And I don't know if I want to put my family through that. I really don't. But I'm always ready to fight anybody, anytime. But the assurances and, and what I have to be able to show up for is got to put my family much more in a situation of doubt what we're going to receive. You know, it's just crazy. Um, last thing, Tony, what's the game plan now? What do you do? How, how do you, what's the next step? How are you going to see what's next for you? I stay sharp. I'm going to wildcard boxing uh, this, this week. My boy Rashad Holloway is going to take me in and we're going to be sparring some professionals. Uh, I'm going to be upping my Muay Thai game at Black House. Uh, just, and as far as my jujitsu, we're going to keep choking next and cashing checks for 10 planet jujitsu. And, uh, literally I'm not falling off of this. I'm not falling off the rock. This is where I'm at. I got the ball in hand, and I'm going to keep moving forward, baby. I'm going to hit him with the switch, that like Allen Iverson. <laughs> I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep my right hand hard. Uh, these guys. I was going to hit him in the stomach so hard. So the next person I fight is going to get hit in the stomach so damn hard. They're going to have to take a knee. Literally, with the amount of bag work that I put in as far as my boxing and my kicking and movement. Oh man, I can't rob you guys of that. You guys need to see me fight soon, like real soon. I'm ready to go and I'm going to keep gearing towards you. I'm going to do a hell of a lot more sparring this fight. I only sparred like maybe one time last fight. Wow. Like that's him. it. Damn. Yeah. Um, so much respect for you, Tony. Really. Uh, you handled this really in the most impressive way possible. I don't know if many could do the same. I uh, can't imagine how difficult it was. So kudos to you on that front. I speak for everyone. So disappointed. I met a guy, by the way, at the arena. I'm there getting something to eat, main card. And he comes up to me and he goes, hey, Ariel, who do you think's going to win? Habib or Tony? And I said to him, you didn't hear the news? And this is now... Yeah like 36 hours later and he's like no I've been driving all night I said the fight's canceled the look on his face was like I just told him his dog died he was devastated I mean he was not joking he was devastated and that kind of summed it up for everyone and I can't imagine what it was like for you so kudos to you and I hope you get booked soon I hope you get what you want absolutely and I ran into a whole bunch of people that same way inside and outside of that uh, arena uh, like I said, fans stay true, stay loyal. I love you. And uh, you guys will see me soon. Thank you, Ariel, for your time. All right, there he is, Tony Ferguson. Great stuff from him. Appreciate his time. What a difficult situation. Uh, one fight that did happen on Saturday. What a phenomenal fight. It opened the pay-per-view. It was Alistair Overeem versus Mark Hunt, a rematch of a fight that happened back in 2008. Like in 2008, Overeem won. Different way this time, but equally impressive. We're talking to Alistair right now on the phone. Alistair, are you there? Ariel, I'm here. I'm... Uh... I just woke up. Oh. Still a little bit dazed. I'm still a little bit sick. Not 100% <laughs> yet. Um, but uh, I'm on the phone. You got me. Yes. I just, my girlfriend just had me to find me in the phone. Hey, you got an interview right now? I guess she's in order, on orders from my uh, management team. And uh, here I am. What? A day still. Happy. We got the victory. But days nonetheless. Well, I appreciate you joining us, especially mid-nap. Thank you, Alistair. That means a lot. Um, it was uh, quite the eventful week for you, but we didn't know. I, 
I hadn't even woke up. So you're still sleeping? Yeah, this is, well, this is not my afternoon nap. This is my... Uh, oh, this is your real nap. Uh, this is like the sleep. This is the sleep. <laughs> but aren't you in Miami right now? Yeah, I, I got in uh, this morning, but I slept on a plane too. So I okay. I'm, a bit, uh, I'm still a little bit messed up, I guess. Okay. Um, well, I, again, even more so than now that I know that I actually woke you up from your night's sleep, I, I appreciate it. Um, could you tell us when you started to feel sick? Um, all right. First of the evening, we, um, we ate some sushi. Oh, where? By the way, a very bad idea. It was in uh, Bellagio. Good, good sushi place. Okay. Because I really do my homework on that. Where to eat good sushi, good quality. Because I'm, of course, sushi uh, nut, right? 11 years Japan. Yeah. So I know uh, no good sushi from bad sushi. So did research, found this place, Bellagio. Went there with the team uh, first evening. We were done at like, I don't know, 11 p.m. Yeah. And uh, nothing going on there still. Went back to a hotel. And then uh, fell asleep. And the next morning when I woke up, I was messed up. And it kind of got worse in the day. Okay. And then, um, yeah, it got like really bad. I was, I was... You know that when you get food poisoning, you have like zero energy and you're you're kind of like, I was just lying down all day, no energy to stand even up, get out of bed. And also time went by fast. I didn't didn't even know, if if I look back, I don't even have clear memories of what I was doing that. uh, It was actually, okay, so first day we ate, Friday was the weigh-in, so Friday morning I woke up, I was all dizzy and there's not low energy, but we did have the weigh-ins. You were there? I was like... uh, yeah, yeah, and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do this way. Uh, big motivator was Mark was saying a lot of nasty stuff about me. Yeah, did you expect that? You know, like, it felt like it took you a bad, like you, you were kind of surprised. I did not expect that at all. Okay. Uh, personally, I like Mark a lot. I mean, I know the guy forever. I, okay, do I know him well? No, he's not a he's not a good friend. He's not a guy. We, we, we don't text. I don't have his number. Okay. But it was always... Okay. And every time I saw him backstage, it was okay. And, and I respect the guy tremendous. I mean, he came from K1. He's, he's doing the MMA thing now. He's, he's, he fought for adversity at several losses. He's coming back. He's, he's, you know, he's a veteran. He's an icon of the sport. I love that guy. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I was, uh, very surprised, but it pissed me off. And, um, I really wanted to fight him. Training camp was awesome. Felt really good during training camp. There was like nothing nothing bad or negative or, or sick or, or whatever. Training camp was awesome. And I really felt like hey, a fucker. I'm going to get him. Mm. And uh, but the only, only challenge was I needed to get like a little bit more into, into fit shape because Friday I was all day. I was like messed up. And even on the way into, I was like, Oh shit. Okay. Well, let me just put on my angry face. <laughs> yeah. You so did a good job. And, yeah, we did a good job, and and and, and then uh, Friday evening went to the hospital IV. They gave me some um, stuff against nauseous. They gave me some stuff against uh, diarrhea. Oh my! They gave me some, um, I think, against kidney too. But we checked everything with Usada before. Listen, we don't want to get any any trouble. We had our troubles. We right. learned from it. We're not going to go that direction anytime, anytime again. Yes. So we really did our homework. We had USADA set up of a UC set up the uh, IV. So UFC was in touch with USADA. We had a, a TUE. So we went, went there and um, 
took a couple hours, got the IV, felt kind of a little bit better. I was still very weak after the IV, but took some sleeping medication, also approved, you saw approved, slept. And then when I woke up, I was kind of better, but not really, still low energy. So again, hospital. Oh, wow. IV, yeah, yeah, that was a fight day. Wow, Saturday now. You're, so this is your second trip to the hospital. Saturday. Second trip to hospital and uh, hardly any food too. Wow! Because first I dinner and I ate a lot. That was like the good dinner. Yeah. But then Friday I I didn't eat and then Saturday I I had maybe a couple bites, a couple bites and maybe two yogurts, like really minimal. And then um, yesterday was Sunday. I also hardly ate. Yeah, yesterday I had three slices of pizza. Wow. So uh, still still messed up and I and and. But we did the fight. I, I felt kind of okay for the fight, and I really wanted to do it. Uh, especially, you know, Khabib dropped, and we had the weigh-ins, and then always after the weigh-ins, we get this motivational speech by Dana, and Dana was pissed because the Khabib fight was canceled. Right. And if that happens, then there's not going to be another cancellation. That's just how simple it is. <laughs> I, I kept the whole situation for myself. I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to make sure I'm, uh, I'm in the best shape. I, I can be, and we're just going to go for it. I have a lot of, uh, confidence in the, in the team and my training, the work I put in It's basically, um, after steeper loss, you know, that was a big fight, big loss, but I didn't stop training. I just went back to the gym and, and, improve on, 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 on several different things. And I just knew that uh, it's, this is going to be enough. I, even if I'm 70%, I can still be Mark Hunt. Um, so that's what we did. I mean, I, 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 after that second trip to the hospital, I was like, okay, fuck, we're just going to go for it. And we did. And um, wow. it to be enough. Unbelievable. What a story. When I look at the pictures, though, you can see my belly is like, I look like a fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the guy actually had abs. My, my 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 abs, my waist is actually small. But when I look at the picture, I look like a fat guy. That's fine. You won. It doesn't matter what you look like, as long as you get the W. Ah, uh, you gotta win, and you gotta win this now, right? That's, right. That's... Were you ever close in your mind to saying I can't do this? Was there was there ever a time where you thought you wouldn't make it to Saturday night? Well, um, I um, if I. I Okay, so my whole thing was I need to peak at the right moment. And I know my body very well. I know my stomach, my gut very well. Because you got to know yourself, right? You're going to know, okay, what if I do this, whatever that. 24 years of training and, and competing experience. So I knew if I do this tomorrow, because Friday was my, was my bad day and Saturday morning was my bad morning. But the fight was Saturday evening. And another good thing was I had the first fight on the card. Yeah. Right? But the first fight was seven or something. Yeah. So I had to go to the arena five. Okay. And I said, okay, if I, if, I, if I can get my body good at like four, three, four, five, six, seven, and then even seven, thirty, and then afterwards it doesn't matter. So focus on that. And I got my body right good at, at, at those hours. But uh, if my body was the same as Friday, then, uh, yeah, then it would not have been good. <laughs> have you ever in your... In your illustrious, sorry, go ahead. He wanted, especially fighting Mark Hunt. Sure, he wanted to knock. And um, yeah, we don't want that. You don't, you don't want to fight him if you're, if you're like really 
you know, I was dizzy in the head. I was nauseous, extremely low energy. I had a hard time coming off out of the bed. Didn't want to come out of the bed. Wow. You know, if you're, if you're put on your socks, it's like uh, procrastinating. Yeah, you got to put on your socks, bro. Uh, yeah, yeah, wait, wait, give me a couple of minutes. So it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. Have, have you ever in your career experienced something like this where you were battling? And, and are you sure it was food poisoning, not some kind of flu? No, it was food poisoning because uh, it was all in the gut. Okay. In the gut. And of course, I was busy and a little headache. Yeah. I had it once before, actually. I had it um, before the Ben Ravo fight. Oh, really? That was that that was a, li- uh, a little different because, okay, so that was the, the day before uh, I ate some salad, something, but I kind of felt it. I, I, okay, so I felt it good going back to the hotel after lunch. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't feel too good. I'm going to sleep. But then like in an hour, an hour and a half, I woke up and my stomach was really bad and I threw up. So that means it's coming out. Mm. This food, however, I ate it at like, uh, what was it? 10, 9, 10. And we got done at 11. And I went to the hotel. I didn't feel anything. And then the next morning at 8 in the morning, wow. I felt it. So it's already through the system. Okay. Right, you can't. If you're gonna throw up. You're not gonna throw up the food. It's already. It's already in the system. So this. This was more superior. Wow. Definitely more superior. And I'm still. I'm still knocked out by it because I'm still. Uh, girlfriend just handed me the phone. I, I have no idea where I'm. Oh wait, I'm at home in Miami. Oh, okay. <laughs> Talking to the nose. <laughs> I'm at home. <laughs> I'm sure there's nothing you'd rather do than sit here and then lie down in your bed and, and talk to me. This is the perfect cure to your. Your stomach pains. <laughs> well, if you if you if you don't set me up, we should be fine. Okay, <laughs> I never set you up, Alistair. I love you. Um, and so, in the actual fight, adrenaline, crowd, lights, camera action, all that. Do you forget about your troubles, or are you still thinking? Are you still not feeling like yourself in the actual fight? Well, I felt my stomach, and uh, again, you look at the pictures, you can see my stomach is swollen. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like I'm on the Mark Hunt diet, right? <laughs> belly you look great uh, yeah well yeah yeah well yeah my 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 belly was kind of hanging out but um no when i'm in there i focus on what i need to do um focus was extremely high again camp was great love my coaches love my sparring partners love 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 albuquerque mm. focus was high uh, you know i was ready for this fight and um we pulled through for adversity and we saw the Uber knees. I mean, those knees were something else. That must have felt good. When you finished him off, he falls down, you walk away. That must have felt so good that you weathered the storm, right? That, oh man, you did it. Even while sick, even while battling, for, you must have felt great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that result uh, comes later because uh, I ate some elbows myself. And uh, Sure. I mean, I remember the beginning of the fight, but um, yeah. Then I remember uh, being in the locker room and uh, feeling feeling very good. I was like, "Hey, I think I want to fight. <laughs> I feel great." Which which arena am I again? <laughs> the T-Mobile Arena. So yeah, it, it it turned out good. It turned out good. But uh, I would not recommend it. Uh, I would not um, hope it on anybody because it, it it sucks. Food poisoning sucks. It really takes away energy, focus. Uh, again, we 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 pulled through. I had great um, um, great advice from uh, from my team, from my uh, nutritionist teams, how to how to combat it. Um, 
and we did what we could. I know you said that, you know, you're not best friends with Mark, but you had a lot of respect for him. Now that it's over and, you know, he still said those things, do you feel differently about him? Did he, in your opinion, cross the line with his comments? Well, you know, I know that Mark Hunt is a is a devout Christian. It's not a real Christian thing of him to say those things. Uh-huh. It really is not. And even though I understand his hurdles, because uh, you know his last three fights were against guys who pissed uh, hot and this and that, but um, yeah, I don't know. He, you know, and what I think too is he should stop being negative. Mm. He's, he's being too negative. He should stop for himself. Because if you're complaining and bitching all the time, it's not good. It's not good for himself. So that's all I can say. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, he congratulated for me for social media. I read that because, uh, of course, everybody's reading everything these days. And my, dad, my my guys are coming to me. Hey, it's congratulating you for his Instagram. I appreciate that. Um, I understand his hurdles. Again, I like to be positive, really positive lately, really positive. Uh, yeah, I like it. So we're going to keep doing what we're doing, and uh, I don't have anything negative uh, against him. He uh, He's on his own battles. Uh, again, he's an icon of the sport. Love his fight style. He's, he's been through wars throughout the years. Like me, he's a, he's a K1 champ like me. Yep. So I don't know. I, I still love the guy. Okay. The guy. Wow. That's impressive. Um, so after the fight, as you know, everyone's trying to book you in the next fight. There's Nganu talk, Derek Lewis talk, all kinds of names. If you had it your way, your perfect scenario, what is it? Perfect scenario. Okay, so you have the new guys coming up, and that's yeah. um, uh, Francis. Who you took a picture uh, with, right? Did you guys take a picture after the, the press conference? Yeah, I respect him. He, um, I, I read his, one of his interviews. He really literally came out of nowhere. Mm. Immigrated to Paris and then and then you know started doing the MMA, martial mixed martial arts thing and came from out of nowhere from nowhere. Yeah, I can respect that story. His motivation is high. Um, very athletical guy too. And then there's Derek Lewis. He's doing his thing, kind of kind of funny, right? Humor, <laughs> Ronda Rousey thing, Travis thing. So he's a guy who's coming up. I could see myself fighting him. Um, but of course, of course, ideal scenario. You're asking me. JDS is fighting Stipe. Yeah. If JDS wins, the rematch is there. And I think he wants that too. Because mm. I'm I am the last guy who uh yeah. I've finished it. And then yeah. I you think, think that's possible. Want to correct. Do you think it's 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 an actual possibility that they, they would book you against them? You know, since you just fought for the belt not that long ago. Yeah, of course. Okay. Of course. Did you talk to Dana about it? He seems like Dana. Dana's a big fan of yours. I mean, I remember there was a time when you guys weren't on the best of terms, but he comes to the press conference, sits next to you. I mean, it was a nice thing to see, I have to admit. It was a very nice thing uh, of uh, of him to come to the press conference. Yeah. Uh, and again, I did not uh, tell him about the food poisoning. Wow. I no, I, did, I didn't tell anybody. It was only only my, uh, my assistant who needed to get the TUE for the, um, for the IV. And then we kind of had to tell what was going on. But other than that, we were not saying anything. And I would I didn't even tell my coaches. Wow. Because, uh, um, I don't know, I, I, it just never occurred to me, hey, we're going to cancel this fight. And then uh, on top of that, the Khabib thing happened. And then that was impossible because then it would affect the card. And uh, we all know the show must go on, right? The, the, the Khabib 
fight, Tony Ferguson fight not happening is a big loss already. So um, we had to we had to step it up and we had to uh, we had to do it. Wow, what a story! Unbelievable. So if Dana didn't come to the press conference, would you not have told the media about this? Would you have just pretended this didn't happen? Um. Yeah. Correct. I would uh, not have. Uh, I would not have uh, told you. Uh, I mean, it happened in the Ben Rafa fight too. I, I didn't. Uh, yeah. I didn't tell anyone. That. Amazing. What I have so much respect for that performance. I mean, it was a great. I thought it was one of your best in the UFC. Would you agree? Kind of weird. Yeah, it was a good performance. Yeah. Um, but um, it, it, to me personally, it could have been a little bit better. Sooner okay. finish. Sure. Mark Hunt is a very tough guy, but I was uh, the flow was there, techniques were there, the, yeah. the, the, the power, everything was there. So to me, it could have been a little bit of faster finish. But um, yeah, on to the next one. And also, you kind of sorry. Go ahead. On to the next one and perform even better. Then you kind of exercise. I interrupted you again. My apologies. Yeah, on to the next one. Yeah, we're gonna do even better, and we're gonna no more sushi. No more sushi. <laughs> um, and and you exercise the demons in Las Vegas because the last time you fought there was against Bigfoot. Now you get to have positive memories. I know you had the Brock Lesnar fight, but your last—it's been a while since you fought in Las Vegas. It's been a while. I fought in Las Vegas. Uh, it was a little bit by chance too. I found it a little bit uh, bad luck. Um, but then visiting UFC 200, I was in the T-Mobile Arena as a yeah, as a fighter supporting the event as a guest, special guest, and I just loved the arena. I just had something special to me. Uh, I, I once had this before, and that was in uh, Saitama Super Arena. I don't know if you've been there. Yes, I had that very special feeling from the first time I was there. And the first time I was there, I think, was 2001 or 2002. Uh, just loved it over there. And um, okay, what happened there? I had my great victories. I think I beat Eagle uh, Fofchenchen there. I uh, I had huge losses too. I got my ass kicked a couple of times in, in Pride. I think against uh, Little Mog and Ricardo Rona, kicked my kicked my butt. But I came back. I uh, I beat Badahari, K1 rules. That was a huge fight. I mean, millions, if not billions, of the world saw that. And then I finished my uh, career there, my my fighting. I, I might still even fight over for the UFC, but I finished there, winning the Dream Heavyweight Championship belt versus um, got his name, but it was nice. Todd Duffy. Fun action, Todd Duffy. Yeah. And that was my last fight there. And the the weird thing was when I walked in that arena, two thousand and one, I always had a special feeling with that arena. I was like, hey, something is gonna go down there, and. Wow. It all did. I mean, up, downs, but we finished strong. We we got the dream and went to the championship, and uh, very, very proud, very happy that I that I uh, that I fought there. And but the special feeling I had from that arena was always there, and I kind of have similar feeling about this T-Mobile uh, arena thing. Wow, what a great story! This has been this has been one of my favorite interviews with you, Alistair. It's so nice. No accusations eh, so far. <laughs> What'd you say? We're keeping up. Yeah. We're keeping up. People thought that we had an issue last week. I don't know what they're talking about. Always trying to create drama. This has been very pleasant. I'm so happy um, you know, to hear that you were able to overcome all of this and actually fight and then look great. Can't imagine how you would have looked if you didn't go through all of that 24 hours prior, but it kind of adds to your aura 
and to your story. So congratulations. It's great to see The Ream is back, the documentary series. I saw the guy filming. We did a little quick interview as well. Always have time for The Ream. And the, the last two episodes have been great as well. So everything's good. You're back on track. You're in Miami. Enjoy the sun, the vitamin D. It's good to be you. And of course, your birthday is coming up in just a couple of months. So life is good for The Ream. Birthday's coming up, May 17. Uh, my little daughter, Jazz, just turned uh, one. Wow. Monday. Happy birthday. Yeah, very happy. She's so funny. She's so energetic. She's uh, she's so cute. But uh, another big news, we got uh, another one coming. Oh. We're going to find out this, this wow. week if it's a very girl. Uh, my girlfriend is uh, halfway in. She's four and a half months in now. So. Wow. Mazel tov. Muzzle tough, muzzle tough. Thank you. Yes, that's great. That's so, great news. A lot of good developments, and, that, and that's what I mean. Keep things positive. I mean, and I understand um, the whole Mark Hunt thing. And sometimes you you go over a negative stretch, but you always got to keep it positive, man. About the Ream, uh, started with the Ream new crew. I'm very, very, very happy with the new uh, team doing it. They're they're very motivated. The quality is up a couple of notches. We we switched to color. Hmm. Um, okay, so we did, did two episodes now. You can check it out at alistaoverham.com. Yep. And they go to doc. I'm going to, I'm going to redo my website because the website is a little bit old now, but, um, uh, um, the documentary is top notch. It's great. It's cool. And it's a, it's a new, fresh wind. It's a new style. It's fresh. It's different. Yeah. And uh, we're going to do, uh, Faster pace of episodes. Going to be a little bit shorter, maybe. Okay. So we're going to 20, 30 minutes, maybe 35 minutes. But we're going to do many more. So like every two or three weeks, we're going to come with either an item or an episode. Um, because it's a, it's, a, it's exciting. I mean, listen, I'm not a big fan of myself. And especially I hate it when I hear myself talk. Oh, my God. I'm like, please, <laughs> down the volume. But um, the, story is, the story is cool. The story is taking you literally Holland, Amsterdam, Dubai, Thailand, Japan, the K1, right? The K1 days, Pride. Yeah. Um, no, we don't have Pride in the online series, but we have it in the first movie. Yeah. Which I'm also going to do something with it at, at some point. Uh, of course, US, Strike Force is in there. Uh, and now UFC. And it's been a tremendous adventure. And um, come check it out. I'll docu. Watch one episode. You're going to watch them all and then you're a fan. You have been warned. I agree. I've called it the best series in MMA. I love it. I'm happy it's back. And I'm looking forward to the episode about this past crazy week in Las Vegas. Alistair, appreciate the time. Enjoy your time off. Enjoy your rest. Again, thank you so much for waking up for us. I can't thank you enough. And most importantly, again, congratulations to you and your and your wife on, on the upcoming baby. That's amazing. Yes, Ariel. Thanks for your time. Much love. There he is. Alistair Overham joining us. Big win for him against Mark Hunt last week in Las Vegas this past Saturday night. Okay, the big news last week, of course, the return of GSP. It is official. He's fighting Michael Bisping. They had the press conference. Bisping was late. What a scene it was. And he is so kind enough to join us. We've been through this journey with GSP. He came on the show back in June and said he's coming back. Then in November, he told us that he was a free agent. And now he's back. What an amazing thrill. He's on the phone right now. George St. Pierre. George, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you, Ariel? Good? Amazing. I am so happy to hear from you. I'm so happy that you're back. I said at the top of our show, just seeing you there amidst all the craziness with Habib and Tony, it was like a ray of sunshine, the return of George. And when I saw you walk into the cage, that video, and you bowed and you ran around, that gave me goosebumps. What was it like for you 
now you're back. You signed the deal, everything. You've got your fight. When you walked back into the cage for the first time, what was going through your mind? Uh, it was amazing. I mean, it's glad, glad to be back. It has ups and downs. It's been a year now that I really wanted it. And um, yeah, I stopped. I lost hope after the the, Montre- the, the Toronto show. I lost hope, but now uh, we modify some some uh, stuff in our approach and negotiation, and it works. It works well. Unbelievable. So to me, it, it felt like okay. You, I remember you were on this show. And then you you flew to Las Vegas, right? And you met with Dana, and then you met with Ari Emanuel two days later. When you sat down for those two meetings, and I know the first time Ali Abdelaziz was there, and the second time as well when you went to New York, did you think you had it done for Toronto, or or was it still a long shot in your mind? No, no. After that two meeting, it was it was bad. No, it was oh. not good. No. I mean, it was a good initiative to to meet with Dana because we made peace, and the. Re- the fact that I went to meet with Dana put our relation in a good way because we were only talking through social media and through, uh, uh, through interviews to each other in a way. We were answering to each other. So the fact that we met face to face was a good thing. Uh, it was actually like uh, pretty, pretty cool. And we, we, we 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 really uh, told each other what was what was what, and uh, it was it was cool. Then then I, then after my agent was able to get in touch with Dana and, and uh, Nick Khan was able to do the job, you know. I mean, so and, and then when you did the announcement for the association, a lot of people thought, okay, that's it. It's never going to happen. This is kind of you know our sign that George is not coming back. Did you think the same? Did you think that there was zero chance of you returning? No, I always had, I didn't see the association as me not coming back. I see the association as something that could work with UFC for the benefit of the fighter. I, I, and I still believe it as, as it is uh, today. You know, I don't think it's a bad thing for UFC. I think in, in the long run, it would be a good thing. I, I believe a fighter need to upgrade their, uh, their, their status, you know, um, the thing too is UFC. It's a business, you know, and and of course a lot of fighters sometimes they're they're not very well represented, and they 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 sign bad deals. It's not also the UFC's fault if they sign bad bad deals. Sometimes it's because they 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 they, they do the wrong choice themselves. You know, it's like if you're in business and, and the guy is ready to sign for peanuts, it's that that's not necessarily the UFC's fault. Sometimes it's the fighter's fault. So it's I think it's up to the fighters to, to take the initiative for themselves as well, you know? It goes both ways. So you're I think the, the association can be positive for both sides. You're still committed to the association, even though you're back, correct? Well, I, I, a lot of guys are, 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 are fighting, and they're still part of the association, you know? Yeah. One thing that I am not, I am not a coward. And it's not because I, I am back in UFC that I'm gonna throw all these guys that that that, that had the courage to step up with me, and I'm I'm gonna let them down. I'm not like that, you know. I I, I stand. I said what I what I said was true, you know. What I believe, I believe they they some of the fighters they don't have their fair share of the pie, and I still do believe it. And it's up to them if I fought for it for myself, and I and I and I have it. But it's up to the fighter also to stand up and to do it for themselves, you know? Yeah, of course. Um, so as the story goes, 
Freddie Roach and and Nick Khan of CAA sit down with Dana White once and then a second time. Now that the deal is done, is it the deal that you were looking for originally? Do you have a better deal? Did you have to make concessions? How happy are you with the deal that you signed? Well, I'm going to tell you exactly. Please. To tell you the truth how it is. It's not exactly what we want. It's a little bit below what we really wanted at the beginning. But for the UFC, it's more than they were. That's what they said. It's more than what they were ready to give me. So we're both unhappy in a way, which is the middle ground right. line. And I guess it's a good thing. It's like a settlement in court, right? If both parties are, are unhappy, I guess, it's a good, I guess it's a good thing. Right. right. That's usually the best kind of deal as far as the outsiders are concerned. You, you can. You, that's how it is. You know, it's like, it, it's, it, it, that's how it is, you know. So, and also the love for the sport. And I'm, I'm very, I was excited. I wanted to be back that, uh, the emotional side of it make me uh, go for for we accept the deal, you know. And I don't regret it, and I'm happy. I'm happy with what I do, you know. And it's, if it's if I, if you ask me what if it's what we want originally, no, it's not. It's a little bit uh, below, but it's still very good money. It's still uh, it's still very close, and it, it, it's apparently higher than what they were ready to give me. So, like I said, it were we both made concession on each part. Not only on one side, on both sides, and that's why the deal was made, you know? When when you agreed to the deal, did you say to them, I'm coming back because I want to fight Michael Bisping first, or did they come to you with the idea? I know you've been interested in fighting him dating back to last year, but did you pitch them the idea of Bisping, or did they come to you and say, okay, now's the right time for this fight? Well, the, the, it was for only for a four-fight contract and and uh, the idea of this thing came uh, before because first i was texting with tyron woodley if you remember when yes. it happened and, yes. and woodley made the text public you know that i text with him you know that we, if he texted me if i was uh, interested to fight him and i said yes and then he then he he said let's do it i said yeah let's do it but i need to make sure my you know my contract is up because i don't have a contract right now and then uh, this fight did not happen. Wonder Boy fought, was scheduled to fight uh, Woodley. And Wonder Boy, I'm a very good friend for Wonder Boy, so I was very happy. I, I, I have no desire at the point of my career that I am right now to fight a friend. And I don't, I'm not jealous for my friend. And, and I, as I said, I was very happy for him to have the opportunity to fight for the World Hawaii title. And uh, this thing surprised everybody. The way he won the the title, he, he show a lot of courage. He step up on a short notice fight, knock out Luke Rockhold, and, and also uh, the way it was made, it was very inspirational for me. Uh, Michael Bisping has been very outspoken for performance enhancing drug, like I like I am. Uh, most of his loss come from guys that have been taking performance enhancing drugs, and um, also. Uh, He's, he's the kind of fighter, he's very inspiring because he's a very hard worker. He's not the kind of fighter that only rely on his natural gift, on his natural talent and his elegancy. Because those kind of fighters sometimes when they, they fight that, that way, when they crack, they crack and, and never come back the same. Michael has been brought down before in the past, many times, and every time he stood up and came back stronger at every time. Mm. So these kind of fighters are like the worst nightmare guys that you can fight, you know? As much as inspiring it is 
for me to fight him, and, and, and I'm glad because he's going to make good money, and I think Michael deserves it, and I deserve it. I think it's it's a very, very, it's the most dangerous fight that I've took in, in my entire time, career. Yeah, because you haven't fought at 185, and, and I asked you about this, I asked you about this at the presser on, on, on Friday, about in the past you've said if you go up to 185, you're going to stay there, but is it fair to say that you're 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 now changing your mind? You you may go back down to 170, maybe even 155 in the future. You're not just because you're fighting at 185 doesn't mean you're going to finish your career at 185. Or am I wrong? Uh, I am. I, I walk around 185, 190 pounds. Wow. Uh, I'm gonna fight at 185 uh, right now. I know some some even some guys that fight at 155 walk around off season at bigger weight than I am. Um, I can possibly fight in those three divisions, but I, I'm back for one reason. I want to make history. I'm 30. I'm going to be 36 years old when I'm going to fight. And I don't, it, it, it's all going to depend of what's going to happen and how it's going to happen. Between us also, I have no desire to fight until I'm 40 something years old. Mm-hmm. So these are my last few fights that I'm going to do. And I want to pick them very carefully. And when I say carefully, I say that I want to make the biggest, biggest fight as possible. The fight that's going to cement my legacy as the best of all time. And that's what I want to do. I want to make history. And maybe I'm going to fail. But at least if I fail, I'm going to have no regret when I'm going to be 50 years old. Because I know I'm in, I'm on, I'm in my prime right now. And I'm, and I'm at my best. I want to prove. I want to prove it to the world, and I'm very confident I am going to be able to achieve it. So it it all depends what's going to happen. I don't know who's stuck. Gonna who's fighters stuck? Gonna be the highest after that fight, mm. and it's going to depend of of uh, what is going to happen. Like I said, and how it's going to happen. Is there a part of you that feels bad for you all, Romero, who was supposed to get the title shot and now isn't? Yes, it's true. Uh, the, when something make, uh, when an opportunity is create to make someone happy, it makes some time in, in, in our sport someone sad and angry. Um, but what I can say is this uh, for you all. Uh, and the same thing happened to Damian Maya, Khabib Nurmagomedov, and it happened to me in the past. I know because when I wanted to fight Matt Hughes the second time be, have my rematch, I had to wait five fights. Hmm. Dave Strasser, uh, Jason Miller, um, Sean Sharp, Frank Triggs, BJ Penn. So I had to go through. So it, this is not a unique situation. It happened many times in the past. And unfortunately, now Yoel is in this situation. Uh, and and, and I, I know it, it, it's bad, but what I can say is, is this. Uh, I, I'm a big uh, pay-per-view. I draw a lot of pay-per-view. And, and I think the fact that I'm going at 185 is going to bring a lot of attention on, uh, on the 185ers. Uh, weight class mm. and I think it could be in, in, in a positive thing in, in, in the future um, so you get to the press conference and Michael is late did you feel like it was deja vu from the Nick Diaz press conference did you start to get worried about where he is and then he shows up and you know he's a little bit I guess uh, maybe intoxicated and it seemed to me like you were a bit surprised by some of the things that he said were you in hindsight bothered do you feel like he crossed the line well, I, he, he cut me off guard a little bit. I didn't see him coming. I thought he, he would be absent of that press conference when when it first started and he wasn't there. And he started yelling at me. 
You know, there, there's a lot of guys that are very good trash talker in this game. Uh, Conor McGregor is one. Charles Sonnen is one. He's an expert. And I always feel like I cannot get, get into a war of word with these guys because first, English is not my first language. And I'm just not good at trash talk. I'm, I'm, I do my talking in, in, the, in the fight. I, I, I'm, not good. I'm not a good talker. I'm a good fighter. But what I can say is this. I, I, don't, I do not believe Michael Bisping is a good trash talker. I believe the best thing he did for me was to talk because he, he embarrassed himself I, 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 every time he opened his mouth, you know. So he did, he, he did the job for me. I didn't even have to say anything. Everything was saying. It didn't make any sense of all the stuff that he was saying. Like, I, I'm only an athlete. I'm not a fighter and this. Like, all the stuff that he said, I didn't take it personal because I – I do not care about what he does. I care about what I'm going to do to him, and I care about me and not about him. When you squared off with him, what did he say to you, and did he smell like alcohol? <laughs> he did smell like alcohol. I think, I think Vegas got the best of him. <laughs> did he, what did he say to you when you guys were squaring off? Well, we, we some like stupid stuff, like nonsense, like, oh, I mean, you're... Like you're small, uh, I'm gonna beat you. But and I said something like, "Yeah, you might be tall, but you're gonna fall. You're gonna you're gonna fall from high, <laughs> like BS stuff." You okay. Know? Like, I, I'm just not good at talking, Ariel. I choose my fight. I pick my fight carefully because I, I, it's not my thing. It's not my first language. And he's, you know, if I get into a war of word, I, it's not my thing. You know what I mean? And even though, he, but, but he's not a good trash talker, Ariel. He, he's, he's terrible at it. The more he talks, the more he embarrasses himself and the more he looks bad. So I, I, the best thing he could do for me is, is keep trash talking. He, he makes me look good. Every time he, 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 he's open his mouth, he makes me look better. Can you clear up the timeline for us? Because Dana White said that the perfect time frame would be around July for this fight, International Fight Week, July 8th. But I continue to be told September, October makes more sense and is what you're shooting for. Can you tell us when you think this fight will happen? Yeah, yes. We'll be, we'll be after the summer. We'll be after the summer, uh, Ariel. Okay. So what are you, is September, October around the time frame you're thinking? I, 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 know, I, know, I know it will be after July. This is for sure. I can't tell you exactly when. Okay. Uh, because a lot of things I need to do. And... and uh, uh, for the infrastructure and everything, it will be it will be after the summer. That's for sure. And is it true that you well, once you thought that you wouldn't get a deal done, you withdrew from USADA? So now you have to do the whole four months all over again, right? Exactly, uh, because you know it, it didn't have any point for me to be in USADA system if I if I'm not fighting. So I, I I got out of it, and now I have to now I'm I have to be back in the USADA and do the. The, te- the prior competition testing, and it takes time, yes. Okay. And and another thing that was a big topic of discussion at the press conference was your plan. He tried to get you to tell us your plan. You didn't want to say it, and I respect that, but I have to try here on your favorite show. It's just us talking. What is your plan? Can you tell us what your plan is? Yeah, yeah. I can, I can tell you. Oh. But, but like, like, I just, like I said, look, I... I it depends of what's going to happen and how it's going to happen. Okay. And it also depends of the environment around me. What's going to happen in the environment around me? Who will be next? Who will be the next big thing? Who will be the man that, if I beat, it will cement my legacy to be the best of all time? Who, who would it be? Will 
the man that will have the, the highest stock. You know, who will mm. be the man? That, what, what would be my next move to, to, be, to do something that would not be seen before? But that's, that's going to depend. So I, we don't know. We can have an idea or speculate, but we don't know. Oh, but in your mind, like if you, if you're a guy who likes to plan things out and, and, and I know we're March and you might fight September or whatever, but do you say in your mind, okay, if everything goes to plan after Bisping, this guy's going to be next and this guy, have you thought of it like that? Uh, yeah, I made a lot of scenario in my mind, but scenario, what I've been, what I've learned in the past is I used to overthink stuff. That was one of my problems when I was fighting. Even I had problems sometimes to I had problems to pull the trigger sometimes because I was overthinking stuff. When you overthink stuff, it doesn't happen. It never happens the same way you want. So it's it depends on what's gonna happen. What will be the the next big thing for me? Who will be the the man to beat? We'll see. Okay. By the way, I think Michael Bisping is is watching our interview right now because he's tweeting to us and you. And he just tweeted this. He said, George said I made him look good by talking. Dressed like a substitute teacher, it's impossible to look good. That's what he just tweeted. <laughs> well, he's, he, I don't understand how come, he, um, how come he's, a, he's such a very angry person, you know? For a man that, that had the, the opportunity and I have like everything he have in life, he, he should be happy and he should enjoy it the time that I will last because... When I'm going to step in the cage with him, he, he's, he's going to lose everything, unfortunately for him. Wow. Okay. And, and by the way, is it fair to say that you're only thinking about these four fights? Like you signed a four-fight contract. Is it possible that there will just be four more fights and that's it? Or would you be open, if everything goes well, of course, to signing another one? Of course. It's a possibility for me to sign another one. But I have no desire to stay in the sport too long, to become a punching bag for the younger up-and-comer. Okay, okay, I understand. I'm in my prime right now. I'm in my prime. I will see how long it will last. I ride, I ride the wave because I feel I'm on the top. But when I'm going to feel, either in a fight or in training, that I'm, I'm going down a little bit and I feel like my time is up, I'm going to get out. This is a game, this is a sport, Ariel, and this is, I'm going to say that for all the fighters, the younger guys that are listening to me, that are, that, are, that are watching this. This is a sport that you get in, you do your thing, and you get out fast. Mm. I mean, when I say fast, you get out before you, re you reach, before you reach the, the curve down. Because this is not a game. This is like a sport that you can hurt yourself. Every, every time you step in the cage, you can die. You can you can have very very bad uh, damage and unrepair unrepairable uh, sequel for uh, sequels of, of of the of what can happen. Sure. Um, two last questions. I want to live old. I want to live sure. healthy, wealthy, and it's the most important thing for me. And right now I'm in my prime. I got I got maybe a few years ahead of me. I'm very happy, and I want to make the best out of it. Great to hear. Um, I have two last questions for you. A lot of people are wondering about your your sponsorships, and it was fascinating to see you in the Reebok outfit when they showed you on Embedded. Um, what, what? How did you get around that? And will you be able to wear any of you know Under Armour or whatever when you fight um, later on this year? 
Well, what's going to happen is going to be a little bit, uh, this is like stuff that I, you know, I don't want to say something wrong, but, but I believe it will be a little bit like Tom Brady, for example, in the NFL. He, he, when he's in the NFL, he's wearing Nike. Uh-huh. But when he's outside, he's with Under Armour. Okay. A little bit. It's gonna be a little bit like the NFL uh, deal, probably. Okay. I mean, I'm under. I'm still. A, I'm a Under Armour guy, uh, and I am for a very long time. They support me for for a very long time, and I'm proud to be with that brand, and I'm very happy to be with that brand. But when you fight, you will wear the the typical Reebok outfit, correct? Yes. Okay. And uh, last thing. Can you compare this George St. Pierre, March 6, 2017, to the one right after UFC 167 when you said you needed a break? What's the biggest difference between this George and the one from three and a half years ago in terms of how you feel, you know, how, how, your, how your, your mental state is, your physical state? How can you compare the two? Physically, I'm in my prime. Uh, emotionally and mentally, I'm, I'm glad, I'm happy, I love what I do. This break was rejuvenated. I'm, 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 I'll be more opportunistic, pull it, ready to pull the trigger, more aggressive, and with a lot more tools and knowledge and wisdom in a fight. Okay. Wow. That is great. Sorry, George. One last question. Do you have any desire of being a welterweight champion again because that was your division for so long? Or do you view that division as been there, done that? I need a new challenge after the 185 title fight, that is. Well, if if everything goes well and and... and and the guy who will be the, the man to beat. Uh, but there, there's, a, there's a guy in the welterweight division that I see to me hmm. that I, I, if I have to make a prediction, I believe he will be the champion. I don't like to, to see past thing, but I, I, I think as he is right now, uh, Damian Meyer is like very, very skilled. I see him as a very big threat right now for uh, the title. I, I think he's going to win over Majival, Mad- and yeah. I think he's going to win over Woodley if he fights. Uh, uh, I see, and he's very, he's older, and he's in his prime right now. He, I think he reached the perfect timing in between physical, uh, mental, and in, in, in his game. You know, I think he's like, he's just so good at what he does. He, He's, he's like a blade, you know, of, of, a, of, of a katana. You know, I think his blade is very sharp right now. It's per- perfectly polished. And he's, 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 he's going to be very hard to stop right now. And, and if he becomes champion, you're interested in fighting him, that is? Well, it could be him, could be another guy. I, I'm just saying that as I see him right now, the way he fights, man, he, he finished Carlos Condit. Nobody has ever done that. Yeah. Like the way he finished Carlos Condit, I was, I was shocked. I was like, "Oh my God, what the hell is this?" <laughs> I, I was, and he still doesn't have a title shot. Like, I was like, I was shocked. Like, he did something that never been done before. And and I remember Carlos Condit when he fought Robbie Lawler. I gave the fight. I thought I thought in, uh, Condit was going to win the decision. So for me, it was like, wow. I, I was shocked the way Damon Meyer been performing late, lately. It's just amazing. Woodley did a great job too. Uh, I saw the fight this weekend, Wonder Boy and Woodley. Yeah. Uh, w- the way I score it, I, I thought Wonder Boy won three of the fifth of the five round. Uh-huh. But the round that have been won with uh, the most decisively is uh, Tyron Woodley. So the decision I could go maybe either either way depending how you see the fight. You know. Right. Yeah. Very close fight and maybe a ten eight in the fifth. Uh, very debatable, but I agree. Very very close. Uh, George, I can't thank you enough. You have no idea how much it means to us that you come back on the show time and again. And it is so great 
to see you back. It was such a, the timing was so perfect after the bad news that morning with Habib and Ferguson to see you back. Uh, it was just, I mean, they couldn't have scripted it better. So on behalf of everyone, welcome back. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for being you. Looking forward to your return and looking forward to talking to you next. But again, thank you so much for giving us some time. It, uh, it really means a lot. Merci. Perfect. And I'm going to say, I know, I know Bisping is texting right now, so it's perfect for me. I'm going to let him focus on the trash talk and all that BS stuff that he's trying to do. And me, I'm going to focus on, be, on beating him up. So it's perfect. So as, as, as much as his mind is at the point uh, uh, somewhere where he cannot focus on the right thing, it's perfect. Yeah, he's, he's never let my, I never interrupt my enemy when he's doing mistake. That's, Fantastic. He's texting me right now. He's he's texting me as we speak some more stuff. You want to hear what he just said? Absolutely. He said, so he wants easy fights. Me because he thinks I'm easy and then Maya, not Woodley. Then let me guess, Connor at 170. No, nah, no, nah, easy. Anyway, I, it's, I, whatever. He, he's got maybe the, the, the complex. I think he has a complex he, he, because he's been... People doubt him along uh, for all his life. I think he has a mental complex. That's why he's thinking like that. But anyway, okay. it doesn't matter because when, when I'm gonna fight him, he's gonna he's gonna see the the, the difference. He's gonna see the difference of level between him and I. We're gonna you're gonna see the difference. Can't wait, George. Thank you so much. Good luck in training. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. All right, there he is, George Saint Pierre. How are you not excited for this now? Come on, they're gonna take care of you. Well, they said it. Come on, this is fun. This is fun. I'm a sucker for this stuff. Bisping, tweeting, texting, fired up George St. Pierre. This is all very fun. But you heard it after July, like I've been telling you. All right, we'll see what happens. Tremendous stuff there. Welcome back, George St. Pierre. Very excited to see him back. And uh, and I'm excited. Call me whatever you want. I'm excited. One guy who I know is excited as well is our next guest, Ali Abdelaziz. He's been a part of the journey with George St. Pierre since dating back to the Jackson Wink days. He's been very, and like I said, he was at that uh, that that initial meeting in Las Vegas with the, with Dana White, Ari Emanuel, a real mover and shaker. He joins us right now, not to talk about George St. Pierre, but to talk about his guy Habib Nurmagomedov. It was uh, a very interesting week for them. He joins us via the Magic of Skype. There he is, right there, Ali Abdelaziz, joining us from Las Vegas. Ali, how are you? I'm good, Arya. What's going on? How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for joining us. Um, you've been around this fight game for a long time. Um, I know how much Habib means to you. How would you characterize last week in terms of how difficult it was to be that close to the big fight, the title fight, and then to see him get sick and not be able to fight? How, how, did, you, how did you handle it all? Uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, I'm heartbroken. Habib's heartbroken. His father's heartbroken. We all are, but one thing we cannot control, physics, you know, or, or how your body feels, you know. Uh, and uh, everything was on track. Khabib, for the first time ever, was injury-free, great training camp, weight on. Normally, Khabib had five pounds or four and a half pounds the day before. He was good. And just uh, when, when, when Habib tore his ACL, he was in the hospital, he was smiling. When he tore his meniscus, he was smiling. When he broke his rib, he was smiling. I was sleeping in the same room as him, or right next to him, and, uh, and they said, and I went in the room, and he, he was in so much pain, you know? And, and I never, you know, the, the guy, he doesn't even have face expression sometimes. You know, he's so tough, 
But when something like that happened, uh, we can't control, you know. Uh, you know, it's just uh, my heart, I go out to the fan because, you know, you know, Woodley and there was a main event, but the really main event, everybody was looking for Habib and Tony Fight. This mm. is what everybody looking. He checked the numbers, he checked the countdown, yeah. everything, the child videos. And, um, and I, I was in shock when I see him, in the, you know, because I never imagined Khabib to be in pain. I, I don't know why, but I finally realized he's a human, you know. I, I finally realized he's a human just like us because not, nothing affects this kid, you know. When did he start to complain about pain? Like we get, we did the last week cut, uh, we, we were starting Woodley in the gym, uh, you know. Uh, he always have a tough tough night. The, the night before is always tough, you know. Tyrone Woodley was cutting weight. He was cutting weight. Take a shower. Went back to the hotel. Normally we're supposed to get get back up at six o'clock in the morning and start cutting the weight. But at three forty five in the morning, this is when I went to the room. I was right next to the room. My room is next to his room, and uh, he was in so much pain and after that i panicked because he's not just somebody i manage this is my little brother you know mm. uh, and you know and uh, i have a different relationship with all the guys i fight i manage because if i can be your friend or can be like brothers we can work together you know and he's very special with me he lived in my home you know my kids you know my wife he's the, he's like frankie edgar to me you know mm. he's, he's this close and everybody know how me and frankie are close um and i was just uh I panicked, uh, I, and the first thing I wanted to do, I want to help him. I want to, to bring some care to him. I, I thought about calling the 911, but I thought, listen, he's, we can pick him up. We really picked him up. We held him by his arms. He couldn't even walk. Put him in my car, uh, drove straight to the hospital. You know, um, uh, on the way to the hospital, I tried to get a hold of the UFC. It was 4 o'clock in the morning by the time I got to the car. You know, normally... For the last eight, nine, eight years, I work in the UFC. If any injury, anything happened, you call two people, the matchmaker and Dana White. And I did both. But of course, at four o'clock in the morning, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know who to call, you know, and this is the protocol, mm. you know. I know Dana come out and I said, I should have called the UFC doctor or I called Brianna, but I never did this before. And you know what? Dana's right. I wish I called Dr. Davidson because we went to this uh, Sunrise Hospital and we was there for almost seven hours. Wow. And they treated us so poorly. And now, you know, I got a little offended with Dan I was talking. He's right. You know, if we called the, the, the UFC doctor, but I never did before, I didn't know I was supposed to call him, we probably got treated like kings, you know, because, you know, yeah. he's the emergency doctor. You know, he controlled a lot of the stuff at the other uh, hospital. But I, you know, listen, I, I don't know if this fight can be saved or maybe can be saved if we went to a different hospital. But the first thing they wanted to do was Khabib, like Dana said, they want to stick him with an IV. Yeah. Me and the doctor was fighting with Khabib to put an IV in him. He fought for almost an hour and a half. And finally, he just, the pain was so great. Uh, he just got an IV with some uh, medication in it, you know, and, uh, and we all submitted. Now, now he waited probably back to 165 or so. Is you know, is no way this fight happened. But maybe if I call Doctor Davison, maybe if I call Brianna, maybe if I, you know, 
maybe if they answer, you know, they answer the phone, but he, you know, it's four o'clock in the morning, you know, you know, he's, he's, he's not going to answer. He's sleeping. People are sleeping. And I don't know if Dr. Davidson will answer. Probably he would have because he worked at night shift in an yeah. emergency. But, you know, listen, I, uh, you know, I, you know, I, it, it just it was very, very one of the worst week of my career as a manager to see a friend going through this pain and suffering. And, 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 and listen, I, I, did I feel sorry for the fan? Yes. Did I feel sorry for Tony? Yes, but not really after I heard his interview because, you know, he got sick before. The second fight, they're supposed to fight the main event on Fox. Tony got sick. Mm. You know, we wish him the best. And, 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 you know, I thought Tony handled himself good, you know, but at the end of the day, Khabib didn't, he wasn't going to miss weight. But because every fight, he had five pounds before. Six o'clock in the morning, get up, cut the weight, done. Mm. You know? But people doesn't understand too. Keep Khabib carry this whole card. He did more interview than anybody. He did more media than everybody. We did everything, and we did that for a reason, to show the UFC, look at the numbers. Hmm. Every video he did hit over a million views. His countdowns tripled Tyrone Woodley's countdown. Shia's video almost got two million viewers. Like, you know, he was the show. You understand? Hmm. Tony was there too. They both earned it. They the best, They took the best lightweight in the world. And, and I think, you know, I feel that the fan and got robbed a little bit because they were looking forward to this fight. And listen, UFC spent millions of dollars to promote Khabib. And I think they did an amazing job promoting Khabib. But when somebody's sick, and, and Dana White, you know, I got to give it to him. He reached out to Khabib and he told him the most important is your health. And this is all I care about. And Khabib told me, and I, and I t- reached out to Dana and I thank him for it. And, you know, and, and it wasn't really people can try to say Dana's this and Khabib. That's not true. Even Sean Shelby called. He made sure he was okay. The doctor called. They was very caring about Khabib. And I appreciate it. You know, it wasn't really, uh, you know, Dana said maybe, listen, maybe if we reach out to the UFC doctor, this fight could have been saved. Hmm. You know, maybe not. Nobody knows. You understand? But at the end of the day, I think this is, it's physics. We can't control our body sometimes because our body react uh, the way they want to react. These certain things can be changed or changed for the next fight. Maybe you know, uh, maybe. Uh, but but you know, it was everything was normal. Everything was on track. We was ready to go, and Khabib was going to be the you know undisputed, undefeated lightweight champion. You know, but at the end of the day, it didn't happen. I'm glad Tony got show money. Uh, he deserve it, uh, you know. Khabib didn't, you know. But but we're not gonna complain because I think it wasn't the UFC's fault. It's our fault. It, it wasn't. We, I'm gonna say it was our, my fault, you know. But at the end of the day, this is a. It was a very sad thing because I see a lot of people say negative things. But can you imagine this is your father or your kid or your son or your brother? Are you gonna talk shit about him? Are you gonna be negative about him? Or are you gonna give him support? Mm. You have to understand, Khabib. He speak his mind. He's, he's a very good kid, but he got all those people, you know, try to diss him. Doesn't really, you know, if you diss him, we don't need to be as your fan. Mm. You can be a fan of someone else, but, you know, I, will, I saw a lot of support and I appreciate a lot of the support from the fan. But at the end of the day, like I said, that can be your brother, your father, your mother. And the number one thing you have to be concerned is his health. And that was number one concern. It wasn't my number one concern in the fight. 
And the UFC wasn't number one concern in the fight. UFC was concerned his health, because I think his health is worth so much more to me, to the UFC, to the people who love him, more than the fight. And, um, and, uh, and that's it, you know? Where is he now? Where is Khabib? Habib, he's in Moscow. He, he flew back home yesterday. Okay. How is he feeling? Uh, you know, listen, he's, he's, he's going to need some time to recover. You know, his body was, you know, his liver wasn't functioning right. Put, put the camera, if you don't mind, put the camera up. You can't see your eyes. There, there they go. There they are. Yeah, yeah. I said, his, uh, his, laser, his liver wasn't functioning right. Uh-huh. And uh, when you get this kind of uh, illness, you need some time for your body to recover. And, um, and, uh, and, and he's going to recover. He's going to stay healthy. Uh, but I know him. He's probably going to be st- start running probably this week. This is what kind of person I know. He's not going to sit in bed and, and uh, relax. But uh, he needs to relax. Do you know what happened? Like what medically happened to him? Was it as a result of you know dehydration, uh, cutting too much weight? Did he get a bug? There were people who were sick. We know Overeem got sick. Uh, our own Esther Lynn got sick. Do you know what happened to him? Three days before the fight, he had a little flu, but he took vitamin C. He was feeling all right. Okay, you know what I'm saying. But but it was some it was something very minor. He didn't even need to go to a doctor or anything like that. Like vitamin C, resting, sleeping. When you cut weight, your immune system go down. You know. Yeah. Um, but you know the weight cut. It, it was. I'm telling you, it was the same as every time. Mm. You know, and every time he, he make weight. Last time he fought Michael Johnson, he made weight. But I think this time something different. His liver, he, the pain was for coming from his liver. You know, uh, but I think I think it was the hydration for sure. And I think this is part of the process. But I think Dan Leith, his diet guy, did an amazing job. Yeah, he's great. He was on track. He was feeding. He drank four and a half liter the day before. Uh, on Thursday, uh, I'm sorry, on, t- on Wednesday. It can be the hydration this much, but when you go to a hospital, they don't understand weight cutting, UFC. They look at you, they're going to think you're dehydrated, yeah. and they're going to stick you with the needles, you know, and they're going to say in a report, you was dehydrated. But I think it's just his bo- sometime your body is going to tell you, no, we're not, not going to do this, and I'm sure we'll find a better way to start maybe the process earlier, Maybe two months out, not six weeks out, you know, for cutting weight, or just uh, not be as heavy. But he always walk around a certain weight and always make weight. You know, I don't think it was the weight issue. I think it was just uh, his body didn't react right to the weight cut. So now here's the big question: Everyone wants to know, a, when he's going to return, and b, will they try to rebook the uh, the Ferguson fight? Of course, the next big show is Buffalo. Daniel Cormier, your friend from AKA, saying he'd love to have him on the on the card in Buffalo. Is this a possibility? And if not, what do you think happens next? Shit. That then you want to make money. You know, he's, he know he doesn't sell much pay-per-view <laughs> and he know Khabib is a draw. You know, you know, that's the truth. You know, he want to make money and listen, but how he's his friend. He, you know, he want him to recover. He want him to feel better. If he need to recover in two weeks, he only going to get trained for two weeks. The yeah. fight is almost four weeks. All right. You know, but at the end of the day, Buffalo is not realistic. Okay. You know, um, I haven't talked to Khabib yet about any fighting. May might be an option, you know, but you know, you know, Khabib is not going to fight in Ramadan. Sure. Ramadan is going to start May 27. Um, uh, but maybe, maybe, but I can, uh, uh, maybe, 
But I don't know if Khabib will be ready because at the end of the day, his health and well-being worth a lot to me than me making money or he's making money. Money is coming last, you know, but his health and well-being. And listen, you know, this, you know, that was, you know, Tony's, you know, you know, he got paid and, you know, uh, <clears throat> but, you know, I'm not sure what happened with him, but, you know, this is the fight everybody wants. Um, you know, he can get out of it or he can wait. It's so, up to him, but whatever. Is there a chance, though, that he doesn't fight? Whatever you want to do. Is there a chance, though, that we only see him after Ramadan? So basically, like in the fall? I don't know. Okay. I don't know, but if he asking me, yeah, I think May 13th, that'll be a perfect day. But in Dallas? Me. Okay. It's not Khabib. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Dallas, yeah. I yeah. know that'll be an awesome show, but at the end of the day, this is not, this is me talking. Yeah. I still have to talk with Khabib, uh, his father, Javier Mendez. Me and Javier Mendez on the same page. Yeah. We talked this morning, we both on the same page. But at the end of the day, too, I got to make sure my boy is healthy and ready to go uh, and to go put a weapon on Tony Ferguson. He has to be ready. But to be clear, the UFC hasn't offered you or talked to you yet about what they want. No, I think the UFC is being respectful to yeah, us. And that's fair. They've given us some time. And I, I think when we're ready to talk, I'm sure we talk this week or next week. They, they know they stay on top of the stuff. And now, listen, they understand... <laughs> You know, CNN asked for interviews. Chive asked for interview. They understand now Khabib is a draw. You know, yeah. and they, they need guys like Khabib now. Um, and, um, and I think... Mm. No, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. And I think, listen, Tony's fight was a great fight. They're both coming on, you know, eight win, five winning streak, seven, uh, nine five winning streak, and Tony well-deserving. And I think this is the fight to make, but, you know... Uh, I can, this is the UFC's decision, it's not my decision. Would you consider, and, uh, would you feel more comfortable if he goes up to 170? No, absolutely not, man. Okay. He make weight 55 all the time. Why do you need to go to 170? I don't know. Maybe he's getting what? older. You know, we've seen this happen before. No, no, no. Khabib, trust me. Khabib is going to, you know, if he win, if he win, if he win uh, the belt at 155 and and maybe do a super fight somebody like George St. Pierre at 70 in the future, maybe. But he's way class. He's the best guy in this lightweight division. He, nobody's better than him. Why he have to go to a different weight class? You know? He got sick. Tony Ferguson got sick when they're supposed to fight in Florida. Yeah. We, we didn't say nothing, you know? But people get sick. Alistair Overeem almost didn't fight. Yeah. You know? But people... And he's a heavyweight, you know? But stuff happened. What about this report uh, that his dad said he's going to retire next year? Is there any truth to that? Listen, listen to me. Uh, Russian media always saying these crazy things. And they got this one bullshit guy from Bloody Elbow. I'm not even going to mention his name because he, he's just a fucking scumbag. Scumbers of the scum. You know, M1 used to pay him. They're not paying him anymore. And he's mad at Khabib. He come up with this fucking translation. Khabib's father... You know, listen, Khabib is just only 28 years old. He's not even a champion yet. How are people going to say he's going to retire? This is, doesn't make sense. Well, maybe his know? father said, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't speak Russian. Listen to me. I, 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 talked, I talked to Khabib. I talked to his father. Nobody said that. Mm -hmm. you know, because I was pissed too. Because why are people going to say that? Right. Because I was like, why your father would say that? I talked to his father. He's like, I didn't say that. But, but I don't really care about it, man. It's like, listen, time to move on. I want to be positive. I want to surround myself by positive people. Yeah. And people always, you know, 
want to say shit, you know, to just uh, to be irrelevant. You know what I'm saying? If you're irrelevant, you want to say some shit to be, you know, relevant about somebody. And this is what people does. You know, they see when you fall and they start saying all the stuff about you to get little attention to them. But at the end of the day, I know who these people are. I know their histories. And, uh, and they'll be exposed. They'll be exposed soon. But at the end of the day now, I'm just want to stay positive. Fair, fair, fair. Um, let me ask you about Rashad Evans, another good friend of yours. He mm. fought uh, this past weekend and didn't win against uh, Judo Dan Kelly. What's his future, in your opinion? Do you want to see him keep fighting? And if so, do you want to see him keep fighting at 185? I thought he looked great at 185. He he he, he was underweight all week. Uh, he's just, you know, he didn't look bad at any means. He didn't get hurt at any time. You know, and uh, I, this fight kind of went either way. I personally, maybe I'm biased. I thought he won. But at the end of the day, like, the first thing he told me, 15 minutes after the fight, he said, I need you to book me a fight right away. You know, huh. he didn't, you know, uh, I think 185 is the right division for him. And I, I'm going to go back to the UFC. And uh, he has a great relationship with Dana and the UFC. And which we're going to try to book him probably soon. At 185? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, and this kicks off a really busy week for you. As I mentioned at the top of the show, you have Kelvin Gaslam main eventing this weekend. You have Benil Dariush also on the card against uh, Edson Barbosa. Then you have Corey Anderson against Jimmy Manoa uh, headlining the London card. And then you have your new client, Rumble Johnson against DC. And I feel like this is a personal one for you because you've submitted DC as we've uh, established on this show. So this is your chance. And, and did you, did, I mean, he's not, he's not very happy. He, he kicked you out of the gym. That's true, right? He said you're not allowed back at the gym, correct? DC is a full of shit. He never kicked me out. He doesn't have the authority to kick me out. He's the captain. Listen, I got like the feud. Tony Russian there. I like the feud between you and DC more than the feud between DC and Rumble at this point. Listen to me. DC, <laughs> listen. DC want to see this fucking fight. DC is actually he's my friend. I like DC. But he want to start, DC kick me out of the gym. He cannot kick me out of the gym physically or mentally or anything he wow. doesn't have the power to do that let's let's keep this real all right you know, uh, I, I, I all my fighters there me on javier cool and i know javier is not gonna kick me out but me out of respect of dc oh. i'll not go there if he fight anthony but listen at the end of the day listen if he is nervous he's a little bit older he have a desk job and he know you know he's fighting a guy he's fighting a you know it's it's a anthony johnson is not human you understand and uh, he understands he has to promote this fight to sell pay-per-view because this is going to be his last pay-per-view to make money, you know. Whoa. He's not going to be the champion anymore. I know. And uh, that's the reality, man. Anthony Johnson is going to go there and take care, take care of business. Rumble's birthday today, by is the he way. he wanted me to help to sell this fight? <laughs> Rumble's birthday I know, today. I know. So, happy birthday to him. I heard that you I mean, said... The- did you not say this? I, I, when I asked you, I said... Uh, that DC doesn't want you at his gym, and you said, "Well, AK is not his gym anymore. He only he only trains at hotel gyms because he doesn't go to the gym because he's on the road so much doing stuff for Fox." Is that true? That's, that's true, though. Every time he turned on Fox Sports One, <laughs> he, they they fired the two guys. What's the name of the two guys? They now DC take their spot. <laughs> DC is DC is DC is like a gangster at Fox. He's the main man. He's the main man. He become a main man. Yeah. And now you see him, him and his boxing coach. Uh, he's uh, what's his name? He trained him all the time at hotel gym. Rosendo. I go to a hotel. He's, yeah, he's a good coach. 
every time I go to a hotel room, I see Rosanda hold the mess for him. At least he's done something or the, in a treadmill. And, you know, DC is getting a little bit older. He can't be sparring too much. <laughs> you know, he, he have to save his body to the fight. That's the truth. Okay. But it's okay. This is, he's my guy. But now, you know, I feel bad he's fighting Anthony. But this is, he, this is the business. A new guy always come. A champion go away, a new champion come. And on April 8th, there's going to be a new champion. Okay, last quick thing for you. Uh, can, can we get an update? You forgot, hey, forgot about. What? Forget about World Series of Fighting. I got three guys on yes. the main card too. That's funny yeah. you said that. I was just about to ask you about the three-headed monster from World Series of Fighting. Tell us who David Branch is going to fight in his debut. When is Marlon Moraes going to sign with UFC? And when is Justin Gaethje signing with UFC? Here we go. Let us know. Break some news. First thing, the World Series of Fighting yes. is going to be March 18. It's going to be headlined yes, yes. by Lagoy, sure. Sean Jordan, yes. and Lance Palmer is yes. going to fight to defend his title. Okay. Um, Marlon, Marlon uh, we have no deal with nobody right now. Um, David Branch, uh, I believe he's fighting in Dallas. I think it's been announced already. No, no, no. Announce it for I, us. I don't know. It's going to try to get me in trouble. Come on. He's fighting in Dallas. That's all I'm gonna. Do. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not getting a call here, call from Dana, fucking cussing me out. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm not. But he, he's fight. I'm gonna tell you, he's fighting in Dallas. Okay. Justin Gage is a man. He's a world series fighting fighter, man. He's under contract with world series fighting. Come on. I have no idea what he's talking. About. <laughs> okay. He is. I'm telling you. Justin his next Gage, fight. You, his next Justin fight will Gage be for who? World Series or UFC? He's under contract with Warriors. All right, how all he's right. gonna go fight in the UFC? Well, because because we've already talked about this. There's a there's a there's a time limit. Yeah, you have to understand, man. Hey, Warriors says the fighting. This is my baby. This there's is my your favorite. baby. We have the gloves right over there on the desk. I, 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 you know, listen. At the end of the day, everybody's talking shit about Warriors says the fighting. But without Warriors says the fighting, UFC got more power. Bellator got more power. It's a hundred. 120 fighter under contract and 120 family where it says a fighting support. I know sure, sure, sure. sometimes you don't agree to things like that, but they give 120 family. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not rooting for their demise. I have their gloves on my desk right over here. I'm just, I'm, these are the facts. A lot of people, I know you're not, but a lot of people. Don't. No, a lot of people the don't. more promotions, the as better. A, as a manager. The more promotions, the better. Yes, of course. We want more options for the fighters so that when they become true free agents, they can see all their options. Is Marlon going to sign with UFC, though, is the question, because they let him go. They said goodbye. Uh, no, they, you know, they, they, they didn't let him go like that. I think Marlon yeah, yeah. stepped in for an extra fight on the contract. Sure. Uh, I think, you know, listen, at the end of the day, you never know. We might see Marlon back or what's the fight? Because Marlon right now, I'm in a process of negotiation. Okay. It's a promotion. Okay. You know? If Marlon have to get paid, Marlon is not gonna fight for a chump change, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but you, but you know, I uh, listen. Uh, <clears throat> Frank is fighting soon. Oh, who's he People fighting? fighting Ricardo Lamas. Did he get a new deal? Did I, Frankie I get a new deal? I'm very close. Okay. Right? <laughs> very close by this much. Is it gonna be Ricardo? Sean Shelby, throw more. Very close. Ricardo. Listen, at the end of the day, one thing, Frankie Edgar. Does yes, you throw up, you give him the right deal, he will sign a data nine. He doesn't ask who, okay. he's one guy, he doesn't ask who he needs to fight. He will fight anybody, any it doesn't matter. It can be sure. Kong Kong, sure, it can be Lamas, it can be whatever. But Frank, you fight whoever because at the end of the day, but is it Lamas? Lamas win this Lamas fight. Is this, is this, I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. I know Lamas won it, yeah. I don't know if the UFC won it, it's okay. gonna be up to the UFC, Frankie. Frankie's. 
If it's not for a title, Frankie doesn't care who fight. Okay. Um, all right. We've run out of time, Ali. Thank you so much. This was great. I appreciate you clearing it up. Sorry about what happened last week with Habiba. We hope he's feeling better, and we hope we'll see him back soon enough. Thank you. Salam alaikum. There he is. Bye-bye. Ali Abdelaziz joining us. Manager, 2-1. Habib Nurmagomedov, Shad Evans, and many, many others. As you heard, he has a very busy week coming up. Excuse me, a very busy month. Week as well, but a busy month. Impressive client roster he has developed. All right, let's move along. Speaking of options for fighters, speaking of signing free agents coming up, ACB is making a lot of noise, and they have their 54th event this weekend in Manchester, and it's headlined by Mamed Khalidov against our old-time friend. It's been a while since we talked to Big Slow, Luke Barnott. He's headlining the card, and he's joining us now. Via the magic of Skype. There he is. Let's go big slow. How are you, Luke? Hey. I'm very well, Ariel. How are you, mate? Sorry for keeping you waiting. Ali likes to talk a lot. I'm sorry about that. I, I thought I liked to talk. We saw that guy's a manager. Jesus Christ. I uh, couldn't stop. Couldn't shut him up. I was like, come on. Well, look, you know, people get excited when they're on the program. They like to take advantage of the time, and I appreciate that. So right now, you're actually joining us from Malaga, Spain, correct? Correct, yeah, Andalusia, yeah, in the south, southern part of Spain. So, Unbelievable. Uh, I moved here a year and a half ago, so I've been out here a year and a half. I have a gym out here, enjoying the sunny weather, and uh, I live on the beach, so everything's good. Why did you move there, of all places? There's not exactly an MMA scene there. Well, there is now, now that I'm here. Okay. Is, it's growing, but um, for sure, it's, uh, it's a growing scene. We, uh, I decided to move here because I was in San Diego yeah. uh, with training with Phil Davis at Alliance for a couple of years. Then after I left the UFC and I came, I came back to England, I got married to my wife and we were like, mm, kind of missed the sun. The sunniest place we could find was Spain. So we, we decided to move and two months later we moved to Spain and we've been here ever since. How is life outside of the UFC for you? I mean, you've been active, you fought for different promotions, not one, you know, one singular promotion, but in terms of, you know, making a living, getting interesting fights, progressing your career, of course, I think everyone wants to be with the big show are you happy? Are, are, are you content with the way things have gone post-UFC thus far? You're undefeated as well, which is also notable. Yeah, 100%. Um, you were saying it then, that, like the more promotions, the better. Um, now there is a lot more promotions, especially over here in Europe. Obviously, yeah. I uh, won the title with Venator and did quite well there. I had a, show, a fight in England. I also just recently fought in Romania. You know, I, I'm searching the globe to find fights. Um, it can be difficult when you're not in the big show. There's not that, you know, it's quite hard to find fights that are that interesting if you want to put it that way, but there's definitely availability now where you can make a living. I'm making a very comfortable living doing what I do. Um, now I'm actually probably more comfortable than I was when I was in the UFC because the expenses being in the UFC and living in California and training out there was, was so high. And there was such a high expectation of you when you take that off you and you now I'm, flying in Europe and I get to pick the promotions I'm flying for, the time scale. I don't have Joe. It was Joe, obviously, isn't anymore, but Joe calling you going, Luke, we want you to fight in two months or we want you to do this. I'm the, I'm in the boss, you know, sure. I get to pick. So it's almost like I'm shopping for fights now rather than waiting to get picked off the shelf, you know. Um, so I have a lot more control over my life and I, I'm very content with that. And, uh, and I think I'm, more, I'm a lot happier and I'm a lot more centered than I've ever been previously right now with my fight huh. career well, that is great to hear does that mean though that you have no interest in going back do you like this lifestyle and just picking your fights being your own boss and this will be 
the norm for your career at this point? It's one of those things where it's definitely still an option. You know, everyone keeps saying to me after I beat Mehmet Khalidov, I'm going back to the UFC. And yeah, that will be an option. I'll definitely be ringing up Dana and saying, right, let's talk and see what they want to say. Um, but it's not the only option anymore for me. You know, it's not like, right, okay, beat Mehmet Khalidov, I'm ranked high enough, let's go to the UFC. I, if it works and it suits my lifestyle and everything's great and they're interested and the rest of it, then yeah, I'll definitely be looking to do it. But there's always staying with ACB, there's KSW in Poland, there's, you know, there's a lot of other organizations that are really growing and coming up now. So, of course, you had that, uh, that bizarre fight against Mayhem Miller that never came to fruition. It was somewhat of a bizarre booking because we didn't expect Mayhem to come back and then he misses weight and doesn't end up fighting you and you know, it was just kind of a mess of a situation. I would still say, maybe not name-wise, but skill-wise, and the kind of test he presents, this is the biggest fight for you since you've left the UFC. Is that accurate? 100% accurate, yeah, for sure. Did you seek I mean, this fight, or did they come to you with this fight? Because my man is one of the best, you know, best middleweights in the world, regardless of promotion. Yeah, for sure. I am... Um... I work with ACB as a commentator, so I've been out there in, uh, all over Russia. I've been traveling across Russia commentating for them. I think I've done nine shows now in total. Um, and there was whispers of Mehmet Khalidov coming to ACB six months ago. Uh, and when those whispers were going around, ACB were also trying to get me to fight. Not Mehmet, but they were trying to get me to fight. And I said, listen, I really like commentary. It's what I want to do. I want to build my career in this. I think I'm good at it, blah, blah, blah. But if you put Mamed Khalidov on the table, I'll fight for ACB. It's the only fight I'll take. I don't uh. want anyone else. I don't want to fight for the title. I don't want out. I'll fight that guy. Um, and then a couple months later, they, they were trying to make it happen at the end of the year in December. And he had to put it back for some reason. I can't remember what it was. And now we've got it uh, in March this weekend and in, uh, in Manchester of all places. So I definitely seeked it out and I eventually got what I wanted. Um, so, you know, I'm looking forward to, to taking advantage of it. But this is a one fight deal with them? Yeah, it's a okay. one fight deal. It's a one off. Same with Mamed. They're both one off fight deals. They have the, with my contract, they have the opportunity to counter whatever offer I get given uh, so they can like come back and okay. pat a match. So, you know, um, if they want to keep me, they can they can counter, and I have to look at the, take that into consideration. And so, since you've worked for them as a commentator and you've been following them, like I remember, we, we've actually uh, featured some of their shows. They do a great job of giving us, you know, the YouTube broadcasts and all that stuff. Initially, it was a lot of fighters that aren't exactly household names. A lot of you know Russian fighters, great fighters, but not you know people who the North American fans recognize. But as of late, they've done a very good job. I think they've been very aggressive in signing um, fighters who are looking for a home, fighters from the UFC, uh, Takei Mizugaki, Bubba Jenkins, as I mentioned, Zach Makovsky. Uh, I mean, there's just a, you, Kaladov, they've been very aggressive in terms of just not being a Russian promotion, you know, just featuring Russian-born fighters or European fighters there. It feels to me like they're really trying to make an effort to become this, you know, global uh, dominant brand. When did you notice that shift and is there more to it? Like, was there a point where they're like, okay, now's our time that we're going to try to go after these free agents. How can you explain this? Cause it definitely feels like it's changed in the last few months. 
Well, there, there was definitely a shift. I, I couldn't tell you the reason for that, but I can tell you my point of view. Um, they're actually Chechenian or Chechnyan, however you want to say it. It's a prom- promotion from Chechnya and Grozny. So they were actually re- originally based out of Grozny and they, they just did shows in Grozny. Okay. And then I believe Ak- Ahmed MMA, they, were, they do a show there as well and there was a lot of conflicts. So they decided to go out into the whole of Russia and mm. now they've been, when I started working for them, the first show I did was in Moscow. But since then I've been to... I've been all over. I went to Sochi, which where they had the Olympics. I went to the co- you know, I've been literally all over the country. Right. They're doing a show in Tajikistan next. Wow. So they they're really branching out in Russia. But then after they got success moving out in Russia, they linked up and tried to do it in Europe and come over to the West, if you want to call it the West of Europe. Um, and they did a show in Glasgow recently. Um, they actually did a show in California where they came over and they did that show in three weeks. They put it together. They just, we're going to do a show in California and they just, boom, <laughs> had a show. Um, and they, now I believe they can see the possibility of growth through growing in Russia. They're very, very big now in Russia. And now they're trying to, like you said, they're trying to dominate. They're trying to take over. They're coming over to Europe. And they're, the smaller promotions, they're not small promotions, but the small compared to ACB like Bama and Cage Warriors, they, they can't keep up with the, the sort of names, like you said, yeah. that ACB are bringing in, the money they have behind them. And, and they're really going after all of the free agents they could possibly get because they're trying to build and they're trying to become i believe trying to become a competitor at the highest level they're not interested in just being one of the boys they want to be up there um who owns them it's owned by uh, a family i i don't want to say the names incorrectly but i believe it's marabek i can't say his second name Uh Uh, marabek and zyrabek is the is the son okay um they've got a huge love for jiu-jitsu like an absolute they're in love with jiu-jitsu they actually have a jiu-jitsu uh, tournament as well, uh, ACB BJJ, and they fly in the best jiu-jitsu competitors in the world into a stadium. They fight, and there's about twenty people there, and they just watch. <laughs> you know, they love it. They're absolutely wow. obsessed with it. That's amazing. Um, so they, and they're also now doing kickboxing as well, very similar to Bellator. So you've got ACB jiu-jitsu, ACB kickboxing, and wow. ACB MMA. Uh, and Last year, they had an event every two weeks in different places. This year so far, I think it's been every three weeks, they've had an event somewhere. Um, so this family, uh, Zyrebeck and his, uh, Marabek and his son, Zyrebeck, they're, they're it's full-time. They love it. They're on it. And they just, uh, you know, they're feeding families. And they're, 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 they're put, they've put this organization together. And they're, they're getting fighters, great fights and putting on great cards. If you don't mind me asking, do you know where their money comes from? How do they have these... Uh you know, this, this kind of means to put on all these promotions and fights. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't, uh, that's the question. Well, you know, I know, you know, the Fertitas casino, the you know, we, I'm always curious where it actually comes yeah. from. I, I couldn't sell your oil or something. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Fair enough. But they treat you well. I mean, as far as being, you never fought for them, but as far as being a commentator, it, it, it I've never been to an event, but it seems like it's, you know, run quite nicely the production is nice you're happy with them you feel like they have the potential to actually make noise yeah otherwise i wouldn't be fighting for them you know sure. uh, like i said i've done nine shows i've done nine shows all over the world the setup has always been fantastic they've always treated me very very well and the the, the thing that people you know you said it yourself the level of talent they have in russia and in chechenia and all, and their their gym and everything they have the fights are actually incredible they're incredible fights. One of the best fights I saw was back when it was in Moscow. The first event I ever did was a guy named Petr Yan versus Magomed Magomedov, where they're now having a rematch of that fight because it was so close to having a rematch in April 15th. But the level of fights is, is amazing. 
but you just don't know the names. Mm. Now they're bringing in the names along with the, the, the level of fights right. that they have. I, I just think it's going to be a real good mixture for the fans. It's going to be a real, going to really pump them up and people are going to love it. And, um, and I commentate along a, an English guy called Brian Lacey and we've got a good relationship. So I always enjoy the trips. We always have fun and the commentary's good. And when I'm not commentating now, they have Frank Mir commentating as well. Oh, so he, Frank Mir as a commentator as well. He'll be doing the card on, on Saturday. Yeah. yeah he'll be doing the card in Manchester. So it'll be Frank Mir and Brian Lacey commentating for the event. And, you know, we kind of like, shape around with a, with a commentary together all three yeah. so he did the one in California and we moved back and forth and and how can fans watch it it's on you they have a YouTube channel ACB uh, you just put it in on YouTube it's Absolute Championship Berku is the actual name of the organization what does Berku mean ACB MMA what does Berku mean uh, I think it means eagle okay in, but I, I don't know that okay. <laughs> they love eagles in Russia okay they love them they're everywhere Habib and, the and eagle ACB the logo yeah, there's the logo of ACB as a big eagle, so I'm guessing it's going to be an eagle. Um, but yeah, on the YouTube channel, it's freely streamed online, um, and I think a couple of the MMA websites are picking it up. But they do have some TV deals in some countries. So if you're coming from, I believe in Poland, it's on Polsat or something like that. So you have to go to their, their Twitter and all the rest of it to find out. What's the biggest difference between the Luke Barnott that I'm talking to now and the one who fought Mark Munoz? I definitely say, like we said, is um, I'm I'm centered. I don't like to use that word because I sound like a yoga guy. I, <laughs> I like know. the word, but like nice I'm, word. I'm, I'm very I'm very happy. I'm very I'm in a very good place in my life. I'm you know I feel like I've trained harder than I've ever trained before for this fight, but it's been far easier, far more relaxing. I've been I have my environment, my gym, my guys. You know I, I've stopped looking outwards for for answers to my problems in MMA, and I'm starting looking inward and started started developing me as a person and as, as, a, as a fighter. And I feel like that's done leaps and bounds for me. Um, and I just feel in such a great place going into this fight. I feel like it's my time. I feel like Mamik Khalidov is, like we said, he, he is the best fighter at middleweight never to go to the UFC. You know, He's the best middleweight in Europe, has been for a very, very long time. And I believe now I'm the second best unsigned middleweight in the world. I think Mamed's number two. So I feel like it's the 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 biggest fight outside the UFC you could have at middleweight yeah. and he, I get to bring him out of Poland to Manchester to my hometown where I had a fight of the night performance against Andrew Craig last time I fought in that arena yep. you know I, I just feel like it's it's built for me this event everything's built for me the timing's perfect I feel fantastic I've got no injuries my weight is great you know I just feel centered I feel like it's all coming together and it's going to be perfect on Saturday that is great to hear well, by the way what's the name of your team out there in uh, Spain it's the name of the team is Lilius Barnett because I, what's happened is we have a gym in, in Malaga, Spain. It's actually in Torremolinos. And when I moved out here, I, I teamed up with a guy named Santeri Lilius, who's a 25 year old Finnish black belt uh, under Hodger Gracie. He's the youngest ever black belt that Hodger's ever given out. Um, and we teamed up and we, he covers the jujitsu and I cover the MMA and we're kind of doing like a Winkle John ah, kind cool, of thing cool, cool. or whatever, you know, like that. You know, so the name is is both of our last names put okay. together, uh, and we're actually going to be starting doing like summer camps and all sorts of cool things for people to come out and do. I've managed to get three uh, UFC vets to sign up to to do a summer camp with me, so they'll be flying out from England, having a, like a couple of weeks out in the sun, training people, and putting on like a big seminar thing in the south of Spain. So there's a lot to come from the gym as well in that aspect. Any uh, appearances by your old friend Chael? Do you still speak to him? 
I, we, we do, and um, I speak to him quite quite a bit. And the the, t- the only time we could have made it work is in September. He's actually flying over to Finland to do a grappling tournament. I can't remember exactly which one. I think it's the ADCCs. Um, and I'm actually flying to Oregon for a uh-huh. wedding. Wow! So I'm going to his home. Wow! And he's coming to Europe exactly the same. Oh week. my gosh! Um, so so we're going to miss each other. So, uh, but yeah, it would have been great, and he could have maybe come out to Spain. But maybe one day. I think the only person that might make it out there soon is Kelvin Gastelum because uh-huh. he has a, Habler's the Espanol, and he, he might come out. Um, and Enrique Wasabi, uh, the, from the Ultimate Fighter that fought Sage Northcutt, he lives an hour and a half, two hours from me. And he comes down and trains every now and then. And he's good friends with Kelvin too. So we're all going to hook up and have a beach party. Uh, not just a big weekend for you, a big weekend for Kelvin as well as he meets Vitor Belfort on Saturday. So you both are in action. It is a great card. I, I have I have taken note. ACB 54, Supersonic, Luke Barnard versus Mamed Khalidov. Some other names that you may have heard of on this card. Vinny Magalhesh is fighting. So I guess that whole retirement thing didn't uh, stick with Vinny, but that's kind of typical. Um, Saul Rogers versus Pat Healy, right? We know Saul. Mike Wil- Wilkinson, yeah. who you've seen on this show. David Mitchell um, is also on the card. I'm looking for names. Uh, any other names that fans... Oh, Bubba Jenkins is on the card. He's on this card, Bubba Jenkins. Robert Whiteford against... Bubba Jenkins is coming one, one week, one week late. Yeah. One, last, last week, notice he's jumped in on the card as just as he's got signed, yeah. Robert Whiteford versus Nam And you've Nam got Brennan he's taken... Brennan Lockhane's taken on Michael Wilkinson. Yeah, uh, They both were in the UFC, and there's actually a rematch. They fought in the UFC before. They're both from Manchester, um, so that's like one of the big fights on the card as well. Two UFC vets taking on a rematch. There's like 500 fights on this card. It's unbelievable. There's, there's 22. 22. Unbelievable. And the one that I really like, Nam Fan against Robert Whiteford, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a crazy matchmaking. When these fights were announced, the one by one, I only knew of my fight. I didn't know yeah. any other fights on the card, and they were announcing them one by one. And I was just, it was just getting ridiculous. It was getting uh, stupid, you know. Um, <laughs> so there is a lot of fun fights on the card. There's probably ten really fun fights, and then there's all the local guys that no one knows yet, but the British guys coming up, and they've all been picked, and they're all good guys, and they wouldn't be on the card if they weren't talented. So I think from start to finish, it's going to be a hell of a card. Well, I wish you the best, Luke. Great to catch up. I'm happy to hear that everything's going great. I've actually been to the south of Spain before and you picked a, a great part of the world to live. It's uh, it's absolutely beautiful there and it's cool to see that you're building something from the ground up over there. Obviously, follow you on Instagram and all that stuff. So I've been I've been checking it out. Uh, it's really cool. So um, nothing but the best for you and your wife and I look forward to the fight on Saturday. I will be watching. Good luck in the fight. And then we'll talk about it afterwards and see... Uh, See what cards you have to play with after a big win over Mamed Khalidov. Exactly. Once I beat the man, then uh, you know I think it's East versus West. <laughs> and once West conquers East, you know then I can. I've got all the cards are in my hand, and I can do what I want. And maybe you can tell Ali that the guy wouldn't keep quiet. What's his name? That manager, uh, Ali Abdelaziz. After this weekend, when I beat that, that Ali, Ali Abdelaziz, after I beat uh, Mamed Khalidov this weekend. 185 Rashad Evans sounds good to me. Oh, that, that, could, that could get me back in the UFC. Wow, you know that would be a fight that would definitely gra- I would gravitate to. Um, you know, so that that would be that would be wow. interesting for me. That's that's the thing I always appreciated about you, Luke. You you always had one, you know a plan, one step ahead. You're thinking matchmaking. Uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. All right, we'll keep that in mind. Thank you, Luke. All the best. Nice scenario. Take it easy. There he is, Big Slow. Luke Barnott returns to action this Saturday. 
March 11th, ACB 54, Supersonic against Mamed Khalidov. Big fight for him, big fight for the promotion. They're doing some very interesting things. Okay, last but not least, in a matter of seconds, we're going to be joined by the reigning defending UFC welterweight champion. His name is Tyron Woodley. He was successful this past Saturday in defending his title against Wonderboy Thompson. Of course, the first time they fought, they fought to a draw. That was at UFC 205. This time, he wins via majority decision. And people wondering how he scored the fight. I wonder if you've seen it. He actually just, he just landed. He flew out this morning from Las Vegas and just landed like an hour ago in St. Louis. So we appreciate it. Remember last week on the show, he said after he wins, he's going to come back on the show on Monday and then he's off the grid. Then he's going to film a movie. So he is a man of his word. By the way, someone telling me that Burkut, this is uh, the miss, the Mrs. Gandhi on Twitter. Burkut means golden Eagle, but it is also the name of a special police force responsible for a hundred Ukrainian civilian deaths. This is from the Mrs. Gandhi. On Twitter. So there you go. So anyhow, um, in a matter of seconds, we're going to be joined by Tyron Woodley. Last but not least on this jam-packed episode of the MMA Hour. Busy weekend coming up. ACB, UFC, one. Angela Lee, who's always very exciting. She's fighting this weekend, I think on Friday. learning the masses that the champ is soon going to be here not only did I see that one fan by the way who was completely devastated I mean this was like it was like I told the guy that his dog just died I couldn't believe just how shocked he was by the news and I was thinking like wow you just came to this event it's been around 36 hours since the news came out and you don't know you don't know about the fact that Habib is off the card, um, he was just devastated. I also met a group of three journalists from Russia who work for a very prominent media outlet there. The name was a very difficult one to uh, not only pronounce, but remember. They flew from Moscow to Las Vegas to cover Habib Nurmagomedov. That was the story. And the fight falls through. And to add to their misery, two weeks ago, they flew to San Jose to cover one Fedor Emelianenko. So in the past two weeks, they have flown from Moscow to the West Coast of the United States to cover big fights involving Russian-born fighters, and neither fight came to fruition. Is that insane? I couldn't believe it. I just could not believe that. That is horrible luck. I hope the next time they fly over for an event, it's not only, it not only happens, it's one of the best fights in the history of fighting because those guys deserve it. And I hope that their media outlet doesn't hold them to it because that's a lot of wasted money. Of course, you can't predict these, these things. It's not their fault, but that's uh, that's a tough pill to swallow. It was a bummer around nine o'clock Pacific time when you had to come to terms with the fact that, oh, it's not next. It's not after the David Tamor win. And what a personality he is singing at the press conference and all that stuff. He was a lot of fun. 
Um, I did enjoy 209. I got to meet Josh Donaldson again. And this time I met Aaron Sanchez, also of the Toronto Blue Jays. Got to meet both of them. Donaldson flew that morning with his crew, including Sanchez, that morning from Dunedin, Florida, spring training site of the Blue Jays, to Las Vegas because he had this deal with Wonderboy Thompson that he would wrap the belt around his waist should he win. And if you saw in the background, Donaldson was in the cage. They brought him in, but he didn't get to do it. I thought that that was a sign that they were giving the nod to Wonderboy, but they didn't. They brought him there just in case. But in the end, Tyron Woodley is still the champion. He goes back to St. Louis with the belt, and he is a man of his word because he's joining us right now on the phone. Tyron, are you there? I am here. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Thank you for being a man of your word. Congratulations on the win. Welcome home. By the way, speaking of Josh Donaldson, did you notice him? Because I know you knew that about that deal because you responded to it on Twitter. When you saw him in the cage like me, did you think that this was a bad sign or you were not paying attention to him? Uh, you know, I, I saw him say that and um, uh, <clears throat> about the guy. You're talking about the, uh, the Blue Jay player giving him the belt? Yeah, because they brought him in the cage. No, I didn't. You know me, man. I'm looking for... Um, I'm looking for the judges to say the right word. <laughs> I wasn't really looking around who was behind me, who was on the side. Okay. And then, um, you know, so they do. Um, yeah, so I wasn't really worried about that. Okay, fair enough. So in, in, in that case, yeah, I didn't I didn't see it, but man, you know, it was a crazy, crazy weekend. And um, yeah, I, it, was a little bit more, <laughs> it was a little bit more than that going on. Sure, fair enough. Um, okay, so let me ask you this. Have you seen the fight since it happened? I have not seen the entire fight since it happened. Uh, I would like to go back and watch it. Um, I do, I do kind of feel how I felt in the octagon. You know, um, that I don't have to rewatch the fight to, to kind of know how I feel. Okay, and so how do you feel? You feel like you won um, three and five. There's no doubt about that, right? Yeah, I felt like I won three and five. There's no doubt about that. It was a lot of rounds. It was a lot of, you know, um, it was a lot of just, you know, I want to come in. He don't want me to come in. I want him to come in. He don't want to come in. And, you know, what we saw was a martial artist that basically did their homework, studied their other opponent, and then they were prepared for it. You know, um, the thing that I think is hilarious, how everybody expects the champion. I'm the champion. He wants my belt. He better get his butt on there and try to take the fight to me and, and, and take something from me. So with that said, he said in his post-fight interview that he knew that the last time he engaged me, he came in, he, he basically, um, he got hit with that right hand and he, it made him not want to come back in. And then from that point, and from that point, he, he actually was like, um, you know, he didn't, he didn't want to come in because he got hit with the right hand, which makes a lot of sense. He said he wanted to stay on the outside, pick his shots, keep me away, keep him take down. And he really just said he wanted to stay on the outside and point fight. He said that himself. Those aren't words. I mean, I can pull up the, the, the post-fight um, press conference and people can hear his own words. So when you are saying that, blame me openly, how is the entire world, uh, Tyron was circling, okay, well, maybe I don't want to go in there and just get countered when it's hard to get in on a long opponent who's just waiting on you to try to attack because he doesn't want to come in and close the gap. So... With that said, it was a it was a frustrating fight. It was an awkward fight, but it was a tactical fight. We weren't just out there, you know. The openings that you guys, um, not not per se you, but <clears throat> the fans or maybe Dana, 
The openings that you think you see, oh, you could have did that. You could have did that, but you didn't fifth round at any time. Um, maybe not. Maybe he was prepared. Maybe he was ready for a set takedown. Um, and he said the same thing about me. He said, man, I know you guys wanted to um, see me put on. Um, I know you guys wanted to see me um, do the um, freaking blitz and all the other stuff. But I looked at Tyron Eyes and he was ready. And you're right, I was ready. So it just it's just an awkward fight. You know, every fight can't be this, you know, freaking Gilbert Melendez versus Diego Sanchez fight, you know, mm-hmm. or it's freaking Duho Choi versus Cub Swanson. Every fight's not going to be that way. And then, you know, at the end of the day, the goal is to be the world champion, to keep the belt as long as you can, to have this reigning career. Styles make fights. Guys that just went in there on Wonderboy like that are the guys that got knocked out. It's only one guy that really had a style that was perfectly matched for him, and that was Matt Brown. Matt, Gra- Matt Brown just don't give a hell. He walked forward, eating punches, and he just kept walking forward. He didn't. He was getting kicked, getting hit, and he didn't care. You know what I mean? Now, granted, that's not the greatest style to have for longevity, but for that particular one fight out of all the welterweights, that was his only victory of a guy, you know what I mean, that ended up being a, you know, a, ta- uh, a, a title challenger, you know, and that wasn't even in, in top ten at that time. So, you know, <clears throat> yeah, I, I just got to watch the fight, man. But, yeah, I, I kind of agree with Wonderboy with his assessment on how, you know, that, 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 that gauge and that spacing battle went on. As, as the fight is unfolding, first round, second round, are you cognizant of the fact that there's just not a lot of punches being landed, or are you so locked in that I mean, it, it's it's something that you'll you'll see after the fact, like oh wow, you know we we landed I think six significant strikes. Like, are you able to? Obviously, you're not getting punched. I know that, but is it something that we notice more because we're on the outside as opposed to those who are actually involved in the fight? You know, it was just one of those weird moments. You know, um, when I was in the fight. I was, I might have been too locked in. I was like, all right, all right, here I go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I see the opening. Oh, shit, the opening ain't there. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, no, it ain't. So, <laughs> no, it was a bit It was a bit of hesitation. I'm not going to lie and act like, you know, okay, okay I, I, we sit there and game plan that. That was exactly the fight. I guarantee that's not the fight that any, him, his coaching, or my coaching had prepared for. I was prepared for a fight completely different. Um, but I also knew that he, wasn't going to come and try to wrestle me. All this talk about, you know, you putting on 15 pounds. <clears throat> I'm like, man, please, come on now. You know, they, they couldn't have expected me to buy that. I knew what he was going to do. Stay on the outside. Try to pick me from the outside. Stop me from taking him down. Stop me from hitting that right hand. And, um, you know, the, the fight was a bit different than the first time. But if you think about it, it was still one takedown scored. You know, it was still freaking, you know, one round where, you know, I felt like, <clears throat> you know, I was doing some damage that I almost had a model there. Mm. Um, going into the fifth round, I remember hearing your corner saying, okay, Tyron, let's go, let's go, let's go. Did you think that you had to do something drastic? Did you feel like, okay, I really need to kind of swing for the fences here in order to keep my belt? Were you, were you feeling that way? I knew I had to win that round. I knew it was close. I, I figured I, it was so close and it was so much inactivity going on both our parts. It was very difficult to know who was going to win those rounds. Yeah. And you know what? You know, they always say don't leave it in the judge's hand. And even if I felt as if I was strongly, you know, had had 10-8 rounds and had one four-round straight, my coaches, we always train. You know, our last round in the gym is always, let's go, last round, push, 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 push. And they really get me to that mental point to never coast, always to try to put the nail in the coffin. So whether I was winning or not, you know, I was going for the kill and I was going to try to push. So 
there were moments in the fight where I could have created that atmosphere. You create those scrambles by taking risks. I could have took more risks. Level change, like I was going to the leg, I would have had his attention. He would have had to respect my wrestling. Could have came up, punched him, went back down to the legs. That way I get closer to him. Anytime you see me stalking him or get close to him, he don't like that at all. And I could have made him feel uncomfortable a bit more in the fight. And, um, you know, that's just something that <clears throat> something that I, I would have done differently if I could do it again. How close do you think you were to finishing him? Man, you know, I watched it, I watched it again, man. The second knockdown was pretty crazy. And it's yeah. funny because <clears throat> it's funny because the first time I knocked him down, I got on him, he got up, and then I knocked him down again. I'm like, God dang, this is a repeat of the last fight. And then <clears throat> then I was out front, he was on his knees, I was punching him, and I'm like, Well, I know one thing, I'm not going for this guillotine choke. <laughs> yeah. Especially on the on the same side. My left side is, you know, probably wouldn't be my go to side. And that's the side I grabbed it on the last time. So, you know, <clears throat> and then it was a third time I almost knocked him down. I just, he got some space and I did what they call a rooster punch. I, like Roy, Roy um, um, uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say Roy Nelson. Uh, Roy Jones Jr., he leaps forward with that lead hook. And I caught him with that punch and he was kind of woozy. And then he circled away for the last eight to, eight to uh, ten seconds. So, you know, I was close a couple times in the round. I mean, the, the second time I knocked him down, maybe I shouldn't hit him again. Because the way his legs went back was really similar to the first time. I might have woke him up. Do you think that was a 10-8? Um, looking at it, yeah, I would say it was a 10 But, you know, what's funny is, what is a 10 If you knock somebody ass down three, two, two times in a fight and it looked like the fight almost over with and nothing else is really taking place in that round beyond that, I would maybe say that's a 10 um, I like how the commission, I like how Dana, I like how um, Wonderboy or so they brought up the 10-8 round like it was a, even a factor. Yeah. That was on a judge's scorecard and called it a draw. Yeah. Nobody made a fuss in New York City when the guy gave the first round a 10-8 and the fourth round a 10-9. No, no, no commission came forth. And I talked to that judge and, you know, told him he should never, like, I've never heard that public scrutiny. So, it's, you know, people always think that I'm always making these things up and it's always, all the time I think it's some huge conspiracy. I'm like, why did they feel to make such a big deal about the 10-8 round when it had no bearing in the fight. Right. Yeah, no, it's true. It's either a majority decision or a split decision. I still would have won. If you look at the actual scorecard, it, it was a moot point. Um, when fans are screaming, fight, 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 do you hear that? And does that make you anxious? I wanted to scream back, watch, watch, watch. <laughs> take, take, spectate, take, spectate. Yeah. <laughs> promote, promote, promote. Analyze, analyze, analyze. Generalize, generalize, generalize. Right, 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 right. But do you even honestly? Do you hear that? Do you actually hear that, or are you? I did hear, but I, I did hear, but I, but also I just, I just see the emotion on fighters that fight Wonder Boy, and they're like, you know what? Forget this. I'm going in, and that's right when they get knocked out, man. I just remember it. I watched like five or six guys that that got clipped by him. It was just a sheer frustration on their face, and they just say, you know what? It's, it's so hard to get in on. I don't want to wait no more. I'm just, I'm just gonna go in, and that's. That's what he wants, you know right. what I mean? And um, you know, I wasn't gonna give him that moment. You know, granted the fans would have loved it if you if I would have gotten the pain and we'd have been mixing it up and kicking and punching and dropping, him bleeding and fighting to find a way to get up and everybody yelling and screaming because he survived and they do a whole new promo after that along. Um <laughs> so, <laughs> so fans would have loved that, but at the end of the day, um <clears throat> it wasn't worth the reward. It wasn't a high enough reward for me to take those types of risks, you know, I just needed to try to find a way to get in close enough 
boxing range where I knew I had the advantage. Last thing on the scoring, um, a lot of people that I've talked to, including our own York Rick, said he thought first round, 10-10, second round, 10-10, and then you win the uh, the third and fifth, which would mean that you won the fight. Are you okay with the idea that those first two rounds were 10-10s, or do you think that that's not fair? Is that, is that what the official score for us? No, no, no. Just people saying like, oh, I don't think enough happened, 10-10. Uh, I would be okay with that. Yeah, oh. I would be okay with that. You I mean, think that's fair? We we both we both were wait, waiting for a per, perfect moment that didn't arrive. Okay. And even in the fifth round, that moment that moment didn't arrive. I forced that moment to happen. So you know, I, I wouldn't be against that. Do you think that the immediate rematch kind of hurt the fight in the sense that you both just fought each other? You know what you can do. He's felt your power. You've been in there with a tricky guy. Again, hindsight twenty twenty. Had they gone a different route, and then you fought another guy here, there, and then you meet in a year or so. Both of you wouldn't have been as I don't know, for lack of a better word, tentative to pull the trigger. Yeah, you know, I I, I never thought about that until you just said it now. But after hearing it, it makes a lot of sense. You know, Danny joked me, you know, earlier talking about, oh, Tyron's a doctor now. But if any person has not seen the meme of me knocking Wonder Boy down the first time, the way he looked, and I mean, the only word, apologize for Wonder Boy, the only word I can think of is goofy. He looked knock silly. Mm. in the first round. You cannot tell me he did not um, incur a concussion. So when I said that, hey, when you have a regular fight, it's okay, you get a seven-day suspension. Okay, you had a tough fight, 30-day suspension. If you have a cut or a laceration, 60-day, which I believe he did have a cut, but he did not get 60-day suspension. Or if you had a concussion, sometimes they give you 90. He shouldn't have been allowed to even spar until February 12th. I think his dad wanted him to go in there more than he wanted to go in there. I think the promotion wanted him to go in there more than he said it, but he didn't want to get hit like that again. And you can tell my boxing coach told me he's going to forever remember what it felt like to get hit by you. And he's going to walk in an octagon. He's going to be thinking about that. No matter how hard he trained, no matter what they tell him, what they lie to him, they can't fight. You know, like the way in, his dad was looking like trying to mean mug me or whatever. So I walked up on him. I said, what you getting pumped up? He's like, no, we don't need to be pumped up. We ready. And I, and I look at his dad, and I point at him. I said, you're not going in there. <laughs> <laughs> you can't fight for him. You know, and I think his motives on being the champion, great. yeah, it is great to be a champion, but I think he more so wanted to be the champion for the buzz and the attention and the, the, the membership of the guy upstate karate, less of a career goal for himself. And I think he had a little bit more pressure from his dad and from what everybody else wanted than him. If he really wanted it for himself, he would have said F it and went and tried to take my belt. He was fighting like he was a champion trying to, you know, hold me off. That's how he was fighting. Do you think the UFC brass is happy, excuse me, unhappy that you won the fight? I'm not going to first say they were happy. They're unhappy that I won the fight, but you know, um, this this week, you know, I wasn't I wasn't terribly excited about the way that you know the organization um, <clears throat> the organization that was there. I felt like things were a bit or, unorganized. Um, just me being there at certain times where I needed to go, where I needed to be. My corner guys were you know being you know being heckled about not having their Reebok stuff. I'm like, you guys never gave them a the bag, nor did you give me a time to come and get their bag. And it was just felt really rushed, and and and, and I wasn't really extremely happy with the the way that embedded was cut. I wasn't happy the way the fight was promoted. I wasn't happy the way that the the underdog was promoted so heavily. Give me your best shot and all the promos. It almost seemed as if, you know, the picture was painted um, for a different result. So I don't think, I'm not saying that they did that, 
But at the end of the day, I went out there and I made some strong statements and I believe those things and I did train for those things. And like I said before, I didn't have anything holding me back this time. And, um, you know, I didn't give the fight that I thought I would give. So I think for them, it's like, damn, you know, Tyrant's freaking going to be pissed at us. He's probably going, you know what I mean, be difficult. You know what I mean? So I don't know exactly what they're thinking. But at the end of the day, man, one thing you can always call me is professional. I may be the most professional fighter in the entire UFC. Like, I, I can't see many more fighters that take it in a business mindset the way that I do it. I'm always on time. I'm always professional. I always make my obligation. I always communicate. And I'm I'm okay with saying I'm wrong. It's been a couple times that, I've you know, this week I was like, man, am I tripping? And my coach used to be like, you tripping. You, you think it's a big conspiracy. No, nobody's doing that. You, you need to chill out. And I'm okay with that. So that's what that's what a businessman, more importantly, just a man in general. That's what you do. When you're wrong, you're wrong. But don't be okay. don't be scared to stand up for what's right. Um, so after the fact, did you talk to any of them? Did you express you know any of these thoughts, or was it more just about like? Yeah, I talked to. I, talk to um, I don't know. I mean, some sometimes you get the same PR person. You know, I've had Dave Lockett. I've had. Um, uh, I haven't really had Lene. I had Lene for like a, a um, when she her first couple of days at work, we did something for Black History Month, which the UFC did not do this year, which I kind of a little bummed about. <clears throat> but I worked with Paige um, Berger this time, and she she's like, are you going to say something positive this week? I said, I'm waiting on you to give me something positive to say. I want you guys to show me that you're a billion-dollar um, operation because right now you, you, you're not operating that way. you know. And, and I was making a joke about it, but... It was just like some some minor things that was unorganized, but I think we had a kind of a funny relationship where I say something, she say something, it's kind of joking. So I told her, you know, um, <clears throat> I told her I was gonna reach out to her today. I was gonna Facetime her, and we were gonna talk on on different ways to promote me, on getting to know me. You gotta know me to promote me. You can't just promote a, a fighter. You know, I believe the UFC should promote stories. They should pro- promote lifestyle. They should promote, you know, what it, what it took for that person to be in the octagon. Because it took something for all of us to be here. And that's how you get the fans behind you. That's how you get them to stay behind you. Not just to fight. You know, people can say, oh, he's a boring fighter. How many guys have I knocked out? How many, like, think about the Carlos Conner fight, the Dung Young Kim fight, the Robbie Lawler fight, the Jay Heron fight, the Josh Koshek fight. You know I mean? Even the last fight with Stephen Wonderful Thompson. Everything that people said about me, I've proven them wrong. But nobody has that, that, that long-term memory. Everybody's like Dory from Finding Nemo. <laughs> so I'm going to talk to Paige, and um, we're going to try to tackle this. You know, I have asked talks with Dave Lockett. We're going to sit down, and, um, you know, I feel like I'm the guy that's, 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 that's the guy that they're, they can make a star that's already doing everything for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not much more you need to do. I agree. I've been saying this for quite some time. Um, let me ask you this, though, Tyron. Considering the interesting, and you could use many different words, road to this fight, I know you always want to finish dominant, blah, blah, blah. But is a part of you disappointed that it wasn't emphatic enough so that you can shut everyone up? Best welterweight in the world. I just beat the guy, the golden boy, all this stuff. Is is that kind of what? Because it looked like you were a little disappointed afterwards. Of course, you want to have a decisive win. Are you are you are you bummed that you couldn't like kind of put that exclamation point? Especially considering how this camp went with all the you know the headlines and the interviews and stuff. Yeah, you know, um, 
the look I had on my face after the fight wasn't because I thought I lost. No, it was because you know I expected I expected myself to do better. Um, it really wasn't a it wasn't a terrible fight. I wouldn't give myself a C. I definitely would give myself an A. Um, but <clears throat> the fight itself, I could have forced more flurries. I could have forced more um, interactions where we had. I w- he would have had the exchange. I would have had the exchange. It's kind of off off rhythmic striking. I could have forced that, and I was a little bit frustrated with myself because I saw some opportunities. And I didn't see the moment. And it would have been great to go out there and put on a great performance. Um, but my goal is never really to, to hush the critics and, sh- and shut them up. I haven't even read Twitter. I'm pretty sure I'm getting annihilated on Twitter. But I, I haven't I haven't even read it because at the end of the day, I just pulled up to my house, just got off the flight. First person I get off the plane was my wife. I picked my son up from school. I'm in my car right now. I'm about to pick my other two boys up from school. These are the people that, that matter. These are the ones that love me. These are the ones that, you know, they go to the next level. But to answer your question, yeah, it was frustrating that I did not get to do that. But it doesn't change my statement. I do still feel like I'm the greatest welterweight. You know, George St. Pierre's fight against Jake Shields, that, that, you still can't take that he's the greatest welterweight. Every matchup, you know, does not allow you to have the crazy performance that you think you might have. You know, if you think about guys like Paul Daly, Paul Daly never looked the way he did in his last bout against me, Tarek Safany. When I fought Tarek Safany, he never looked the same way he looked against um, Scott Smith. Styles makes fights. You know, Robbie Lawler was a freaking Terminator, unstoppable, and people thought he could never get knocked out. And I sent him down in, in, in record-breaking time. So Styles makes fights, um, <clears throat> one performance, and it wasn't even a bad performance. It just wasn't what it wasn't what people wanted to see. That's all it was. It wasn't like people that are true martial artists. I saw the, the, you know, the chess match being played, you know, I won by a few moves. You know, I wasn't, I didn't smoke him in the chess match, but I won by a few, few moves. And if you watch an Olympic gold medals wrestling match, it might be a push out. It might be criteria. It might be one takedown. You don't see 15 point smokeouts in Olympic um, gold medal matches. So mm. this is true guys that are true high level guys at the top. Not I talk my way into this fight because I got a fly suit and I'm talking crap. He deserved to be there. I deserve to be there. We're both in our prime. And um, sometimes that's where the cookie crumble. Uh, just a couple more things, and then I'll let you go. And thank you so much again for the time. Um, are you now happy you cannot think about this guy anymore? You don't have to talk about Wonder Boy. You can finally move on? My goodness, man. <laughs> I mean, no, number one, shout out to Wonder Boy, man. Because he had such a crazy style that it made, like, the rematch. Like, I was, like, I didn't tell a lot of people this. It wasn't that I've, I've never been scared to fight anybody. I've been street fighting and fighting my whole damn life. Like, fighting doesn't scare me. But to prepare for him, man, oh, my God, it's so annoying. <laughs> so many different um, um, striking um, cadence that you're not used to, styles, and how to close the gap and when to close the gap and how to get the person to the ground. How, you know what I mean? So it's so frustrating that to fight him, feel as if you won. I felt like the first fight, was a clear cut. I felt like this fight was a little bit closer. You know what I mean? So to have to do it the second time, I'm like, oh my God, now I got to go back in camp with all these motherfuckers trying to kick me in the head. I'm like, if I see another leg come towards me, I'm going to throw up. So yeah, it is, it is good to see, you know, know that my next fight won't be against him. It will be against somebody else, possibly somebody that's, you know, closer to just a basic freestyle fighter that can strike, can wrestle, can grapple, and, you know, maybe a little bit more evenly matched where it'd be a better fight to watch. But you know he's going to win two, three more fights. 
He just has that style. Like, mm. there's not many more guys that are wrestlers that can punch hard in the division. You think about Johnny, you think about Jake Ellenberg, you think about guys like that. Those guys are not at the top of the pack anymore. So who's going to take him out, really? I mean, who's he going to fight next, Robbie Lawler? Maybe maybe uh, I saw one name that was thrown out, Donald Cerrone. I don't know who he's going to fight next, but I, I feel like I mean, they're... Robbie Law and Donald Cerrone are going to have a hard time with him. Yeah, yeah. I know they, they, they train in a meathead way where they, they won't bring in the guys that specialize. I did that, man. I spent a fortune on bringing in people. You know what I mean? The best of the best in his world. And I don't see Robbie doing that. I see Robbie saying, oh, I'm going to just walk him down and knock him out. I see Donald Cerrone, oh, I'm just going to go out there and do my thing. I'm going to do what Cerrone does. If you don't specialize for him, you will lose to him. And, um, you know, he's only lost twice in his career. A lot of people forget about that. And even even Matt Brown, he was trying to stage a comeback. Yep, you're 100% right. I mean, I actually think that um, the best compliment I or anyone else can give you is how you neutralized him. I said after his Rory fight, I predicted that Around that this time next year, so last June, I said, "Mark my words, Wonder Boy will be champion very soon." And for you to neutralize him, maybe not the most exciting fights ever, but to do that to Wonder Boy, who was looking that good and that dynamic and that tricky, that special, um, to do what you did to him in two fights is pretty damn remarkable. And sometimes they're just- yeah, I mean, if you think about all my fights, area, you know, guys, I, I let people, I let people um, label me and title me as they please. Is a athletic, explosive wrestler with power hands. But I'm so much more of a cerebral fighter than people give me credit for. I study so much. I'm a true student of the sport. And if you look at everybody I fought, I took away their tools. I never allowed Koshek to be himself. I never allowed Carlos Condit. Think about Carlos Condit fighting against Tiago Alves, a top, you know, lineal welterweight. Look how differently that fight went when he was fighting against me. Look how differently, you know, Jay Heron had only got finished by George St. Pierre, had an arguably close match with Ben Askren, had won every fight in strike force affliction in IFL. You know what I mean? Those aren't easy fights. Even Kelvin Gosselin, who's who was supposed to outgrind me and, you know what I mean, outcondition me, he was the one that was huffing and puffing at the end of the fight. So I purposely take away everybody's gifts and I leave them naked. And I <laughs> do that every single fight. And I, I, I've came to believe that I would never get the credit and respect that I deserve until it's all said and done. And I write my books and I explain to people what I just did to you and what I did to the sport and how I was able to come in in so few fights, leave this type of imprint impact in the um, in the in the, in what's away division and why I'm the greatest of all time. Uh, two last things. Do you know what's next? I know you're going to film the movie um, this week, but with Maya now off the table. Do you have any idea what's next? And if not, what's your plan? I know you say you don't like, but forget about those people. Tell us what you want. Yeah, you know, um, nobody's off the table. You know you know the sport. You know, guys train so hard because they think if I win this fight, I'm a champion or I'm going to fight for the title. Those guys may, you know, slip on a banana peel in the room. You never know. Um, George, George and Bisming, one of those guys can, you yeah. know, go out there and overdo it and, and not make it to the octagon. So with that said, I'm, I'm just going to do some more movies, man. I'm going to focus on my entertainment. You know, um, I, I literally missed some opportunities, a lot of opportunities, trying to show my faithfulness to, you know, the organization, to Fox, to taking fights. Um, not that, that those things aren't my priority. They are. But, um, you know, <clears throat> I want to try to go out there and try to make myself more valuable on the outside 
at the octagon so that I can be more valuable inside. And, um, you know, that's that's my goal for the next few months. Hopefully I'm back in there to fight during International Fight Week in July. Okay. And, uh, we'll see who it is. That's, that's when... Conor at, though? Who, who he fight? <laughs> I don't know, mate. Floyd. Okay, well... Uh, I hear the the talks yeah, are going that's well. Another fight that we never. What if that fight doesn't happen? So, uh, man, I got a lot of options, man. Okay, so you're not right worried. Now, obviously, to make the most money, Connor Bisbing or GSP. Um, you know, we'll see what happens between Maya and Masvidal, and you know, we'll we'll see what happens after that. By the way, do you have a problem fighting Masvidal? He said he really doesn't want to fight you um, because he likes you, your friends. You've helped him out, ATT, all that stuff. How do you feel about it? Yeah, you know, th- this is the thing. You know, ah. Uh, I've always supported, like I supported Robbie until we walked into the cage. Of yeah. Each other. It's like the same thing yeah, all over again. You know, yeah. It's the same thing all over again, but it's different now. I think, I think George would take it in a different way. Uh, what I won't do is if I feel like he was in a position where, you know, he's not young, he's been in the sport longer than I have. I would never deny him the opportunity to, to try to see if he's the best in the world. I would never deny him the opportunity to try to put his family in a different, uh, different position. Would it be my first fight? Probably not just because, I do like him. I have helped him train for a lot of training camps. You know, like I was a trainer. A lot of people don't realize I was a straight-up bag of bones for many years. From George Mazadal, Tiago Alves, Dean Thomas, Eve Edwards, um, George Santiago, Jay-Z Cavacante, anybody you can name, any weight class. I used to spar twice a day, and I used to just take my lumps. That was my job. I wasn't a, a full-time fighter yet, and that's what I did. So he's he's experienced a lot of those training sessions with me. Um Actually, I train a lot with George. I cannot think about it, but I, but I am you know proud to see that somebody that's been on the bad end of so many close split decisions has finally you know got a got a nice little streak against some top guys. And um, you know, once again, you know it's a crazy sport, and I, I'll just kind of watch that fight and watch what goes on. But yeah, I talked to him this past weekend. He's a little different than Robbie, man. You know, I thought Robbie was a pure fighter, and Robbie was a bit more emotional than I than I would imagine. But George, man. I, I can see us shaking hands, fighting, and going to the club afterwards, um, huh. and hanging out. So, um, <clears throat> by the way, last last quick thing, just from your perspective, um, Habib and Ferguson falling out. How does that affect you? You know, you find out twenty four hours. I know you're the main event, but people were noticeably bummed. Did you feel like, oh man, you know, I need to get people excited? Do you even pay attention? Do you not care? From your perspective, how oh, did it affect you? I wanted you? to care. I wanted to care so bad. But at the end of the day, when you had a guy talking about, oh, I don't know why Tyron and Steven is the main event, we should be the main event. Mm. Like, sometimes we need to just sit back and have respect. Mm. Sit back and, and play your position. You know what I mean? And, and, and I've always been that guy that's done that. I played my position when Robbie was a champ. I walked in, he's the champion of the world. Tiago Alves, even to this day, to me, is always the original ATT guy. Nobody at ATT at Welterweight gets more respect than him. Even for me, that's how it goes. That's the martial art. So you you throw in your sunglasses and you start screaming hippie, yo, coyote yells for no reason, and then your fight fall through. No, I don't feel bad for you. And I, I feel like the fight should have been promoted more around this is an intriguing matchup that we've seen before. This was an epic fight on the best fight quarter in the history of the sport. This was a fight of the night. These dudes are getting it on again. Let, like, you you should have sold the living daylights out of that. So now when 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 the fight falls through, I don't feel like me, especially cutting weight, especially focusing on my opponent, that I should be on on the hook to really go out there and you know 
freaking go give Steven a wagey and sidekick his dad in the back <laughs> to get some more drama for Fair him. Right? I don't feel like I should be I should be obligated to do that. But I did reach out to Dana and I told him I would do what I can do, you know. Um, you know, I got a pretty strong celebrity list right now of friends and networking people that I do collaborative things with that I was going to try to reach out to them and see if they can help, you know, <laughs> pump it a little bit. How about Dan Blazarian in the cage after you won in the picture? How did that happen? Yeah, yeah. You know, What's the I connection there? With Dan. We, did a, we did our first movie together, and I didn't know how epic his beard was. <laughs> we had to both shave our beard on Olympus Has Fallen, our first movie. Oh. Uh, we've been friends ever since. He was going to walk me out. He actually was flying in to walk me out um, when I thought I was going to fight Johnny. But unfortunately, you know, obviously Johnny had some complications. Uh. So this time he was able to make the fight. I had him sitting with my um, with my mom and um, my wife. And um, we were supposed to go hang out and stuff yesterday, but man, I was just so pooped. But yeah, it was cool. And I, I'm always doing that type of stuff, man. Always doing it. Wiz Khalifa, the Migos, freaking Dan Bilzerian, um, Snoop Dogg, anybody you can think of. I'm already always showing these guys that I get it. I understand how to cross the cross the world together, and I, I just need that. I just need that piggyback. Come on, UFC piggyback yeah. the Where's boy. The love? I feel you. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, as long as you keep winning, Tyron. I really appreciate it. Congratulations. Um, I know it was a again an interesting road to get to this point. I'm sure you're happy to put it past you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for being a man of your word. Good luck with the movie. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, and hopefully we'll see you back in July. I think that's a great idea. Thanks so much, my man. I appreciate it, and congrats. All right, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, there he is, Tyron Woodley stopping by. Big win for him, and I uh, thought he broke it down rather fairly. Now, the people in the back are probably killing me because I've gone way too long. I don't think I've ever gone, at least in recent memory, up until the 5 o'clock hour with uh, with interviews. So, New York Rick, do you have anything else to say before they kick us out of here? I mean, uh, yes, you've talked a little less this week, but, um, well... Quite frankly, the people asked for that, and uh, well, actually, well, then have, they're they're I, in for it. Because... I have good news. I have good news because because I have not featured you as much on this particular episode. I've decided. I decided this at around four o'clock. I'm going no guests next week, and it's just going to be me and you. What do you think of that? Just to give people to sort of offset the uh, the lack of you on today's episode. What do you think? Next week, no guests, just me and you. What do you think? I love that. Yeah. And I'm canceling my trip to make this happen ah, just for you. What do you mean? What trip? Uh, there is no trip. What trip is, is right. No, Perfect. No, no. I'm looking forward to it. Me and you next week. Oh, yes. Right here. It's going to be great. Uh, I, I hope uh, whoever you told this that's going to be on this week that uh, you can maybe send them flowers, an iPad. Will your uh, wife come too? That's going to be dicey. <laughs> she, uh, if you remember, she didn't want to get on camera when we were in, true, uh, in Hawaii. Hawaii, she's a little shy. What do you have to say? Tell, tell the people what you wanted to say. Go ahead. That uh, I will not be with you next week. Wow. And See, here I am offering you guestless show, just you and me. And you Don't say- Don't worry. We can still do that. You say thanks, but no thanks. We can still do that. It's no big deal. You're Skype leaving us me in. High and dry. You're going to be in London. I'm going to be in London. Only London. I'll probably take a day trip to France. Hopefully, get over to Amsterdam as well. Can you um, take day trips to France? I mean, I feel like it's two hours by train. That's it. That's it. Wow. It's like your commute from Jersey yes. into here. Wait. By the way, when do you go to London? I leave uh, Thursday night. You could go see uh, Luke Barnard at Manchester in Manchester at ACB Fifty Four. Interestingly enough, um, Brian uh, Lacer. No, oh. no, no. Um, he he uh, he's fighting on that. He was the one who. 
did yeah, yeah, sang yeah, 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 with and Al yep. Yes, yes, yes. He's fighting on that. And uh, are you going? I don't know. We'll see if I if I can find a way to to make it happen. I love the I'll, fact I'll, that uh, you're going to London on vacation, and uh, here I am trying to convince you to go to an ACB card, and then you're saying you're going to the UFC card. Is that still? That's the that's the hope. That's the goal. Wow! Look at you. You're the only MMA one world traveler. Yeah. Um, Wait a minute. That card's good. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That card is good. I know. I know. Uh, Julia Budd won the Bellator Women's Featherweight title. Congratulations to her. Congratulations mm. to Marcus Kunin on a great career. She Incredible. retired. Legend. Also legendary status Cody Fister retired stop uh, the big pygmy himself won that was cool to see right yep. Justin Wren uh, Demetrius Johnson versus Wilson Hayes April 15th Kansas City a very fine Fox main event card uh, excuse me no you don't like it wow Whatever. you wanted Benavidez right it's the only fight to make it's the only no, one that's not. competitive Here, here's here's the uh, here's the the pitch here's the hook fight Hayes beat Hayes and then to break Anderson's record, you do it against the guy that you won the belt against. Full circle. You feel me? Because if he beats Hayes, he ties the record. One more, beats the record. Now you've got a hook. There's no hook. Uh, Jacques Ray's fighting Whitaker, buying or selling. Sure, whatever. Wow. I mean, wow. is there anything other than a title shot for either Yoel Romero or, or Jacques Ray Souza seems... Listen, if Yoel's not getting a title shot, he can't cry foul. No, for sure. I, yeah. Uh, the order is is clearly Yo Romero is next in line. Okay. Um, but you could, I mean, you could make an argument that uh, Jacare is after that. GSP is somewhere much further down that list, um, and it seems like we're never gonna. The thing about it is Jacare has been in the UFC for quite a while now and has just been beating up mid level guys. It, right. it, it's disappointing. The guy's career is is uh, being wasted. Feel your pain. Yeah, it, it, look, Romero is clearly the number one contender. He deserves a title shot. Jacare deserves a title shot. That uh, Luke Rockhold probably deserves a rematch. Um, yeah, th- that I thought they were going to go Rockhold Jacare, but not ready. <sighs> yeah, that would have been fun for July. But the fight itself, sure, great. Yeah, it's a good fight. I mean, fight. at least it's not some random, you know, twentieth rank guy. It serves the same purpose, though. Nah, is he I getting know. any closer to a no. to a title shot if he wins? It's a numbers game. And and for Whitaker, it has every he has everything to gain. Sure. Jacare has nothing to gain except for money. This is how he makes a living. Um, New York State Athletic Commission denied Holly Holmes' appeal. Um, Megan Anderson was actually at yep. two hundred nine. Great scrum. I don't know if it's up yet, but she did a great job. Her first UFC event live in person. And uh, Francis Ngannou did a little open workout called Derek Lewis slow. That was fun. Unimpressive. It was all a lot of fun. That's it. I'm done. You got anything else? Give me one card. Go. One off the top of your head. Go for it. Um, UFC 134. Oh, that's such an easy one. That one I could give you three. Anderson Silva versus Yushin Okami. Forrest Griffin versus Shogun Hua Dos. Trying to pick one. Big Nog versus Brandon Schaub. Yep. Paul Tiago, I think, against, uh, was it Dan Miller? No. Yes. Husamar Palhares, Dan Miller? No. Yes, it was Husamar. Against Dan Miller? Yep. Who'd Paul Tiago fight? David Mitchell? Correct. Wow, look at me. Okay. You did well. I'll Thank miss you. you. Uh, so we'll see you in two weeks. 
Or are you taking, is this a longer vacation? I don't know. Oh, you'll see me in two weeks. And this is just a vacation. We're not celebrating anything. Why not? Let's just call it an anniversary. Make my wife happy. Is it? Is this the anniversary? No, of course not. It's unbelievable. But uh, you've, taken you've, more vacations. you've established a, you've a taken certain... more vacations in the last year than I've taken in my entire life. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Well, um, we'll miss you. Now your turn. Ready? What? Gastelum and, and Belfort. Uh, oh. Who's the favorite? This should be easy. We're doing this? There's only two fights, so. Oh, um, Gastelum. Yeah. Big, big favorite, minus 425, Belfort plus 340. Dariush and Barboza. Those are the only the only fights that have odds at this moment. Really? Yeah. Dariush and Barboza. That's a tough one. I'll go Barboza. Yeah, he's a slight favorite, minus 170, Dariush. It's actually a pretty good card. I think... I think this card and I think the the London card are, are both pretty solid. Well, the London card's just missing a main event. That's what it is. I think yeah. people are kind of caught up on the fact that they thought there was a main event coming. Yeah. That was the rest is fun. That was better than than Anderson Manoa, and then they were disappointed ultimately. But the card itself from top to bottom As I'm, far as FS one cards in Brazil, this is one of the better ones as of late. And maybe our expectations have gone down, but Oliveira means two. Remember the controversy at two oh seven. Betch Mar- Marion Renault, Ray Borg against Formiga. That's a great fight. Uh, Barbosa, Dariush, Shogun against Volante, which is kind of flying. I- I'm surprised there's no odds for that. Yeah, it's not. I mean, there will be, but yeah, it's yeah. not up yet. And then uh, Belfort Gaslam. Kevin Lee fighting Francisco Trinaldo. Someone told me that Kevin Lee was on MMA Junkie Radio saying that I don't like him or that I was rude to him. I don't know what he's talking about. Damn. Damn, Daniel. What? What? I just found out about that. That reference is like ancient. My wife, Jerry I, Rice, I, over I, I here literally talking just about just found out. I Saga. just found out, and I just looked up that clip like two days ago because I saw Jerry Rice's tweet. Had no idea. So you are slower than the man who was criticized for being slow. Who? Jerry Rice. Uh, I didn't know. Tweets about I didn't that know what months he was later. About. Had um, no idea what he was talking about. Oof, rough. Yeah. Um, I will send you a message from uh, London, but let's hope. But if you want to talk about Peppa Pig or Paw Patrol, I'm all over that. You don't even know what Peppa Pig is. I've heard it. uh, I've heard you reference it, but I don't know what it is. It's the best. All right. Safe travels. By the way, Peppa Pig lives in England. You'll see a bunch of her. I'll say what's up. Yeah. All over the airport over there. All right. Safe travels. You can hit my music. We are out. We are done. Thank you so much for sticking with us all this time still a whole bunch of people watching they love them some MMA and like I said last week was a fun week an eventful week there was a lot going on in the sport never dull and yes we didn't get to see our Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson fight but happy to hear that he's back home in Russia and we'll see how this whole thing shakes out it's an interesting time Another interesting thing as we creep towards July is what are they going to do for that July 8th card, International Fight Week? Now we hear GSP not a part of it. We know Cody and Dillashaw. That's going down. Just saw a Geico commercial for Cody Garbrandt. That's pretty cool. Um, do they get Do they get John Jones? Can they even start promoting John Jones while he's still suspended even though the suspension ends after or before, I should say, that card? I don't know. It's all very confusing. Anyway, not to open a whole other can of worms as we say goodbye here. Let me thank everyone who tuned in. Thank you very much to Damian Maya for stopping by. Good luck to him. UFC 211, thank you very much to Jorge Masvidal. Thank you very much to Eddie Alvarez. Good luck in getting his next fight. 
kudos to Tony Ferguson. Great stuff from him. Thank you very much to Alistair Overeem. Congratulations on the big win. How about George St. Pierre? What a performance. What a interview. What a great sight. Welcome back. So happy to have you. Welcome. GSP, later on this year. Thank you to him. Thank you to Ali Abdelaziz, Luke Barnan, and of course, Tyron Woodley. Congratulations on the big win. Back next week, same time and place, without New York Rick. Until I say peace, I'm out of here.